0: In 1991, Caballero Pools & Spas has been dedicated to creating an outdoor living space that will provide endless hours of fun and entertainment for your entire family. They specialize in offering excellent service and delivering top quality craftsmanship at a reasonable price. They will transform your yard into something unique and distinctive, a customized masterpiece that reflects your individual preferences. Their experience will ensure that your new backyard is something you will be proud of for years to come. Whether it's a minor project or a large master plan, Caballero Pools and Spas will help you get there. Check them out at cabpools.com or reach them at mark at cabpools.com or call 714-309-2890. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Friends and family, mm. brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky Podcast.
1: Eww.
0: Eww. Woo! Boys. Our guests this week, guests, plural S- are two
2: longtime friends that took different paths in the surf world and eventually ended up working together twenty years later. Maybe somewhere. Yep, somewhere right, down yeah, the line. Yeah, One that. is a household name and a legend to the sport. Thank you. A laundry list of <laughs> accomplishments. Former WT surfer finished Number seven in the world. What? He's a two-time runner-up at the Teopu. I'm going to get butchered what? that. People are going to say <laughs> oh, Tiopu. Right. Yeah. You know how they say it like 10 different ways. Sorry, you guys. And trussels You didn't say it right. And Trussels. Time. He's an ESPN X-Game MVP and gold <laughs> medalist. Four-time Sunset Beach champ. Two-time Pipeline champ. Backdoor shootout champ holly eva pro champ holy <laughs> crap this guy's Sunset dominated the north shore yeah and he was an invitee to the eddie cow super prestigious and our second guest who also rips and charges spent many years traveling and living in hawaii and bali in search of the perfect wave waves plural again why not yeah no, no more than just one. We want lots.
0: Surf bum or nomad? Yeah. And in
2: 1998, while surf living, surf turned nomad. Yeah, right. Surf bum. And in 1998, while living in Bali, he befriended a factory owner who taught him the fundamentals of production. And with a few dollars to his name, selling some surfboards, he was able to fund a small batch of board shorts. Able to rest. He was able. Willing. Willing. He went on. Fast forward two decades. And now he's a self-made, hard-working entrepreneur, built an incredible private label business, which is in the leader of premium quality apparel for men's, women's, kids, and toddlers. Fuck, this is a mouthful, you guys. Uh, when we have two, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yes, we welcome one of the most powerful surfers to ever step foot on a board, Mr. Poncho Poncharelli Sullivan. <laughs> the king of mixing business with pleasure. <laughs> Owner like of it. Island Days, Mr. Abe... Ad... AB Boy. AB Boy <laughs> Alouche. Thank you. Yes. Thank
3: you. What a great introduction. Holy Dude. shit. I'm like exhausted already just to Me hear too. all those like I, accolades. And I knew it was <laughs> going to be
0: too long, but uh, we have two of you, so it's, it's like
2: good. a double, double whammy. Yeah, We're honored. You, you, We're honored to, be here. honored to be here. You can't
0: yeah. skimp on introductions when no. you have two... Fuck, dude, Come on, bro. Down, right? It's part of my
2: job. You do the social media, and I do the intros. <laughs> yeah, I do a lot, bro. Well, I well, do a hell is. of a lot more than
0: you do. <laughs> <laughs> I just look good. <laughs> all right, who do we start with here? Fuck. Let's let's start with Mister AB Boy.
2: Yes, sir. All right, AB Boy. Um, <laughs> first, congratulations on all your success. Thank yeah. you. Fucking like American Dream, right wow, here. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Yeah. like. Great American never story. dreamed, it, yeah. yeah. Never dreamed that would
3: actually, uh, you know, come together the way it did, and yeah. that was never really the plan, honestly. Yeah. Like, I was you know, born in Brooklyn, raised in Miami. Um, about seventeen years old, and moved to the Big Island of Hawaii. But
0: how did you find surfing?
3: Um, through skateboarding first. That's okay. all we did. For, and, in you know, Miami, in Florida, yeah. In, in Florida, we just skateboarded around quite a bit from. You know, from our our houses to you know your friends' houses, and then started getting into like building ramps and all that stuff. And it was kind of my obsession. That and then baseball—that was kind of my deal. Yeah. The moment I found surfing, it was like skateboarding and surfing, and that was kind of the two things that. um, What what kind of skateboard did you have? Um, I had a Gator Rigowski. That was my go-to. That was my go-to. That I was like really, really yeah, Vision Gator Rigowski, and then it went. Is
2: that the one that had the little
3: like? Yeah, yeah, checkered, yeah, checkered. and then it was right, like uh, it was like a yeah. pink. We we customed it. We had like the grip tape, the pink and black, but we we made it where it was like a design. We tear it, so it was like little tears. Yeah. and it was pretty pretty damn cool. But we did everything. We made um, you know, put this these chuck these trucks and these wheels on this board, and you know the bearings. And when you're younger like that, you didn't have the money and the the, the means, and you just you know Swapping Frankenstein you yeah, would Frankenstein the boards yeah. and it was rad
1: what kind of trucks did you
0: uh,
3: independent all day nice. yeah, yeah yeah wouldn't nice. mess around fucking nose yeah, guard tail kicker fucking rail <laughs> yeah. ground. in the beginning guard. yeah everything Kippers? yeah the kick plate you, your parents would put whatever they could to salvage the board long as <laughs> yeah. so you had the rails and the nose guards and yeah. and then finally you just ditched all that
0: And it was, was there a lot of skateboarders like not a skateboarders? lot I mean
3: yeah I mean in the beginning it was like our core little crew and then you'd, you'd get older and you'd go to a, like junior mm-hmm. high and then you'd you know, your your circle would expand more, and then, you know, you start skating ramps and inviting people over. Because I was actually a pretty good ramp builder. I was pretty into it. We build like, you know, four to Did six you guys footers. Have parks there? No, no, we just have um, our homes. Like, yeah. uh, we had a we had a home um, where the front yard was just all open, and we would just do like quarter pipes in the beginning. And then it went to like four foot half pipes, six foot half pipes, and twelve foot half pipes. We were wow, going, like, twelve that. foot by twelve foot, roll in the whole thing. We I mean and guys we went for built it. Some, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We built some shit and it was cool. It was like so what we'd do is we'd all meet up, we were all like kind of a little bit of still troublemakers. Some, why, yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, we were in a, Yeah, we were in a neighborhood where it was kind of up and coming. So every like other week there'd be a new house being built. Still and would. then we we would skate <laughs> skate. Yeah, it's, all get together, we'd all have a place a meeting spot and then Okay, we're gonna freaking get two by fours tonight, and we'd all just be like joust, like just <laughs> skate back to my friend's house, unload, and then the next day we'd go to this, this, uh, you know, this uh, place being built, and we'd do plywood because they had a fresh stack of plywood, yeah. And it was kind of like that, yeah, yeah. And then it was so bad where it would be like, uh, like a new mayor would be um, running for uh, for whatever office. position for office, and we would actually take those signs because <laughs> they were they were quarter inch ply. Oh, and we, no, needed that yeah. to, we needed that to we that to Sheet lay the yeah the yeah. shoes yeah so they got that uh, intricate but so
0: um, you yeah. would what do you call it mount the that plywood with the the mayor's name on it no no the opposite we
1: flip it oh you flip yeah it. yeah we wouldn't
0: we <laughs> that would that, be that flippant. would be too, be, on too on <laughs> arrogant yeah front, yeah right
4: in the front yard yeah, yeah. That'd be a little too arrogant
0: <laughs> clip
3: and yeah. later no it'd be two by fours you know um you know the 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 two you know, pop, uh, you know, upside like that and then lay the plywood over that so it was nice and strong. And then we had it dialed to where when it met, we knew it would have to be on the two by four so there was no kink. Yeah. We had it pretty damn dialed. But then, yeah, that's when, um, you know, the house we were building it at mainly with my buddy Golly's house and he had an older brother, Ronnie, and he would take us surfing. But he was a real kind of, you know, pretty, pretty badass and uh, he was... Just took us a couple times, and you know, after that, he was just like, "Ah, oh, you guys are annoying." Yeah. <laughs> just we were just left on our own to take the bus to the beach all the time from so there.
0: What what uh, do you remember? What kind of music and what kind of styles? Yeah, back oh then? yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Music was such a big part of our lives. It was basically like a lot of Rush, yes. um, Black Sabbath, oh, Led so Zeppelin, we'll talk about metal days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of like that stuff for sure. A little bit of reggae and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it started off first like boogie boarding. Yeah. Like for yeah. like I think like but, a yeah. week or two. And then it was like, Oh, this is this is all right, I'm over this. And then it went to longboarding. And then and then I longboarded for like a month. But I remember um clear as day, um, the first time I ever rode the line, like actually rode the wall like of, the the way. of the Yeah, way. because we grew right. up yeah, in, in Florida we had a lot of chop.
2: What was the what was the local beach that, that Surfside, Surfside beach. Yeah, it was
3: my friend's uh golly, go uh, grandmother's uh, apartment building we'd leave all our junk there little clubhouse there, yeah so. it was killer it was killer you know and we'd poach her food and we were just like little so we're surf talking rides. Miami right yeah well we're talking surfside it's not true Miami yet like miami i I see it as like South Beach which is kind of like more downtown yes right? it's it's something you would go to when the waves were pumping it's not something you'd go to every day it's Got like it. an occasion
0: but you know close to yeah that's where you were yeah okay. more or less yeah okay. yeah
3: like it would be Bell Harbor and then and then Surfside and then that's kind of as far as we went to surf for a while was it like that, close, Miami was like more like the North Shore like that was like down the line you yeah. know like oh shit so there was
2: like a jetty or a piers or something that you, or anything
3: Surfside was just a wide open beach break beach. with like little peaks up and down the beach and then once we got better we would we would surf like Harbor House mm-hmm. and then haul over that's where the older dudes like the you know guys that knew what they were doing would yeah. surf and, and then we'd surf Newport Pier those were the three spots that when you graduated but one thing I didn't want to do and I was cognizant of it was I knew I wasn't in that caliber, I wasn't ready for that. I didn't want to get in anybody's way or anything. So like, we just stuck to our little beach breaks with yeah. nobody around for miles, kind of cut our teeth on that crap, and then went, okay, we can actually surf now. I mean, we progressed pretty quickly because we were skateboarding and surfing like as much as we could.
0: Yeah. So it was now, pretty cool. Was there uh, a type of localism? No, like, no, no, uh, not... no, no, no,
3: no. In, in regards to the what we did and where we were, there were nobody. But when we finally did make our way to those Other spots. three spots... Yeah, there were, but I mean, honestly, like I always, even to today, I kind of stay away from the pack and I'm never, I'm not like yeah. trying to get in the mix with, you know, 40 hungry guys. It was yeah. just never my thing, you know, it just, it was, it just seemed like a waste of time.
0: You're, you're not Jay Larson and Pacho Sullivan, full uh, <laughs> of uh, aggressiveness. Well, shit, like, uh, if you uh, had our stature, hey,
2: bro, you yeah. just going to go take over, bro. <laughs> yeah. um, just kidding. So, longboarding...
0: First,
3: yeah, like, longboarding first. Once I rode the line, I had that feeling. I can still remember the whole situation of the day and the yeah. feeling of just riding that line and like gliding. And when
2: I'm going to do this forever, I already know Because riding spirit. the white I'm, I'm water, like, even though you think it's yeah. easy going straight, it's it's pretty turbulent. bump, turbulent, yeah, yeah. and whatever. It kind of fucking. It's not you know, it's not easy. But yeah. when you get on a wave, you don't feel that, and you're just fucking. Oh, its feels like you're flying. It's
3: crazy. Yeah, each
0: little step of progression you almost have it etched in your yes. brain yeah, yeah. It, it, you so it's know, a milestone like, the, the white yeah. yeah. wash take off fumbling making yeah. it to your feet and like putting your arms out for, to steady yourself right. and then you go holy shit I stood a to, <laughs> you know Yeah. and you go and you go as far as you can and you yeah. do that for however long and then what you're talking right. about like, like to catch a wave and, and paddle into a wave and stand up before it breaks and start sliding yeah you know, you're, when you start angling and sliding and... Game changer.
3: Yeah, it is. Dude. It's, it's game over. It's game That's so when nice. you're like... Yeah. Hooked.
0: Yeah. 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 Like, you're, you're fucking hooked. You're, yeah. Like, you're there's done. no stopping yeah. you now. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. You,
2: you know, the speed, everything changes. Oh, yeah. You know, the waves yeah. are probably exactly the same when you're going straight, but, you know, you, you go at an angle and you're on the wave. Yeah. You're that's fucking, surfing. You're, you're so fucking hooked. That's yeah. surfing. Yeah. yeah.
0: 'Cause whitewash surfing is well, it's not fundamentals,
3: surfing. right? Like that like think about it. Like when you take off on a wave, the first thing you're doing is trying to knife it and yeah. go down the line. Yeah. And then so you set that up. Your
2: transition from longboard to shortboard, was it like handy down some of your buddies had shortboards? Like,
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: that's exactly it. It was uh they were a little bit further advanced than I was, maybe like six months, but when you're younger, six months is like years, it feels like, yeah. you know. Um, so yeah, it was like a swap out kind of thing. Like, oh, let me try that. And then my first board, uh, I shared it with my older brother, Ben. Remember, we actually looked in the newspaper and some guy was selling a natural art surfboard, like a little like 5'8". And we like took the bus to get it, got it, and <laughs> took the wax off. And we were like, can we surf today? We didn't even know what the waves were doing. We just went to the beach. It was like knee high. How much did it cost? It was like 200 bucks.
0: Yeah, 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 it was still expensive. kind of expensive. Yeah, yeah, it was like almost
3: like brand newish kind of board. But we shared it, and we were like, okay, whatever. It's our Hanukkah gift, and my dad what s- was the um, it for the, us. the shaper? Uh, natural Art. I don't remember the shaper actually, but I remember Natural Art. I remember it be like a like a, a colorful like which was is a big like brand. A, yeah, yeah, back yeah. in the day, they yeah. like, didn't have cool? a lot of. St- they didn't have a ton of shapers, though, Natural Art. I think they had, like, two or yeah, three really Rick good Moore, shapers. That, yeah.
0: that, that name sounds,
1: uh,
3: no, comes I'm, up.
0: Yeah, I don't remember that exactly.
3: But yeah. yeah, it was a good board. I remember it. But then I remember um, upgrading... Thruster? Uh, Yeah, it was actually a thruster, nice. and then I remember like trying to upgrade pretty quick after like using it and sharing it. I was like, "Fuck this shit! I'm not, I'm not sharing. a board with this, my brother. Yeah. I need my own." Yeah, you know. It, yeah, yeah.
2: It, it's like, yeah, you you don't want to sit on the beach and watch. No, and get turns. taking turns. I was over. Over. It.
3: Yeah. Plus, he was like a. Wasn't the sharing type, yeah. and
0: he's older, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I have to respect you. him. Yeah, fuck you Avy boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: sit there and mind surf it all like for two hours, and you're like, wave, to <laughs> come
0: on, man.
2: <laughs> he's <more>. like, <laughs> one more, one
1: more, yeah, yeah exactly. We <laughs> <He> said <laughs> one more. <laughs> yeah.
2: Was there like a surf, surf shop? Like you guys hung local who, who shop for sure.
3: The big, big like spot we would ha- all hang out at, and just this was our temple was Bird Surf Shop. It Burns. was like it was Bird. everything. Yeah. Bird Surf Shop was everything. Carl Hahn was the father, and then Dave Hahn was the son, and they were. It was the <laughs> coolest place in the world. It's still around now. Now nah, they, they were done for a while, but what's interesting is that um you know we'll get we'll get back to that later. But as my company started developing, and they were actually really big supporters in the end, That's which cool. was pretty damn cool. Because yeah, you get surf shops that were like are like, you know they they're proud of you and all that of your success and what you've done and local boy makes good, but they don't show it by supporting and like uh, whatever. But bird actually put his money where his mouth was when I, you know, during like nine 11, for example, he was one of my biggest customers and he kept like, kind of like was like going that direction where it was like the brands weren't maybe performing for him and it wasn't necessary at the time. And he basically committed to, you know, my line and did everything private label and it was really cool. And, Right. Um but yeah, bird surf shop was the place it was the meeting place it was the he did the surf reports and they were characters and they were awesome guys. It was like you know 80s. Yeah, surf, surf like surfer yeah, well, own surf shop, yeah, right. it was so pure and and um and they had the biggest selection of surf boards on the east coast Dang. so you'd go just go down the line and it would it would be from like um assorted by sizes and it would just start out like as a small, short shortboard and go all the way up to like eight os, and it was like every day it'd just be like just freaking out. And obviously we couldn't afford boards there because they were just out of, out of hand. They were like Eric Arakawa's and all these phenomenal shapers. But I remember always just wanting a town and country just hmm. I don't know what it was but town and the country logo. Oh, the logo remember. just the, the Sonny Garcia just <laughs> everything about it the oh
2: my god the characters the little yeah. I had two TNC shirts and my man. mom's like you oh can't god. wear it at school it's got holes in it I'm oh, like yeah. I'm not taking this thing off <laughs> <laughs> I even wore it to the school pictures she's yeah. like you can't wear that it's got like a hole in the collar I'm like yeah. oh, I, and I try to lift up to get the like the logo.
1: logo. In the photo. Uh,
2: I, I remember sitting and like leaning back and like, fucking I get the little logo in there?" Yeah, that's, that's so like, funny. We, it, we did a uh, yearbook
1: picture fourth that, and
2: fifth grade. Yeah, I swear I will yeah. have, have to find them, and you can barely see like before it gets like you know pho- yeah. photo not Photoshop, but it would phase out. You know, yeah. it's, like, it's oh, funny man. like yeah. even
0: different generations. I don't know why, but like town country. Sex wax, yeah. Zog no, shirts, big. like, yeah. right? Those were so, like so the cool. shirts that everybody. I mean, Maui s- and Sons, and, and yeah. Gotcha, gotcha Catch, and it, quick catch it was yeah. pretty catch big. It. Uh, you know,
3: Surf Weights for no one. I mean, I that's how that they
2: survived on. Awesome. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right, Paunch. Yeah. Let's Before
0: switch. we go into Paunch, I wanted to say both these guys deserve their own episode, but the reason why we're sitting here all together is because. <clears throat> you know we'll, we'll let people know we're representing Island Days fuck yeah gonna, uh, yeah boys launch Woo! a partnership yes fucking you know <laughs> we're gonna blow this up and yeah. we're gonna
2: take care of our, our surf shops and, yeah. and everybody that needs private label yeah, yeah. make
3: sure our, uh, our you know retailers are healthy and they're doing well they got the margins and you know we uh, we keep evolving as as they keep growing we grow with them you yeah. know and and
2: putting them. on on par premium product yep. with all the big labels yep. Yep. but yeah so
0: each guy Love it. gets their own episode down the line but the reason why we're doing it yes. all together we wanted to make sure that everyone knew what's going what's going yeah. down
3: yeah what's we wanna we wanna uh, thank you guys too you know it's a leap of faith anytime you do commit to something yeah, yeah. Uh, there's always that you know. Um, you know, this moment of trepidation on both sides actually. We don't, you know, we you, we both have to show commitment and we appreciate it and you know, yeah. we know you guys are are complete professionals and we feel really good about it and we're excited. We're the best get... name in the business. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean... exactly. <laughs> 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 but we're excited. We're excited about the opportunity yeah, and and yeah, we're, sure. we're grateful to have you guys on board for sure. First of many
2: right here. yeah yep. yep. All uh, right, Poncharello. <laughs> the Ponch. Where did
4: it all begin, bro? Ooh, uh well, as far as my, you know, first time surfing. Yeah. Yeah. Growing, up, growing up. Um. Well, yeah, growing up, I, I was initially exposed to surfing. I I was born in a, a, hippie commune called Taylor Camp. It was a 11 acre piece of property, uh, on Kauai that was owned by Elizabeth Taylor's brother, and what? Uh, the actress. Uh, yes. Wow. And um. So, he let a bunch of hippies live on his property, and my mom stumbled across Taylor Camp in 1972 after hiking the Nepali Trail. And thought this is this is it. I found it's like a commune. Yeah, I found Shangri-La. This is, mm-hmm. These people are living off the land. You know, they're they're bo- they're having bonfires. They're playing volleyball. They're like you know, growing all their own food. They're hiking the Nepali trail. Yeah. Um, and so it was this real eclectic mix of people. Um, you know, a few people from all over, from Berkeley, from you know New York. Some yeah. people that had just you know come out of Vietnam and were. You know, sort of decompressing from that whole experience, um, and then there was Did a bunch you say of surfers. The name again? Taylor Camp. Taylor Camp. Yeah, and uh, and so there was a bunch of surfers that were living there because there was a, a few different really good waves out front, and and uh, I just some of my earliest memories were kind of crawling around on the beach there, playing in the, the stream, and then the guys coming in after surfing, and then just throwing their boards on the beach, and then you know I'd crawl around on the boards, and and uh, I, one of my earliest memories was actually paddling over waves. We had hiked in the uh, Kalalao Valley and uh, somebody had on the beach had offered us a ride back to Honolulu on their sailboat. And so the only way to get out to the boat, you can't, you know, you can't bring the boat all the way in, yeah. uh, was on a surfboard. And so I remember going over the, the waves <laughs> as we paddled out on the nose of the board holding on. And I think that like somehow subconsciously that just kind of freaking stuck awesome. in my mind. And I yeah. was like instantly drawn. I was probably, at that stage, I was probably only around three or four. Damn. And, uh, I didn't start actually surfing until I was probably maybe around seven or eight. Yeah. Wasn't the first time I kind of remember standing up on a board for the first time.
2: But that feeling of not touching the ground, yeah. feeling yeah. the power of the ocean. Just the weightlessness so, yeah, of going over like, the
4: wave. I was that, like, this is, I, I'll never forget, you know that cool. experience, that of just, rush, that, that rush, rush going yeah, over, yeah, like
3: yeah. Yeah. that's so cool, and, and
4: uh, that we're watching so that kinda, surfers yeah. do it, yeah, yeah. And then so I would watch. In guys, your mind, you're doing the same thing. Yeah, I would watch them walk out, you know, off the beach that's at camp, so and paddle out, and paddle out to. There's a few different spots, and they disappear around the corner, and come uh, back stoked.
3: You're like, what <laughs> yeah, the hell yeah, did yeah. they do around
4: the corner? Yeah, whatever they were doing over <laughs> there, they had a blast. So, and, uh, not that pride
0: to the. The situation, Taylor but your mom. <laughs> did you have a? Was your dad out of the picture? No, my dad
4: was completely out of the picture okay. from uh, before I was born. Okay. Yeah, and so she, uh, her, she went to home to visit her her parents, and then um, found out she was pregnant, and then her, uh, called her best friend, or her best friend actually called her. She stayed there at the other Camp, and my my mom was like, "I'm pregnant. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I, I'm freaked out. I can't tell my parents. They're going to lose their minds." And she was like, just come back to Taylor Camp and have your baby here. And she was like, okay. (laughs) 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 She was 18 years old. And and, uh, so she did, she went back there and I was born in a tree house. And we lived there until (laughs) I was probably like three, I think. And then we moved down the road and into a home right in front of uh, another surf spot um, out there in Hyena. And uh, eventually, I think we were only there for about a year and a half. And then we moved to the North Shore of Oahu. But, uh, that And what age first, at North Shore? Um, Eight, four. Four, wow. Well, yeah. No. Well, actually, initially, we didn't move straight to the North Shore. We moved to the east side of the island, a uh, little kind of area called Punalu'u. And um, there, was, there happened to be just this little kind of soft river mouth right in front of where we lived. And my neighbor, who became one of my best friends, his name was Frank, but everybody called him Ponchi, so we were Ponchi and Poncho, that's awesome. <laughs> and I lived right behind him, and and his um, stepdad John had a surfboard. He didn't really surf, but he had a surfboard. Yeah, and uh, he in would Hawaii, take. You gotta have a surfboard. Yeah, and and it was like just enough of a like it was the perfect wave to kind of start surfing on because it was really soft. And so for us at that age, even though we we're you know so little, it wasn't. We were never in jeopardy of getting pounded yeah. or or anything like that. But he would walk the the three of us across the street we had a younger brother named Dominic and we'd walk across the street and he would make us deliberately tread water and we would take turns. So, we were, you know, we we're getting, didn't think about it at the time, but we were getting stronger Smart. being able to just, you know, yeah, be in the water. In and, yeah, he yeah, wouldn't let yeah, yeah. us sit on the beach. And I think we were too frothed out where we were like, you know. <laughs> Let's burn these kids out. <laughs> like, well, I want it, I want my turn. Like, I'm not going to wait on the beach and then I'll just swim out. Yeah. yeah, But as soon as he falls, I'm on it. And so we just, we t- would take turns riding that board and I, from that moment on, I was like, "Oh man, I want to do this every day." Was it and, a
2: longboard too, or was it no? Like it was a,
4: like a. It, I remember it being like a just like a seventies style, uh, single fin, almost like a, like probably around a seven o, like a mini gun. Yeah. And it was just kind of a log.
2: Yeah. Good um, for you guys, stable. It's yeah. just Like yeah. Easy yeah. Catch waves.
4: He would just. I remember he was just pushing us in, and I don't. I don't remember, like really, you know. Using that board and catching waves on my own, it wasn't until I begged my mom for a board, and then one of her her uh, coworkers actually it was a guy that surfed really well, lived right at Sunset Beach, and worked up at Turtle Bay, and uh, she worked a deal out where she could make some payments on on a board, and and my first board was actually a, a Dick Brewer twin fin, Damn. like a hand-me-down kind of uh, you know second second-hand board, and uh, that got me started. I started surfing yeah, like every day I would walk across by myself. Like no one else, you know, they didn't have the bug I had. I, I wanted to surf, you know, all the time. So, and how old was this at seven or eight? Probably around seven or eight. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, and then I would say like about a, within a year, uh, we had moved over to the North shore. And then that was like a, you know, where I graduated from surfing, just this really, really soft wave. And I thought I knew how to surf. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> You know, we get yeah. over there, and and the waves are moving, you know, hundred times faster, yeah. and way more powerful, and a couple it was, feet overhead. Yeah, yeah, I just remember being a really mm-hmm. humbling experience, and like, I was I met these other group of kids, and and they were like, "Oh, do you surf?" And I was like, "Yeah, I surf." And they're like, "Yeah, let's go!" And and we paddled out, and I was just completely out of my element, like kind of freaked out, and uh, I felt almost you know I felt really humbled, like yeah. you know I, I thought I knew how to surf, but I yeah. don't really know how to surf. This is way out of my league. And when you're a kid, like you believe that.
0: Like when you think you are good at something, you fucking think it. Yeah. And even when those waves are small
2: over there, there's you know so much current undertow and like you know whether you're at the you know sandbar or or some of the reefs, it's like it's pretty intimidating for sure.
3: But I find something interesting is that how cognizant you were at such a young age that you felt defeated, like like humbled by that. Yeah. Well, that's that's pretty cool. Like at a humble at a young age, you're already so like. Modest and humble, like damn. I gotta learn. I gotta learn all over again. You know what I mean? It's it's pretty cool. Like I gotta, I gotta freaking now learn this side of the island yeah. and, and how to surf this wave. And were this, those kids you know. ripping too? Or yeah, they were like cool. Well, they were
4: paddling right to the peak, catching yeah. set yeah. waves, and I was duck like, diving. Duck diving. <laughs> <laughs> you probably actually I don't even know if they're you know back then all the boards were so wide and yeah. thick. I think we were kind of like trying to duck dive, but not yeah. really. And yeah, That's and cool. uh, but yeah, they. I was like, wow, these okay. guys. You know, I think. It was a combination of the waves being so much more powerful, you know, bigger than anything I had surfed, and then watching them, and and they were they were older than I was, probably a year or two older than I was. Yeah. But I just remember being blown away, going, "I want that's to get crazy. to that level. Yeah. You know, that's amazing." And we
0: we talk about it all the time. It's like two when you're that young, yeah. two or three years older is oh, it's, so much. Yeah, yeah older. you mentioned six huge. months yeah, or so, yeah, like yeah, yeah. in yeah. your conversation. Yeah, it's huge. huge. Yeah, because yeah, it's like it's their like, the, their talent level. I mean, a year surfing and experience not, and strength, yeah. everything. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't know, like you know, the 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 talent and just they're way more ahead of your 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 um, yeah we knowledge. You know? Yeah, you, you like their strength, surfing Their strength, everything was. Yeah, you know, I was we, still. It's wild.
4: I was coming off of you know living in Punalu'u, Like even though I was surfing, I was still like I was kind of like a jungle kid. We were going up into the valley, having rot, uh, rotten guava. Uh, wars, <laughs> you know, like island life, right? climbing yeah. around, like, you know, in the, tr- playing tag in the trees. Yeah, Tarzan and all that stuff. shit. Tarzan. Tarzan. <laughs> so then it was like all of a sudden, you know, once we moved over to the sunset area, it was like the ocean was the primary focus. Yeah. Uh, aside from like soccer season or whatever. Yeah. If, if there wasn't a sport, there was very few, you know, maybe a, there was a baseball season, a soccer season, that was it. So that was the it's only sport. It's gotta be such a so trip, cool. like, coming from that small little surf spot not even a surf spot
0: and thinking that's surfing and you know that's the world of surfing yeah. and then going a couple miles down the road and having sunset and you're like what the fuck? Uh-huh. Yeah, blew my mind uh-huh. like this is this is surfing
2: yeah you know and yeah it doesn't matter where you're at you could be on the coast here yeah. and you surf you know the spot that's closest to you or the easiest to get in and out yeah, or yeah. safest or whatever and then you go surf somewhere else and it's only a couple miles away or yeah. just around the corner and you're like "Oh whoa right. what's this place yeah, yeah you yeah, know right. like i, I remember New, newport was like i mean huntington gets yeah pretty intense shore break and it breaks far out and you got to be pretty strong but newport is like half the size of the wave so blasts you yeah, yeah. You twice know? the power twice the power yeah. it's
3: intense yeah like for us the same thing like we grew up surfing the Chop and all that crap. Then we went up to up coast to like Sebastian Inlet, and we'd see Kelly and Shay Lopez and all these guys, and we were like, "Oh my god, it's the Mecca!" And the waves were so like just different—these yeah. wedges and almost like proper waves. You we were like just blown away. Yeah, and that juxtaposition is always pretty cool. Even now to this till to, to today, you know, like yeah. anytime you see that. Yeah, it's when you rad. even here like yeah.
0: Huntington gets good. Like there's some epic days at Huntington, but if you take an average day of Huntington and an average day at Lowers. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah. night and
1: day. Oh, yeah. You know? For
0: Fun. sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not even close. <folks. laughs>
2: did, you, did you make good friends right away when you moved to, like having that like
4: passion for surf and getting out there? Yeah, right? yeah I did. Um, I think what really helped was, um, you know, I started surfing a little bit, but not long <clears throat> after we moved over there, I wanted to play baseball really bad. And, and uh, it was the first baseball season. And so I... I, I don't know how I registered or how I figured it out, but somehow figured out that they were, there to was, they were already underway. That's what it was. They had already started. And I think I might've gone by the field and I saw them practicing and I was like, Oh, I want to play baseball. And I walked up and I talked to the coach. It was Ed Angulo who was a, he was a famous uh, windsurf uh, shaper hmm. and surfboard shaper. Um, anyway, he was the coach. His son played on the team and not just uh, Sean Briley was on that team uh, Jack Johnson was on that team. So it just kind of opened the door to all the kids in the same neighborhood. age group, those uh, Yeah, those guys are uh, both at one year younger than I am. Okay, But, um, you know, it just opened the door to friendships with all these kids. And there was actually enough kids in the neighborhood that we had two separate teams. So across the way was my good friend Orion, Jesse, um, a whole another group of uh, kids at Blake, that we all became friends kind of from just playing baseball on the field. And all of them surfed. Uh, if they didn't, if they weren't like hardcore into surfing, they were either like body surfing the shore break, you know, boogie boarding, sand sliding. Uh, but it was just, everything was based around the being ocean. at the beach all day. Yeah. And then back then at Sunset, um, this was before the beachfront kind of got built up. There was this empty lot right in front of uh, a little inside reform wave called Shores, and then Sunset Proper is out the back. But that became basically our clubhouse because the lot was empty and there was these trees that kind of hung over the beach so there was plenty of shade mm-hmm. and so we would all just go there and, i mean if if you didn't have anything to do you just went to shores because guaranteed there was three four hits. or five yeah. ten guys ten people you knew just kind of lingering on the beach hanging out doing whatever you know jumping
2: in the water and it's not like a spot it's going to be crowded no yeah like kind of tucked away good
4: for the grounds. It, yeah, it's like just an inside reform. Yeah. So it was like no matter how big sunset got, we could still surf. And then if it was small enough, then we'd paddle out the back and, and try to surf point or or over to Val's reef or
2: Yeah.
4: Um but yeah, so it was like all the kids that lived around basically from kind of rocky point all the way to Velzilan, everyone would kind of congregate down there and yeah. and just hang out on the beach and surf and Now before you moved
0: to the North Shore, had you seen
4: big waves yet like the north shore turn on no I, i'd only ever seen the waves in front of taylor camp and and you know once we moved to oahu and we're in Punaluu like we didn't really you know travel around much like on on the island yeah um i kind of just hung out in the valley my mom worked at at turtle bay uh it was the hyatt kui back then and uh her best friend lived in the house next door to us and they had two kids and we just kind of yeah, like yeah. there was probably a two three year period where we were just valley you know venturing through the valley. My my good friend his grandfather had a pig farm way back in the valley and and a you know sweet potato farm and we'd go back up there and feed the pigs and it was kind of just like you know just well, country, country living, life. <laughs> island country life, living. country living. Yeah, so uh, simple. So life. I asked that because
0: I, I want to know if you remember what the first time you woke up and felt like the ground rumbling or in or heard the waves yeah if anybody's been over there
4: whether you're sleeping or just hanging you you felt you feel the feel that energy yeah yeah i I was definitely like you know when we first moved over to the sunset area it was like i never realized waves got that big yeah it was like oh my gosh i'm not Mm -hmm. paddling out there today and then (laughs) you know and then all of a sudden realizing like oh there's jesse like He's you know, playing in the shore break. Oh, I'm gonna go join him. And then yeah. then you're just getting beat, you know, in the shore break, tumbled yeah. around, and then getting more comfortable in the in the water and isn't it like awesome. f-
0: like mind blowing when you when you when you're a surfer and, and that young and then not seeing waves that big and then finally seeing waves that big and then seeing surfers
2: Oh this lined to, up fucking yeah. out there, boom, right? Boom, boom You're like sitting
0: there going, Whoa, like these guys are fucking
2: crazy. Yeah
0: these guys are gnarly these guys rip you know what I mean like you're like wow well just paddling out yesterday to to where you can't see them anymore
2: yeah you know you just see whitewater, and they're like you know half a mile out to sea yeah
0: in in
4: your mind you're like someday yeah someday I remember having I'm gonna start in, in the shore break but maybe someday I'll get out there yeah I remember having that realization like hanging out on the beach and because I a lot of them all of my friends had grown up you know in that area they were used to seeing like yeah you know Bobby Owens and, and, you know, Tom Kern was starting to show up and all these different high, high level surfers from yeah. all over the world, they already knew who they were. And I didn't know who anybody was. I was like, who's that? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, I was kind of naive to that side of it, but because they had already started to see that first wave of semi-professional surfers yeah. migrating to the North Shore and surfing. Here's another thing that
0: I think is probably interesting to hear. Like, here you are, you move there. And then when the first contest, you know, and all yep. the pros start showing up, right? Because <laughs> yes. you see local heroes, yeah. right? You're like, oh, my God, that guy fucking rips. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, my It's
2: only a couple of events true. in the entire, you know,
0: whole year. So it's yep. pretty it was yeah, pretty so pretty empty. The, and then all a of a sudden... Right. Master the, master the circus, circus comes to town. The circus yeah. Pro back in the day, right? Yeah. Like it was can like can you, the OP for us growing right. up. Yeah. It was like... You get exposed to
2: that. What the... Yeah.
0: And you have all these different, like, accents and... But then... Like you said, Tom one. Curran. Yeah. And Shane
2: yeah. Horan. Yep. The um, yeah, guys are yeah, 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 the guys Rabbit are on every magazine cover. The they're on the kill spread. Her. They're like, yeah. the,
4: they're the fucking man. Yeah. And so it was cool to, to all of a sudden be at a place where, you know, we would, I just kind of joined the pack of like running down to the contest site and Randy Rare kind of, you know, he would line us all up. There'd be like 10, 15 kids and he'd be like, okay. You guys clean this side of the road, you guys clean that side of the road. And we would pick up trash and do whatever we could just to get some swag at the end, he'd, like yeah. whatever promo, like zinc. And, you know, we were all stoked if we got a stick to or a shirt yeah. Yeah. or anything like that. I was like, yes, that's awesome. <laughs> Cultivating the, <laughs> the next Grom guy. Guy. Yeah. life right uh-huh. there. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be here soon, Groms. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Well, uh, and you went to Sunset Elementary?
4: Yeah. I went to Sunset Beach Elementary. I actually started at Kahuku. Elementary when we moved over from Punalu'um, um, I started, uh, school in Haula at, uh, kindergarten. And then we, um, when we moved over to Sunset, I went there one year and then I ended up at Kahuku and I uh, went to Kahuku all the way through, uh, high school. And, um, yeah, it was just, you know, lived in that area. We kind of moved to a different couple of few different houses, never, never stayed in one house growing up the whole time. Um, but in that seven mile stretch. yeah. From Tur- all, all the way from Turtle Bay, all the way to kind of yeah. Sunset area. So,
0: when did you start like getting good and like starting, like venturing to you know all the other spots? Because what was yeah, your first the, what's, like? What's the pecking order for a Grom? Yeah. You know, like
2: is Rockies kind of like the?
4: Yeah, yeah I think nowadays Rockies is, is definitely is, and it was at that time. I felt like it was it was sort of like wherever you. I mean, it's still a lot like this, wherever, but you wherever you lived, Closest. you know, like. Like, Jack and, and Josh Lainel and, and Abe and Adam Lerner, and those guys, they kind of stayed down by pipe because either they lived right there or the Lerner's, their their dad would bring them down to the, Ehukai to the tower. So they kind of cut their teeth surfing, like, Pupukea and Ehukai. And yeah. and then there was, like, Peter Cole, Jr., and uh, he you know they lived right at Rocky Point, so they were surfing mm-hmm. Rockies. And then we were all up at sunset because... It just whenever it was big, like we could still surf. Yeah. But when it would drop, pretty much Sunset Point um, was kind of the go-to. Backyards was like the first wave that we started sort of venturing over from Sunset into backyards. Um, You know, kind of a shallow wave. We're all you know sort of a little haired. I don't remember anybody's parents really <laughs> having any clue where we, anybody was. Like we were just yeah. on our own, doing our own thing. There was no the good old days. Okay, guys, if, it's, if the waves <laughs> are, come back or not yes, like, no yeah. lights come on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There was yeah. no like, oh, look, no the, guidance. The Checking buoy zero. The buoys, yeah. like fifteen feet, twenty two yeah. seconds. Yeah. We, you, got, you know, at three o'clock, you need to be out of the water. It was like that's no idea. No, there was no sunscreen. I think that was just our era, you know. Yeah, same here. Like okay, just be home by dark. Yeah, what's funny?
0: What he's saying is like. You the reports will tell you when it's gonna max out. Yeah. And
1: what's what in Hawaii
0: it maxes out, right? Like <laughs> where where it could be playful for an hour and then death defying the next. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And That's here funny. you guys are like, Yeah, fuck it, we're out of here, I'm charging. And then all of a sudden like, whoa everybody gets cleaned up by, by a freaking roadway. <laughs> yeah. Time to head in. Yeah. So the t- was built characters. <laughs> Was uh-huh. learning and mastering sunset a long process, or did you like? Yeah, this is. So-
4: yeah, I think um, you know that it's such a unique wave that has so many different uh, feels to it. Like depending on the direction, the size, um, it's a, it's a very imperfect kind of reef. There's all these sort of long um, diagonal channels that run through the reef and dead spots. So depending on the direction, the size, you know, the winds, it, it's. That's what I think I was so drawn to that wave was the variety, how challenging it was. Um, you know, and just watching, you know, some of the the guys that I looked up to, watching them surf it and the way that they would take off out the back and fade on these. Who was uh, 15 who were you talking about? Like,
1: who oh, are the first well, you like, mentioned Bobby you, Owens, who, like, the, uh, was. Yeah.
4: Well, I feel like, I mean, for me, Bobby Owens, the way that he would compress when he would come off the bottom, he he was a guy that I saw he would start to initiate his bottom turn like mid face and he would compress and not go. It's such a deep water wave that if you go too far down in, you know, to the bottom of the wave before like you the initiate your bottom turn, you lose all that yeah. drive down the line. And then chances are, you're not going to make it all the way through that inside bowl section. So I would start watching him and, and then, you know, guys like Gary Elkerton blew my mind. He would go way out the back and just, you know, catch these bombs and fade. And, um, you know, Michael Ho was always a guy that, you know, seemed to, just his positioning in the lineup, he'd always catch the best waves. Yeah, I um, mean you know, it just goes on and on. There's been so many guys over the years that, that um, you know, have influenced my surfing. Not just there, but you know, I think it, it was a special time growing up on the North Shore. Being there was no, you know, there wasn't really a lot of pressure for any of us to like, you know, be competitive or successful in that sort of realm. And we were just watching these guys that were doing that. Yeah, and you know. It, it wasn't really a, a legitimate sport where there was any money everybody was doing it for yeah, the yeah like the first generation of yeah. like yeah. you know
2: really talented surfers and the, you know the, the second generation of surfers were just starting to come on which is like the Kearns and those guys yeah, you know, yeah, yeah so those were the been, young guys hasn't yeah. been like those generational changes where like you said you're, you weren't groomed at an early age to be like oh yeah you're
0: gonna do so Best. yeah, did did you start surfing amateur con- HSA? HSAs? Even,
4: yeah, eventually I did. Um, you know, I surfed them for a, a little while. Like um, we we were dirt poor, single mom, you know, working, struggling just to. Survive. You have siblings or uh, I have a uh, half sister okay. who's 22, um, but not from my mom, from my dad, and uh, so yeah, so it was you know really tough, but I was very fortunate that um, Karen Gallagher owned. Sunset Beach Surf Shop, which yes. was next to Cammie's Market. It was like Is that Chris Gallagher's Yeah. Mall? Yes. That's yeah, yeah. True. Tiny little surf shop. And she's um, been brought up before. Yeah. Yeah, she was she, awesome. she, she
0: fostered all the
2: kids awesome. and she really, basically yeah. was
4: like the, the North Shore mom mom, yeah second mom. Like every kid Kalani Rob. I mean you name it Kalani She Rob would give so you cool. her la- you know, give the kids her last dollar to help them, you know, yeah. just yeah. keep them out of trouble,
1: That's so feed bad. them.
4: You know, um, she would help buy surfboards for the kids. She would pay for entry fees, Crazy and we're thing. talking about a size a surf shop that's like yes. that was it's like 150 feet yeah. square feet. It was tiny, but she was able to like you know sell wax and and she had a film processing back in the film days. She would process all the surf photographers' film through the shop. They would go shoot pipe or wherever, come to the shop, fill it, fill out their uh, you know film. She thing and Kodak sh- and she would run <laughs> everything to Honolulu, <laughs> yeah. and process all their film and bring it all back. Hustling, oh, wow. that's yeah, true. Yeah, because a, a lot of photographers
2: were pretty. That was a good side hustle. Running lean too yes. on funds yeah. yeah. and yeah. stuff. And, yeah, you know, everybody it, on the North Shore back then. Nobody right. had yeah. Cars, yeah. You know, a lot
3: of people didn't yeah. have cars. Wasn't, wasn't a lot of money in surfing back then. No, not yet at
4: least. And there was not. You know, there was very few businesses on the North Shore. It was very quiet. Yeah. Um. Especially out. You know, outside of the peak surf season. I mean. We hardly get any tourists, tourists or traffic yeah. out there at all. It was really quiet.
1: Yeah,
2: totally. It's hard to imagine.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
2: it being no. asleep. Yeah, the way it is. You know? now. But we, you know, we mm-hmm. talked to like Herbie Fletcher and some others that, like, you know, came over real early and was like, "Yeah, there's only a few houses on the
0: North Shore, yeah. you yeah. know, and it was just yeah. dirt roads
2: and yeah. like it was. It's per- funny,
0: you know. You bring them up and what DB and Herbie said about puka shells. Yeah, like there was. The beach was full oh, yeah. of huge puka, puka shells cells, yeah like and you she's like you go there you don't see them anymore
4: there was tons of sunrise just, shells yeah. and
1: yeah. sunrise shells yeah. were like super people stunning.
0: over the you know decades have just depleted the puka <laughs> shell yeah. yeah yeah
2: but yeah like everybody just like hey we'll just go pitch a tent live out of her car like um, yeah. you know like it, it was Freaking gnarly
4: back yeah. in the day. Yeah, yeah, it was very um,
3: kind of rooty, wild west almost. In yeah, Hawaii. it was a it's wild west.
2: Cool. Did, did you surf any amateur contests?
3: No, I never got into any contest. Honestly, it wasn't really my direction in life. I just kind of free just surf surfed and, and, just and traveled to... traveled a lot. I just traveled the world. I lived. In, I always wanted to live in all these cool places. So, when I was uh, seventeen, I'd graduated um, high school a year early. I did some extra credit work for like three summers, and then um, ended up going. Okay, I hated. Living in Miami as a kid because the waves kind of sucked. Yeah, so, so I was like travel, travel, travel. Well, yeah, that was the thing. I was like, I'm kind of was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna move to Hawaii, and then I moved to the Big Island in 1991. So did, the waves like magazine- before we go to Hawaii. Yeah,
0: when you're in Miami, were you did you travel up and down the coast? Oh yeah, or?
3: it was actually it was funny on the way over. We were talking to Pancho about that. That was like the thing. That was like our. Little, like, just getaway and little road trips up coast all the time. So we would surf our local bre- beaches and then, like, Sebastian you know, was yeah, like the, the the go-to. The and then Spanish House and, Spanish House uh, and Melbourne. And for me, the first time ever going up was with my um, friend, Jared Margolis. His father owned uh, Sportsman's Paradise, which they sold surfboards and amongst other things. Mm-hmm. And he had an RV and we went to Fort Pierce. And I remember it's – now it's, like, looking back, it was – Felt like it was like a five hour journey. And meanwhile, it was like an hour and a half drive. But when you're a grom, you're just so (laughs) impatient. But I remember finally getting there and it was like a pure like four to six foot. Wow. Beautiful winter swell, ground swell. And it was just, we walked up and I just never seen waves like that in my life and just freaked out. I went, holy crap, this is insane. What what age,
2: 16? No,
3: I was uh, probably about, I would say 14 and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I was a neighborhood kid.
2: So you're hopping um, rides with with
0: other surfers, neighbors.
3: Uh, at the time, just parents. Yeah. yeah, no one, no one drove, so uh, it was just all just like. Uh,
0: this is the first like Florida, Florida yeah. real waves. In my mind, foot. I
3: remember like it was yesterday. Pulling up, walking down that little trail, just thinking we're gonna see the same shit we was, we was we were learned how to surf on, and then just this like, what, what the hell is going on here? And just. Yeah. Like real waves breaking, define lefts, define rights, and just went, oh my god, this is this is like crazy. Where are we at? Yeah, yeah. Like, like I didn't we're know anymore. I didn't know waves like th- those were real waves. and I didn't yeah. know those really existed. And then when I went out and actually took off and went, okay, this is like actually yeah yeah, 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 proper guys. waves, yeah. like legit waves. And, and it's funny because I still surf that same spot to today. And I always have that similar feeling when I walk up and go. I'll never forget that. That's yeah. like so, so like ingrained in my memory because yeah. it was just such a pure moment in in my in my you know childhood. Yeah. So it was, it was amazing. It was and still and surf.
2: So before Hawaii, any other like travel out of the yeah. country. Oh yeah, yeah. My
3: parents were my my dad's from Marseille, France, and my mom's from Lebanon. So we really didn't have like that. You know, we yeah, obviously we, they were great parents and all that, but they I don't know if they were trusting or whatever, but yeah. we went to Costa Rica, me, my brother and I, very young, like by ourselves. Like I was uh, probably 15 and he was 16. Wow. And the first thing we did when we landed was go to Duty Free and buy a bottle of... J&B like booze, like whiskey. Internationally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. We ended up with this huge bottle of um, J&B. We and need B. Your passport
2: and ticket. <laughs> no, we don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> no, we need-
3: <laughs> and uh, we ended up... Um, uh, like literally figuring out our way how to get from
0: somebody told you go to Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah,
3: and we got from San Jose to Hermosa Jose to Jaco, yeah, Jaco was our spot. Beach break, <laughs> and we. But at the time, good. dude. I mean, yeah. at the time, we were just better than Florida. <laughs> yeah, we were starting to kind of like cut our teeth on like some bigger, crazier stuff. And I remember just getting held down. A lot <laughs> and then my brother i always like kind of he's older than me but i always kind of like made sure he was okay you know he had asthma and stuff he was a little bit not as like crazy as i was in general and um so i'd always like kind of have to look after him but i just remember just like me getting pounded coming up and i was just thinking like shit if i'm getting worked like getting scared i wonder what he's going through so he'd just be on the beach sometimes and I would just go in and hey, you okay? Like, yeah. like all right, let's go back out. We all mm-hmm. go back out together. And then but we'd pick off shoulders and get good waves and then our big like kind of step up was actually taking a cab and going to Hermosa. And then going, Oh my god, this we should have been going here the whole time yeah. and then <laughs> Yeah, because is yeah. a
2: little bit of a bay type beach break yeah. where yeah. it it's not as thick lipped and it's a little feathery, but yeah, yeah it's Hermosa is like a little bit more open. And deep it is, water. yeah. And
3: it's more defined. But we befriended the lifeguard there. This guy Carlos gave him some of our JB booze of <laughs> uh, whiskey. And he just became our buddy. And then he's the one that kind of told us about Hermosa. Everything was so rootsy. There was no like,
1: yeah,
3: you know, everything, not, not, nothing was mapped out. It was literally just like... Playing it by
2: ear, yeah. but know? most of the people were appreciative of just tourism in general. Like, yeah. and they're stoked. Like, yeah. you're coming here. Oh yeah, there's a wave down the beach. Or hey, here, this tide. You know, like people are pretty right open to like,
0: you know. So when not you, rush, you up, right? When, right. You when you told on. your parents, "Hey, we're going to go to Costa Rica," they were like, "All right, cool." Yeah,
3: literally, because like <laughs> in our neighborhood, you know, back then we'd have travel agencies, and I was just oh, yes. I was just ahead of my my time for being so young or whatever. But I remember skateboarding over to the travel agent. Getting it all dialed, figuring out the, the hotel and the transfers and all that shit. My brother didn't do jack. He never yeah. did anything. He it's was like, so fucking... It's like late night yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was a Boy Scout yeah. traveling know But I he's lying. a great brother. Honestly, yeah. my older brother, Ben, was a phenomenal brother growing up. He was a mentor to me and he actually like helped me, you know, mold me into who I, who I became. Yeah. So it was really cool in his subtle way, you yeah. know, and he you know, he never preached anything to me, but he just had a way. But I remember that, like having it all packaged up, and then just telling my parents what it costs and what we wanted to do, and it was, I just had a
2: direction. And I yeah. was, we were so I they was felt confident based yeah. you had done your homework. Yeah. it's all set up. That and,
3: was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we, we were on our way, I and mean, that was it. And it was not wasn't a big deal. And I summertime mean, trip,
2: obviously we, out of school.
3: Yeah, having parents that were you know immigrants and they were international, and so we'd take our vacations. We'd go to like, you know. Uh, Paris and Marseille and all these different foreign places. So for us traveling at like three, four, five or whatever it is to go see my dad's family was not a big deal. So being on a plane was like second nature, you know, and we grew up pretty much like lower class and then middle and then sort of
2: my dad sort of, you know, found his way after that. And we talk about how important it is to travel and how it it holds the person you are and and just it's
0: better education
2: than education yeah <laughs> well oh, yeah it depends yeah but for sure i right. mean it's just you know to to deal with the language barrier that mm-hmm. travels the logistics oh, yeah. you know having to like be a little street smart and not sure you're like going you know just being mm-hmm. aware mm-hmm. i mean it, there's it a makes, lot of good pluses that come out of like yeah. traveling right? oh 100 like, yeah absolutely traveling
0: abroad it. gives you such a better perspective on culture life uh and problem solving right like we Everything. always talk about that like yeah because there's no perfect um, yeah something goes wrong here there, you're no like how did it go wrong right. you always, freak out right. something hap- has to happen wrong right no matter what right yeah. I, mean, I like rarely, there's like no, there's no safety net yeah
3: and also just Figure experience other people's cultures like that's a big thing for me also and yeah. realizing like you know you, this is not the only way to think yeah, yeah. there's other ways you could think and it op- opens your mind to other things well, and just well how you know,
2: Awesome. You know, happy people can be with so little too. Yep. Yeah, you I know. love that part.
3: I, yeah, like, simplifying.
1: How it's many sim- boards yeah. did you bring?
3: Uh, one. Are you kidding
1: me? Fucking <laughs> two <laughs> <laughs> boards. boards. Board, board, board. From
2: <laughs> one to ten foot, one yeah. board. Praying you that, that you know?
3: Yeah, <laughs> praying I wouldn't wouldn't buckle it or break it or anything. Did you each have a board? Yeah, he okay. had a board at that point. I had a board. I had a Hamish, uh, Graham, uh, Hamish. Graham? Yeah, 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 yeah. And funny enough, he shaped my board later when Poncho and I went, out, went to Europe together. He ended up shaping a couple of my boards. It okay, was a fun. full circle situation. And yeah, he's an interesting guy. Thruster got, and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. At yeah. that point, it was all thruster. Yeah, and, custom and, air spray. the right spot. No, no, no. Just straight Hamish. Okay. Like a Burning Spears, I think it was. Okay. That's what it was, actually. Yeah. And that was like my go-to, like... Uh, you know, make sure it was, like, sparkling. It's like a, getting a, your first car or something. Yeah. You know, just make sure <laughs> so your
2: goofy foot, what yeah. goofy foot, which Goofy Foot airspray, professional airspray did you get? <laughs> um, I,
3: I Actually, my first one was, like, a Rasta. It was, oh, like, yeah? like, a full Rasta uh, airbrush thing. Yeah, I kind of was, like, into that. It was pretty still cool.
2: In, it's still in style. It'll yeah. <laughs> yeah. never go out. Yeah, I know. Classic. Ca- Camouflage and Rasta never goes Yeah. Out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, when you get, like, you know, we talk about those first boards, especially a yeah, custom. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you know, you're looking at every mag of every surfer, and you're just like, oh my God, look at his spray and look yeah. at those logos <laughs> and look at, I'm going to do, yeah, the, the potter, like, you know, you know, kind of zigzag, like, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> neon. Yeah. There's a lot of good so, sprays. So right you, there.
0: you didn't do any competent amateur? No, no, never,
3: never got into it. The only thing I ever did one time was uh, King, I think it was called King of the Peak. And it was like a, uh, a, skins, event, a skins event. Skins event. And I won a couple skins, and that was it. I never really got into it. I never really. It wasn't my bag. I, don't, I just never really uh, wanted to. I never desire. Yeah. Just if travel. Did desire to
0: get sponsored, though?
3: Um, yeah. Actually, I did, because I wanted some free swag, and it was, <laughs> it was expensive, like wetsuits yeah. and, and board bags and stuff like that. But I remember my first sponsor I th- it was a track top. Boo, nice. Phil Boo Stubbs, the guy was so damn nice to me. It was Did he the rapper. Uh, he actually he was more than just a rep. No, he he was either part owner or something. I forget what it was, but Phil Phil Boo Stubbs, he was the man, the coolest, coolest guy. Even to today, like we still talk social media and what a trip. Uh, yeah, he's just the sweetheart of a guy. Never we, changed. You know the just, guys that started it. Oh, he's a legend. Yeah, the guy, the, this guy I don't know about the guys who started it, but yeah. this guy was the nicest dude at the time. I was a nobody, you know, kid and. You know, he's just just help me out. Just that's traction cool. pads and board socks, and it's funny. I still have some of the board socks socks lingering around, somewhere in my warehouse, and <laughs> I just kept them for just you know memorabilia. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, like, you yeah, know, there's those milestones important. of like you know catching yeah. away at first board, and first sponsor. Yeah. You know, like that's like I made it. You yeah. know, like, yeah. I'm one up in all my bros.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, it was cool. I mean, honestly, like it just I just wanted to surf. That's all I really care. That's why. Everyone like a lot of people look at surfing and go, "Oh, you know especially at that age that's what that's what people who smoke pot or do drugs that's what they do, but honestly, it was the biggest savior because I didn't want to drink or smoke or do any kind of drugs, and I never got involved in any of that really because I wanted to wake up and go up coast and go surf and feel good and so it kind of kept me out of a lot of trouble yeah. you know surfing was the was everything i mean it's, it kind of still is like yeah. I, you know I built this surfing company this this private label company. Out of just following my dreams of just traveling the world and going surfing, so yeah. kind From of all hair. yeah. How do we how do we get in
2: the water? Bottle? Yeah,
1: yeah. Surf how do you more mix and... business with pleasure?
3: Yeah. <laughs> so dumb luck. <laughs>
0: speaking of first sponsors, Poncho. Like, what, do you remember like your first
4: contest win or like
2: doing well enough do you do where to you put got a noticed? resume
4: together? Um, well, actually, I think it was yeah, but. My first sponsor was Sunset Beach Surf Shop, but my first um, when she started helping me with entry fees, she actually um, kind of worked out this deal with Pat Rawson, where Pat would provide a blank, a shaped blank, and then she would pay for the glass job Mm. for the groms, for the neighborhood groms who couldn't afford a surfboard, and uh, and then so through that, um, that, uh, Carrie Gallagher, Carrie Gallagher, Sunset Beach Surf Shop, and then um, uh, the first contest that I remember uh, actually i think i don't know if i won it but i um mike latronic who was a sponsored professional surfer at the time Tron. yeah, um, John. yeah. John. <laughs> he brought down a bunch of swag from billabong randy rarick actually took brought all the kids together that would pick up trash at the contest and he put on the first ever shores classic and it was just the neighborhood kids oh, cool that weren't like you know competing on the amateur circuit at that point there was already the amateur like hsa hsf i think it was um circuit and uh but this was just more of like a menuhuni style event neighborhood event and so i surfed in that um we got we were all stoked all the kids were excited to get all these swag bags and, and gear and then Mike Latronic was like hey uh, i'm gonna call the guys at billabong but you know if you're not sponsored by anybody you know would you be interested and i was like absolutely how old are you um, I think it was like 13, and um, and somebody like him, yeah.
0: You know, he's a he was Rick Kane. actually. Yeah. he was. Rick Aine, actually. <laughs> he, was well, Rick Aine, he wasn't Rick even
4: Rick Kane yet Not at yet. that but yet. point, but, but he's be just about to be. He became Rick Kane yeah, 14,
0: yeah. 15, yeah, about that. But, but yeah, Mike Electronic, Yeah. he's in the Billabong videos. He's yep. a fucking like a North Shore, yeah, yeah for sure, stud. up and coming pro. pro. Everybody yeah. knows, who he is. Yeah, for him to tell you, hey,
4: Billabong might pick you up. Yep. It was, yeah, it was It was very exciting. I was, like, did over you the you tell money. your friends, like, holy shit? Yeah. I,
0: yeah, I'm sure I did. I'm sure I ran around <laughs> telling everybody. Yeah, hey, um, imagine that. i I'm be like, dude, <laughs> fucking Mike Latronic thinks I'm fucking living. <laughs> what? What? Did, did, did Mike Latronic
3: talk to you? No? Yeah, he talked to oh, me last no? week. He <laughs> talked to me, actually, but for to advertise in his yeah. magazine. <laughs> he talked to me a few times. Yeah.
4: So, so, you... Did you so yeah, he ended up getting me sponsored and yeah, I start they put me on this like I think it was twice a year. I got a little box with, you know, a couple pairs of trunks, a couple t shirts, some stickers. Um, and then I that kind of motivated me a bit, you yeah. know, like oh, okay, now I've got this,
0: so, this. how much mon- monumental is it when you get that box and yeah, the, you're fucking psyched on the clothes. Oh, it's Christmas it's your birthday. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, everything. You get the sticker yeah. that is <laughs> Pretty much a team sticker, right? Yep. And then you go through the, the the ritual of stickering up your first board with Billabong yep. sponsor. <laughs> All the like, legends are on the team, you Yeah, know? Like, a big deal. Like how gnarly of a booster ego that is. Yep. Ego yeah. Ego booster it, that is. Like
2: And big shoes to fill too, you know? Like you're like, man, I better fucking step it up, <laughs> yeah. you know? It's a good motivator. It was. It was you know, you, you're
0: like, ah. You know, I don't want to fuck this sun no up. <laughs> you no know? like like, bubbles. I want to know how many air bubbles were in the. <laughs> a lot.
3: A lot. And it, I know you're. You look like a perfectionist. It looked yeah. like a
4: phaser. You get,
3: you get the little credit card <laughs> out and just try to get those things uh, out. <laughs> like those phasers.
4: Yeah, so that that definitely motivated me. I think, um, you know, made me realize like, hey, did you I have, was kind sorry, of a. Did you obsessive. have to wait longer, or was it? Yeah, late? it was. It was. I remember it being like a long period of time. I don't know exactly how many months like a couple months. From the and time him. that he told you to yeah. to, to when it
0: finally dude, how <laughs> yeah.
4: how like
0: wait, <laughs> how frustrating and <laughs> like anger <laughs> beaver you are like Yeah, right. He, it's not happening. What is it not
2: happening? happening.
4: What is he gonna call me? <laughs> yeah. Bob, did we get a phone call? Did somebody send us a letter? <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, yeah. You know I think I,
4: mean? it, I think it actually I went to the shop to get the box. It was like, you know, delivered to Even you, better. To to be a yeah, surf shop. That's cool. And then I was like, what? I can't believe I got two pairs of What a
2: relief for your mom, too. <laughs> like <laughs> not yeah. even ha- you know, like how much that's going to save like your parent, yeah. you know? Like, that's true. Where'd you right get gosh. that box, Poncho? Mom. <laughs> My parents were tripping. Wait, you're getting all this stuff? And I'm like, I ride for Billabong, mom. <laughs> yeah,
0: What? What does that mean? <laughs> I get free clothes and stickers. Like, that's huge. Yeah. Like, how big of a, Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. I, you go to the next day. I hope the kids today cool, get that right? same feeling. You're wearing I your, think your they Christmas Billabong shirt. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, yeah. just I like, "What's up, <laughs> I mean, hey, and the
3: parents. Me too!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even if you do, yeah. he's still a good.
4: Actually, runner, I I don't like know. Just Ross and I were like, I think Ross got on Billabong a little bit later, but Ross and I started surfing together. Not long after he moved to Hawaii, we started surfing up at Turtle Bay, and then then they moved down. Um, kind of near Papailoa. Loa, um, and yeah, you know, it was just all these neighborhood kids that just kept following their passion. So you got on
0: Billabong and... before Ross?
4: Pretty sure, yeah. Ross lied to us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think so. I think Dorian got—he probably Ross on on, or he was right probably more set. officially on
1: the team. Yeah. I was like
4: the shop kid, you know. Um, but yeah, that motivated me to start pushing myself um, more in contests, and I I started. You know, going to the events at Sandy Beach and Makaha and all over and, and um yeah, it you know, kinda lit the fire. Yeah. So awesome.
0: you have a very unique style. You always have. Who who kinda
4: was your influences? Um, I think probably my biggest influences um, you know, I always appreciated how much power and commitment that uh, Johnny Boy Gomes the way he surfed. Um, it seemed like he just wanted to destroy every section.
1: Yes.
4: Um, but I, you know, I had so I many, I was so fortunate to be on the North shore and, and see you know, everybody ride my bike down to Rockies and watch like pots just destroy a wave and then go to pipe. Like, Oh, I wonder what pipes doing. Go down there and Ronnie Burns is like air dropping into the barrel. And, you know, it was just like to be able to see all of these, these guys surf and ha- their different styles. And then the way they would approach riding waves and, you Know it, it definitely, yeah, had an influence on me. Did, you, did you
2: mature like early? Were you big, like you know, you hit puberty like as no? A big I, was kid, pretty, or you...
4: I was pretty like lean, uh, you know, and, and I had a growth spurt at about I think 18, 19. Mm. Um, I grew you know several inches and then started filling out, you know, by 25, 20, 22 25. I started starting to put, put on more weight, you know, and yeah, because
2: that has a big impact on like you like your yeah. development and surfing you know yeah. like some mm-hmm. kids like
0: the growth spurts
2: yeah, yeah kind of that awkward like adolescent age you know kind mm-hmm. of like makes or breaks sometimes a kid because it's such a like like a crucial time you know mm-hmm. 13 yeah. to 16 and then how that you know a transition if you, if you kind yeah. of you know if it comes in small you know <clears throat> waves then you're okay but those that like you know drastically like mm-hmm. what what change yeah. surfers yeah. in general are um you know, well, your bo- at everything
4: f- changes your at boards 15, and all that. So it's right around fifteen, um, Jeff Bushman had moved to the North Shore, and Karen, he and Karen connected, and they kind of worked out the same deal where she was helping me with the glass jobs, he was providing the the shape blanks, and um, that you know the fact that I actually had you know one sometimes two boards, you know, and I wasn't really like charging big waves yet, um, but that was probably around fifteen. Uh, But at that point I was doing a lot of different stuff like I got really into playing soccer Um, You know, I I played on the golf team kind of was like doing doing different sports and and you know, I Was enjoying competing but we didn't have the money for me to constantly be going or you know paying entry fees and going across the island and so I kind of stopped doing competition from around like 15 16 and then um, it's crazy because that's when people get serious about it. Yeah, right? Like, yeah, that's that's when the most part.
0: That's when you're like, oh, I'm gonna USA Championships and-, yeah, and all that yeah. kind of stuff.
4: And um, <clears throat> yeah, and so like fast forward, I think right after high school, I decided I had registered uh, for community college, and I decided to take six months off, save money, and I was just working and surfing. And um, I had actually sold, I put a board in the in the at Sunset Beach Surf Shop for sale. And my buddy Orian and I had just surfed Rocky Point, and we were coming back. And I was like, hey, my, my board sold. I need to stop and grab that money from the shop. So we stopped, grabbed the money, and then he lived up at, at Backyards, and we were on our way to his house, and the uh, it was the Hard Rock World Cup of Surfing at Sunset was was running. And he was like, oh, you want to pull in and watch a couple heats? I was like, yeah, sure. So we pulled in, and it was like, I think it was because the waves were smaller. It was like three to four foot Sunset Point. It wasn't Sunset proper. Mm. So a lot of the Hawaiian guys, like, we're like ah oh, it's not big enough they're pulling out the guys that wanted to surf real sunset wow and we're sitting i remember we're <laughs> sitting in the like on the pilings there watching and and then the um beach announcer came on and was like oh you know uh, yeah, we've got openings. we've got openings there's if you anyone want to beach enter you can enter you know beach enter right now alone. no and way this happens like, now anymore yeah. no <laughs> it was like Those days an Robert. alternate list 100 people long uh-huh. so yeah. he's like he starts nudging me he's like you should enter should enter you got the money i'm like yeah, dude i need this for my rent there's <laughs> no way i can't do that and he's like just just do it do it and i was like okay and i just walked and over and you had a board because you just sold one but you had one i had my board that i yeah. just surf rockies on and i had the money that i needed for rent but i was like here we go let it ride let it ride that not myself <laughs> baby <laughs> so i love I, it you know put the that's entry so fee awesome. down and and um, <laughs> i much? ended up making it was it was i i think it was 150 entry fee
1: and yeah, it's
3: uh, really, huge yeah when you're a grom and, and that yeah, was my rent big. i
4: was paying
1: 150
4: bucks in rent <laughs> uh and then you know i think i made it through like five or six rounds of the event and, Made it all the way to the round, I think it was the round before the quarters or the quarters, and ended up making like 1900 bucks. Oh, and shit. I was like, you Triple dipped. I made it! <laughs> We're going to town. Yeah.
1: A thousand percent, percent
2: profit. Awesome. Do, do you remember taking down some like this. names from like the I mag, like people I, you knew? Yeah, you
4: know, I, I don't remember all of the heats. It, it's kind of almost like a blur. Like, I just remember you know advancing and advancing and then you know so the, way you the turned pro. it got big and you know then it was like proper sunset and i was yeah. borrowing boards That's awesome. um i remember i think i, I think i might have borrowed a board from jason megalanis or or might have be, even been um his dad sino that, that loaned me a board because i didn't have a board over I, I didn't i don't think i had a board over six six, mm. and um it got like you know eight to ten feet damn and then um, mm-hmm. yeah so that just kind of you know that experience was like I can't believe you can make money from surfing that's out of control you turned pro because you took the money yeah I took the money yeah and then um, and then it just but that, you're, you're the, how old were you you said I was 18 okay no I was, yeah I was 18 I just turned 18 and um, yeah so then I just from that point I just went you know I'm gonna push myself and see how good I can get at surfing I, yeah. I enjoy this so you had no intention of ever turning pro? No, at that point, my pathway was going to be community college, and I was really, I was looking at you know, I want to be a fireman. That seems like a, a good career. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's work ten days a month, plenty of time to surf. Um, so I had I, had, you know, kind of saw what my what the pathway was to get there mm-hmm. through community college, uh, fire science courses, and and doing all that, and um, but this all of a sudden that door opened. Uh, so I'm surfing what? as much as I yeah. can. An incredible,
0: it's, it's a cool journey. Paradigm <laughs> shift. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> so a, a lot of pro- money too. Like, yeah, you know, like, oh, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I, I never had. You know, like, how
2: many of these like, events? <laughs> and if I do this well on like ten events, like <laughs> fuck yeah.
4: So you know, at that point, I didn't even really. All I could think about was yeah, I couldn't. I didn't put it together. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe that you get paid to surf. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, now, okay, I'm gonna push myself. Push myself. And then Were you living with your mom? Son? No, no, I was okay. living in a studio apartment on Sunset Point. Um, it was Conan and Shane were li- We're sleeping in the closet, <laughs> and then my other two buddies and I. We were, were. I had a bed out on the like screened-in lanai, and we were just sharing. You know, it was like 150 bucks a month just so we could surf our brains out. Yeah, okay. I was working and at. And these Rosie's. guys were aspiring pros. They were already sponsored and like. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if they were getting paid. They probably weren't pa- paid for at sure. that point. For, yeah. yeah, I think those and, guys. Uh, but my my other two buddies, uh, Mike and Matt DeMello, they were working at Rosie's, and they were like, "Oh, you should, you know, go apply at Rosie's." And so I got a job there. Is that a restaurant? Then, yeah, it was a Mexican restaurant in Hollywood. So I worked there at nights, and then during the summertime, I worked there, and then um, just construction cleanup yeah. during the daytime. So and you were on your own
0: at age seven. I was on my own at
4: at, at seventeen. Yeah. yeah. My my senior year of high school, actually, I slept on uh, my. My uh, surfboard shapers at that time, it was my. my so, Interesting. To, yeah. yeah. To I've put heard. the pieces together. But it was my mom's ex husband who he lived right across uh, from Foodland. I lived on his couch and uh, finished my senior year of high school and worked for a, another friend's dad. So, I had got all my credits. I had like a work release. Mm-hmm. So, I would get out of school, you know, work. And then he, he was so cool. Like, we'd show up to work. He was building a new house right at right at uh, gas chambers, and if the waves were firing, he'd he'd like, you know, we'd get there and he'd be like, "Okay, boys, it was me, and my friend Jesse. Okay, boys, go this is the plan couple. for the day. First, you got to go out and get a couple waves, and then when you come in, dig that hole.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay, there's no, no way, way, way you'd be focused if you didn't no have way. a couple. Yeah, yeah. No you know, waves know, so he knew, <laughs> go
2: get
4: it out of your system, go get a couple, and then yeah. and come put your head down, yeah. fucking dig. So we did that, um, you know that that summer, and then graduated. And that happened in you know that same uh year and then i can't remember if it was the f- in the fall um i, mean, I actually are had,
2: still sponsored by billabong
4: and stuff
1: I like yeah st- you know yeah, it, was just, but it was just it was just like
4: two boxy two boxes yeah. of clothes a yeah. year it was like i think four, riding four to six items um writing jeff bushman boards um through the surf shop and then at that point i think you know karen it was like I was too old already. You know, she was yeah. helping the next generation. Yeah. And, and I wasn't about to ask for any, any help there. And But Jeff started flowing me boards. Because yeah. and, and, uh, you were getting
0: shots in the mags and stuff at that age, right? That's
4: right around the time that happened. It was okay. right after that, that contest season, I think, in the spring. Do you remember um, your first
0: photo in the mag? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember. Was
4: it? it was actually a um, an extra. Remember the extras? Yeah. So I was mm-hmm. bottom turning... On a wave, it off the wall, and I was—I kind of had my hand on the bottom, you know, dragging on the water. And right next to my hand was a turtle. No way! And, and uh, it was like turning turtle. I find that like photo. <laughs> and, <laughs> do you uh, have it. I—I I don't. I probably do somewhere yeah. in a box. Um, but so it yeah. wasn't okay. like
2: that, you know. It wasn't like some crazy like turn or anything. Turn, it was no, like man. but cool kind of silhouette. Do you remember the
0: back page extra? Yeah, I do. Yeah. 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 So, it was all
4: like funny weird. You know, not necessarily an yeah,
0: yeah. action shot, but it was an interesting shot. Interesting. Yeah.
4: So that was my first photo in the magazine. And then um, at the end of the winter, they, I think it was Surfer Magazine ran this article and it was like a feature on it was something about like next generation. And it was up and Up-and-comer. like comers on the North Shore. Yeah. And it was like, you know, all the Ross and Shane and all these guys. And then and I had a shot in there. And that, you know, and that kind of again motivated me. Uh, to keep pushing myself, and then I got a call from uh, Billabong Australia. I actually think they called Jeff Bushman, and, and they were like, "Hey, you know, can you get in touch with Poncho We would love to send him on a trip." And uh, next That's thing I knew, I was I was going to uh, Fiji um, with Jack McCoy and Brendan Margeson and um, for sick joy, uh, I think it was sick joy. I'm pretty sure it was. We got kind of skunked. Yeah. So that that trip, I don't even think that so we ever made it. The anymore. Australian guy hit Jeff. Yep. It was Mick Lowe. Mick Lowe, Brendan Margeson, and myself went to to uh,
2: And you're them. not like one of their like main team riders. Yeah, you're well, not getting like spot like you're not making money. I literally for. flew
4: there with five dollars in my in That's my wallet. Crazy. I had no money whatsoever. <laughs> I was like I don't even know why I'm going. Yeah. I don't even have enough money to do anything and I don't even know what to expect. Yeah. I'm just like I flew by myself from Hawaii, landed and then the, the you know the taxi picks you up and takes you to, to get on the island and they're like oh it's gonna be this much money and i'm like huh? uh-huh. no one told me i don't have any money yeah. <laughs> and and then uh so they they kind of floated me and then you know jack took care of it uh once we got out there and and then we kind of got skunk for waves um but you know we had one good day of surf and uh and then you know went back thinking oh you know kind of of a bummer like i didn't really get the opportunity to Shine. to push myself and, yeah. and you know who knows like he barely shot any footage but or anything
2: you had to go yeah. like you're getting yeah. Right. Oh, oh yeah you know yeah, like yeah, you yeah. knew like bill bong's movies like they put out a, a fucking incredible movie yeah, every yeah. year and it's I the best of the best so it's like just to have that invite is like
4: i think i watched uh what, what was the first one was it surfing the summer surfing surfing in the, the summer. summer. i think yeah. i watched Zilfy that habit. probably yeah surf, surf, surfing, surfing the, the summer also the Probably watched ten thousand. Jason Buttonshaw, <laughs> Jason <laughs> yeah. Buttonshaw was a man. That one uh, segment of Aki, I think it's maybe at G-Lan, where he's just ripping the, or maybe Aki's left. Oh, so, uh, uh, Claude's. Uh, in a, yeah, Claude's. Oh, yeah, yeah that was reunion island one.
2: He was there at he one point. He there
4: too, yeah, yeah. But those yeah, were you know it was so, so iconic,
2: so memorable. Filthy yeah.
0: Habits pump. That's, yeah. that's what we lived on in the wind. Those videos, yeah, in the wind.
3: And Jack, no one did it better than Jack. Yeah, Jack McQuay was the man.
4: Yeah, so that. You know, I went on that trip, and then a couple months later, they called again and said, hey, we would love for you to come to Australia. Um, We're going to pair you up with Sonny Garcia. We have the Billabong event that we're running at at Kira, and, you know, we'll pay for your entry.
0: You must have been surfing well enough for them to keep, for you to keep popping up in their minds. You know what I mean? You know, I... Because not to, to... downgrade your surfing because I know you fucking rip but they
4: had Shane yep they had Conan probably rode for Billabong I think he did ride for them at that time the Malloy brothers and Ross like Uh, their their
0: roster was deep
2: their roster was deep
4: and to keep calling you yeah you know what I mean for some reason it was you know uh, I got this big push from Australia yeah like it was you know um, it wasn't coming from Billabong USA it was Billabong Australia was you know kept calling and saying hey he, kind of does rad. he want to go on another trip? And then yeah. so I went to Australia and, and I was there for about, I think, two and a half, three weeks. And uh, we were going to go with Jack McCoy. Sonny, Jack, and Aki and I were going to go to West Oz. And then the, the forecast just was terrible. And so they were like, oh, we're going to pull the plug on that. You know, and Sonny was like, oh, you know, he won the event. He's like, I kind of want to go home. And they were like, well, we needed to do a trip for this film. Where do you want to go? And I had been just, like, I had gone to Tahiti, actually, with, with our church, and uh, I was telling Sonny, like, oh, I went to Tahiti, and, you know, I surfed this couple amazing waves, waves there are incredible, and I think that might have stuck in his mind, and he goes, what about Tahiti? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I somehow I ended up in the meeting with the marketing guy, with Sonny, <laughs> and he goes, That's and awesome. I, I my was just kind of, you know, off to the side, not, I was like, I'm not part of this, this yeah. is their, their deal, they're trying to figure something out. And uh, he goes, how about Tahiti? And he goes, okay, great, let's do it. You know, what about these dates? And he goes, oh, and I want you to bring Poncho. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So yeah, and then we went home and I think it was like within a month, maybe, I was on another trip, going to Tahiti. Now, did working you sign to... a contract with them or? At that point I had nothing, no, I wasn't, I wasn't getting still working, Rose I was still working or... at Rosie's Still working at Rosie's.
2: Because um, that's you know, crazy. That's awesome. You would think like, hey, we're investing all of you, you know, all this time and energy flying you around. you're, you're, you're humble. have been like, hey, like, we're going to give you, you know, some sort of salary, yep. some sort of travel yeah. budget, some sort of And like- you're too
4: humble to go, hey, why aren't you paying me? Yeah, I think at that point, like, they, it, you know, I really didn't have any, you know, results real or profile yeah. to go off of. Like, I'd never won an amateur title. Um, I'd won, you know, HSF contests and, and things like that. But it was, um, it wasn't something where I really you know, really knew how to negotiate that for yeah. myself. I just, you know, I just knew that I loved surfing and that I and that I enjoyed the rush of trying to elevate my surfing. And, you know, I didn't really look at anybody else like, oh, I wanna compete against yeah. and beat this person. I was more like, my mindset was always the, the rush of trying to analyze how to do that turn better or take off deeper or, you know, that that just like really fueled my my fire. I loved, yeah. loved it, I loved that process looking
0: um, okay. thinking back to what happened is you won that contest and won that Once money more. right and it changed your mind about not change your mind but oh maybe I can do this right mm-hmm. you make money from surfing yep and you get to you get invited to these trips but you're not on pay you have to make your own way yep you still have to pay rent and you you know because when you leave you leave for a couple weeks yeah it was know? tough
4: like I actually I remember um you know, it was financially, it was really hard. You know, I was kind of struggling paying my rent. Like I said, luckily I, you know, my rent was cheap because I was splitting it with a, a group of guys at that point. And then, you know, working at night at the restaurant and, um, you know, but, you know, I look back and I wouldn't have any other way, it was, yeah. you know, yeah. it, was a, it was a time in my life where I felt like, you know, I was being sort of steered in this, this direction. And, you know, it made me, I think, push myself even harder you know to, 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 I saw that some of my other friends were actually getting paid to surf yeah and and I was like wow that'd be amazing to be able to pay rent and then I could surf more yeah. you know and I wouldn't have to worry about you know working at night and, and yeah uh, you know all that and so it, it was motivating uh, but at the same time I, I never really at that point I didn't I, I never really thought like of it In the sense of having a career, it was just something that I thought, oh, I'll be able if I could do this for a little while. And these, you know, all of a sudden, these travel experiences really blew my mind. That was that was a, I think, the biggest turning point was. You know, I never in my wildest dreams thought that I would end up surfing Cloud Break, or you know, (laughs) or I'd be at Kira, or you know, on a trip in Tahiti with Sonny Garcia and Aki. Yeah, Um, that just you know really blew my mind. I was so so grateful to be there that I never about like oh yeah <laughs> maybe i should ask them to tell me so you know help me get there financially mm-hmm. i mean they were paying for my ticket and they were paying once i was there like everything was was Comp. paid for yeah but it but i still had rent. i still had yeah you know, that's what I, mean. I didn't have a car you're like you know? killer i get to go on the surf
0: trip but what i come i was always like to? oh
4: shit i gotta pay rent when i get back yeah. how am i gonna how am i gonna pull that off i gotta yeah. rub two wet sticks and <laughs> make this happen <laughs>
3: gotta start from ground zero again yeah. every D- time you come double back, shift sure. rosie's
4: Yep, that's why I was doing you know Rosies and and construction cleanup and I was doing whatever I could. I ended up moving over to the chart house, uh, working the salad bar there, mm-hmm. and and that was another pivotal moment for me. Was I was I actually was starting to get like, you know, moderate competitive um, results, making quarterfinals, uh, getting, more making the semi, getting more shots, getting more shots, getting parts and not
0: parts of movies, but getting yeah. waves of movies. Yeah, Yeah. And, uh, Building a name for
4: yourself, and then all, all of a sudden it was like, oh, you know, here we want to give you photo incentive, and you know, here's a um, 500 bucks a month, you know, to Let's put you, to sign you on on for the year. And uh, each little milestone like that, I think, motivated me even more. Okay. It fe- I felt like it kind of took yeah. took the pre- the financial pressure off, you know, where I I could, you know, just felt I felt H2O <laughs> sponsored. No. Yeah. just felt that support you know yeah. from them and uh and it motivated me um you know to keep pushing myself and and then um yeah then that led into i think my my what i i consider like my first big break was i i earned a spot in the pipeline masters trials wow and i won the trials that year um in you know really good pipe and and it was it was a really lackluster year overall. The whole North Shore season wasn't very good for any of the contests, but for some reason the trials was pumping, and we got great waves. Um, I won the trials, made it in the main event. Ended up they finished the event. I think Kelly won it at Ehukai in like wind blown oh, yeah. three to four foot surf, and I lost to Kelly there. Um, but in the final, or no, it was like, it was probably like first or second round. It was mm-hmm. early, you know, and then um, but. That was the end of the year, and of my contract with Billabong. And I was like, hey, you know, like I really, I was hearing, I, I remember writing this long proposal, handwriting this long proposal to um, the team manager and, and you know, kind of outlining all my goals, what I wanted to do and, you know, that I, you know, I wanted to earn this amount of compensation just so I could cover my my rent and then that would allow me to enter contests and yeah you know and then if there was a trip involved that I could actually like leave without having to worry about yeah you know bills and whatnot yeah and you can't um
2: travel if you're working
4: yeah and then I, I remember I think it was, it was my aunt who was like oh you know you really need stability you should she was visiting uh, me at the time and she's like you need stability you should try to see if you can get a two-year contract that way you, you know you really can outline your goals you know usually one year is so short so I remember like, oh, you know, maybe I can get two years to really like go for it. And uh, and they were like, no, we only do one year contracts, you know, that's not gonna happen. Wow. And I was like, okay. And then um, Jeff Bushman called me and said, hey, I, I just got a call from Rip Crow in Australia, and, and they're- Australia. <laughs> yeah, uh, Australia, Australia. <laughs> And they were like, hey, you know, they they are want to see what your deal is with Billabong, and if you'd be interested in joining Tom Curran on the search and Damn. Yeah, I was like yeah I kind of would I would like to do that
2: so they got wind and, like Bill Bong's taking you to like
4: I, kind of I Bill think Bong does their own see,
2: similar kind of search with their movies yeah like.
4: I think they may have seen that you know through the films and and at that point you know um Brendan Margerson was really a big part of those films yeah. and they might have thought hey that's kind of two guys that are a lot Power. alike you know similar more free surfers not really contest surfers yeah and, and um and so they ended up presenting me with a three-year contract and said, hey, we don't care if you do contests. You can do them if you want. Yeah. But we'll And we'll create a little contest budget for you, photo incentive, and then provide you with a little salary. And I was like over the moon because I knew that music, that would pay my Music rent. to yeah. your ears right there. would pay there. my rent yeah. and I would have enough money to, you know, enter the contests that I wanted to enter because I still had competitive aspirations, but I didn't really want to go out and do the tour. I really just wanted Wide. to do the Triple yeah. Crown. Yeah. I kind of saw that as my... You know, hey, you know, this is where I grew up watching my favorite surfers. And and it it was to me, it was like something I was more relatable. I didn't really have, you know, competitive success outside of Hawaii at that point. So So you're getting the best of both
0: worlds. Travel and surfing exotic, beautiful places and getting paid. Yeah, it was like you don't have to stress on. Yeah, results. (laughs) Yeah. And you had the
2: benefit of being, you know, North Shore Shore local where you didn't have to be in the top hundred to get into the triple crown. Like you guys had like guaranteed slots.
4: Yeah, back then there was, um, we actually had a circuit called uh, uh, the HPAC. Yep. And um, the guy who run the, who also ran the amateur circuit ran the Pro-Am circuit. And there was, you know, you would have guys like Larry Rios, um, Johnny Boy Gomes, like stacked heats with grown, grown ass men. You know, and, and Davey Boy Gonzalez, and just the list went on and on um, of guys that, you know, we, that surfed the h tour. And the goal was if you made like the top four, then you could get a second round seed in the main event in the Triple Crown events. Fucking huge. So that was something that I was like, wow. If, already in the money. Already in the money. Yeah. So I'm like, if I can somehow do well in this circuit, you know, then I can get in into the events, into the money and, you know, and sort of build the points and so that's kind of how i started like figuring out the system of of my way into the triple crown and then you know eventually that led to like okay well the triple crown enough points if i make if i've got seeds in in the two top rated events at hollywood sunset yeah and then i get in the pipe trials that'll you know allow me to kind of make the next step and the next step yeah
2: yeah. and abe you started traveling or move. Like, on the road early, too. Yeah, so
4: 17, I moved to
3: uh, the Big Island of Hawaii. What led you to the Big Island? uh, My best friend, Adam Hurwitz, he was was attending um, uh, college out there. So I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I was um, saving some money at the time and then decided, okay, uh, my plan was to move to Costa Rica, actually. That was kind of my thing. and Already been there
2: and fell in love? Yeah,
3: I was like stoked on it. That was our go-to um, you know, surf um, trip that for us as Groms. So I just kind of was like, okay, this is familiar. The waves are really good. We ended up kind of learning different zones and different spots there and kind of started getting it dialed and I said, ah, you know, I could do this for a couple of years, you know, maybe go over there, but I had no major plans. I was just kind of cruising.
0: What, and, um, were you smart in school?
3: Um, nah, not really. My dad helped me out with all that extra credit BS that I did, to be honest with you. Um, I just couldn't stand being in a, like a, a controlled environment such as school. And I just felt like there was more out there in the world. And again, going back to living in Florida, like the waves at that point I was surfing on a pretty good level you know like started getting better and better and i just knew like i just wanted to travel and i had like florida the day-to-day grind was like there's was, there wasn't waves all the time and yeah. we were wake surfing a lot and playing basketball and you know having fun but i just was like okay well there's something out there that for me that is is bigger than all this and then when adam um called the house one day from hawaii he's like hey what's going on and we were shooting the shit. He was like, "You should just come out here, you know. Like, why are you going to go to Costa? Like, we've been doing that for years already. It's kind of like this is this is like where it's at." And I was like, "Okay, you know, maybe I'll give it a shot. I'll I just I just switched plans and I Cause just because like you know, there's guy. good
2: ways on the Big Island. There's good ways on all, you know well, all the islands, but it's not like the most people would. What did your dad say when
0: you said?
3: Oh, once again, it goes back to them just kind of blinding, blindly trusting me. I guess in a way, I didn't really think about it. I'm, I'm not really a big overthinker. I just kind of like." Like, sounds like, like, a fun feel idea. a lot of what's that? Yeah, sounds like a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like, oh. just like, I just, just like, I work, I work with my that, heart man. a lot, you know. It just sort of seemed like the, a good thing to do. It's like, and I didn't know that much about Hawaii beside the videos. So North Shore of Oahu, Big Island, Kauai, Maui. It's like I didn't really analyze it that much. So he was like, "Hey, come out here. Like, All right, cool. I'll do that." So, hey, mom, dad. Were you
0: working and saving money or?
3: Yeah, a little bit here and there. Yeah, I was working at my dad's. At the time, um, you know, my dad um, opened electronic stores. Hmm. That's kind of what he, you know, how he made his living. At the beginning, like when we were at Grom's, he would work for other people and I'd watch him take the bus to work and my mom would have the car to take us to school and all that. So that was the whole thing with my father. I watched him sort of build his little uh, sort of like empire in a way. And I always was real, real mindful of that. Watching this guy just come home late and working really Second hard, person. and and I just watched it. I paid attention to it. I was, as a, even as a little kid, yeah. like a ten-year-old kid. And as my dad started saving money, his dream was to open up his own electronics store. And when he finally did that, his you know, you know, natural progression was just to open up another one and a third and all that. So. That was the thing when I was a kid. I was I was surrounded by business minded you know men yeah. you know so it was really cool and my mom was a great you know house mom and she kept them in line and and was a saver.
0: What was so, the uh, business called?
3: Uh, World of Electronics and then the other one I don't really remember the name right now but it might come back to me. But the funny thing was is I wasn't the greatest kid growing up. I was a little punky and beat up my brothers and get into fights and my so the weekends would come around and my mom would always tell my dad hey. I'm not watching all three kids this weekend. (laughs) You're taking Abe to the store with you. And so Saturday morning, you know, Dawn Patrol, basically, my father would drive the car and go over to, um, you know, uh, Miami Beach, which was a pretty solid drive at the time where we lived from Eastern Shores, Sunny Isles. Over was like, you know, a good 40 minutes. But I remember those drives all the time. My dad would be jamming like, you know, the Beatles and Jimi Hendrix and all these great, uh, you know, bands and I would just be sitting in the car thinking it was the... Shittiest thing because I, I couldn't play with my friends that day or whatever. But once we finally got to the store, it was like my little, like, wonderland. Because my dad had all the cool Ray-Bans and all the video games and it was all the electronics, you know. Hmm. And um, and then eventually I started liking it quite a bit and then watched and studied all these killer salesmen. My dad's salesmen, like, quickly became my heroes. It was the coolest thing. And, what a and, trip, huh? Yeah, it was a real, real interesting...
0: Um, <coughs> Because you have to sell, sell. Oh yeah, electronics. Yeah, like you have to have uh, knowledge, product yeah. knowledge. Yeah,
2: yeah. You got to, you got to know your,
0: dad.
3: your. Right. Yeah, you got to know your gadgets. It was, it was awesome though. But I, I, I kind of started off as a grunt, running, getting them lunches. You know, it was a real gig. It was pretty cool. You know, like yeah. I, it was out like, the cases. What you know, yeah. like
2: uh, polish the countertops. Uh, yeah, all of it, all of it.
3: it. And then I, I never um, took it for granted though. I was always real prideful of my what my dad had accomplished. And then. My dad hired these sort of misfits almost, you know, these kids that would come off the street and my dad would just train them, you know, and and really take them in. These kids were basically like pretty much, you know, on the cusp of being homeless and and just like saw potential in these like, you know, 16, 18 year old kids and 20 year old kids and and they became like really good salesmen Hmm. and they would treat them like a father because they didn't have fathers of their own or broken families or whatever it was. And then when they started like making money and buying cars, and they were the coolest guys to me because they were getting the chicks they had the trans ams and it was just the coolest <laughs> I remember remember the we're Transams, on. like the Pontiacs like the one T-top, had, T-top was the coolest shit ever the the one that was in um in snow and the bandit man it would just freak me out. The one guy would yeah. take me in, and Alex Gilman would just take me in and you know drives around the block and go. And meet this chick down there, hang on, I gotta go see this chick, and just come, come come, for a drive with me. And we'd go, and I'd be like, dude, look at this guy just making out with this hottie on the road. And I was like, yeah. at that point, I was like 15, 16, and it, they were just the coolest guys. So I mean, that's like, the yeah. aspiring, you know,
0: like... Yeah. Was it in Miami? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. in
3: Miami. Yeah. That's like the heart of Miami, right across from the Delano, yeah. my dad's stores. And then he took over the Harley-Davidson store, and that was a big deal. That wow. was like a two-story thing, and that was like the Mecca. And it became like a really—it was a full-on legit. My dad like did it right, you know.
0: For for the listeners that haven't been to Miami, right. Or I'm sure everyone in the world's heard of Miami, sure. Sure. but it's in Florida, yeah. And when you think Florida, yeah. you don't think Miami, right? And when you go to Miami, yeah. it's like <laughs> Mexico, wow. yeah, like that. It's it's, it's a country almost. Yeah. Metro, it's a city. Yeah. It's a big city, but it's yeah. it's like Mexico Mon- money style. Like everything. Yeah. yeah. You know, like it's kinda of like
3: the the American Riviera. It's yeah. kinda of pretty rad actually. But everything revolved around those stores and the music and the smells and the people and you know, the Spanish music playing on the so this it's so nostalgic. You go in, down there now and it's like it, you just feel that that time, you know. But I cut my teeth as a salesman in my dad's store. You know, from the ground up. So for me, business was second nature, even just just subliminally. Yeah. It was never like I never went to school for it or need to study. And my dad had this intricate system. It was called Money Talks. And the M was a one. The O was a two. And then when you pick up something, you knew how much we paid for it. And you knew to double that, whatever it was, right? So you pick up something it was like M-O-N, you know, it was 123 bucks. You had to double that. So you had to work pretty quick and as a 14 wow, 15 that's 16 a good little like oh, yeah. my dad was like Money talks. yeah yeah <laughs> believe it dude it was so funny and i just was like you know 15 16 year old kid and i'm selling to like these grown ups with families and we don't have this but we have that and it's just as good and you need to roll a film with that in the case and it was just and it nobody was like scamming anybody Is it like it was a just, Radio like, shack no it was like it was like a a, a brand smart, but smaller basically okay. it was like all your electronics goods and so radio you yeah. know ra- yeah. Not Radio Shack, not at all. No, at but all. but
2: like yeah. TVs, VCRs, yeah, 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 yeah. and like cameras, yeah, yeah. and
3: yeah, yeah. And it was just it was it was the best thing. Stereo the, systems. Yeah. And then I got to the point to where in in mm-hmm. school they had a work release program. And again, I couldn't stand school much. I really wasn't wasn't the greatest student, and I just couldn't really put up with it. But they had a work release program, so like at one thirty, I would take the bus and take it straight to my dad's store, and they actually let that go as like a work release. Like, okay, mm-hmm. you don't have like I wasn't working at, like, a coffee shop, but they allowed that. That was my dad's store. So that ended up really becoming my gig, you know, in the beginning. And, and it was pretty right. I started saving money, and, and I, once I started getting old enough and um, was like, okay, I want to go to Hawaii, I had a little bit of money. And yeah. I, I um, went to college for a hot minute, but it didn't really last it was like the waves and all that was too distracting. Yeah, we, we tried yeah. to go to
0: Hawaii. To... I, I ended up,
3: yeah, like for school. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, when I was seventeen, like I said, I, I I did a bunch of extra extra credit work. Went over to the Big Island uh, with my buddy Adam Hurwitz, which he was living there already for a year, and stayed with him in the dorms. And then I I um, enrolled in college for and I took like uh, carpentry because because uh, <laughs> yeah. I remember Harrelson Ford. Um, did it, and I just remember thinking it was the coolest thing, like oh shit, and, and I just I, I just was like I, I think I can do this, and and then I started getting into like blueprint reading classes and um, architecture. Yeah, it just wasn't really for me. It was too structured and and kind of boring, and I just like. Uh... But the cool thing about it was um, my buddy Adam Hurwitz, um, their par- his parents, uh, rest in peace. They would rent really big homes um, on the north shore of Oahu during the um, our vacations, like winter break or spring break or whatever. So I just remember like them, like we'd go to college and fly over from the Big Island to Oahu. We'd stay with them and just like, just style out because they were pretty affluent, you know, family yeah. and. You, you um, stopped eating rice. Right, r- yeah, right stop, ramen, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, we went from ramen to ramen. steak for that week or whatever. <laughs> But we had a really good friend by the name of Love Hodel and Love um, brought Love in. Yeah, Love one day we were all just sitting around in the living room bullshitting and then Love <laughs> brought in Laka and Poncho. And that's the first time I ever met Poncho. I was 18 years old and Poncho came in and um,
4: yeah. was
2: like, I want some, uh, <laughs> what are you guys serving up here? Are you guys on vacation. <laughs> no,
4: it's Hawaii it so I actually didn't know them at all. Like uh, Love and, and Adam had met each other, I think surfing... In the in at Kaiser's or something South Shore, South shore. yeah, South Shore for and for that's how summers. then that connection happened was they yeah. met each other and then Adam was like, "Hey, love, I'm I'm here on the North yeah.
1: Shore, yeah, yeah." So were eighteen over. then? Yeah, yeah, eighteen. Yeah, yeah. So trip. so I
3: met Pancho. When I was eighteen, and then for some reason, like I just like out of everybody, Pancho and I like were gravitating towards each other, and I was wanting to surf with him a lot. And then before you know, it just became super close. And that's how our our friendship started, was from there, just organically and, you know, just from from surfing. And and how
2: long did you stay on uh, the Big Island? I I stayed on the
3: Big Island for quite a bit because Adam ended up moving to the north shore of Oahu and started going to school in Manoa. And I was like, I I like the Big Island. I like how rootsy it is and all that. And um, I stayed out there for probably another two years And then again, but I would go over to the North Shore because now Adam was there and he had, he rented a place right there at off the wall, became really close with all these guys, you know, and I would just fly over and be like, all right, waves are going to be good on the North Shore. I'm going to fly over and hang out with Adam for a while. And I remember, um, one of the trips I landed, um, in Honolulu and then Adam picked me up and he was with Poncho and I had just bought the new surfing magazine and Poncho was on the cover. And I remember the caption. It said "barreled off the dial," and I couldn't be more proud of my buddy. He was like on the cover, and he was doing <laughs> first it. cover. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. I was—I just remember that day, like it was like it was yesterday. And then it, it, after that, it just kind of snowballed. We just became all tighter and closer, yeah. and it's just fun to well, see the. It's got to be
0: a trip, like you being from Florida. Yes, you you get to live in on on the Big Island, but yeah. then you go to the North Shore, and then you meet these guys. Yeah, and these guys are the young who's who up and right. coming yeah. of the surf scene in the on the North Shore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the world looks at the North Shore. Right. Especially more and more, ne- the, you know, I think then, It was big then not and as now much, it's like, yeah. Right. But like, you know, here's Pancho Sullivan and Love Hodel. Right. And they're the who's who of, of the new school of Hawaiian surfing. Right. North Shore surfing. And then, you're friends with them now, right. and then you see him on the cover of magazines, like, ah, oh, shit, I know that guy. Right. <laughs> a kid from Florida. Right, <laughs> you know? right. So for me,
3: it was more of like a, uh, I was proud of my friend. Yeah. Because for me, I, I, I just never really was into like a. Like a hero worshiping kind yeah. of thing, so I never got caught up in that. Like, remember my. Why do you look
0: at me when you say? that?
3: <laughs> Actually, I was looking at Jay. <laughs> uh, I never, I never really liked, like, like um, my favorite surfer was Tom Carroll and Aki, and they. Ne- I never had posters of them on my walls and all that. I never really got into it. Remember, my heroes were my dad's employees. Yeah. The, the blue collar dude. Those guys were, to me, the guys. So when I met these guys like Poncho and Love and all that. I think that's why we hit it off because I didn't have that energy towards him of like, oh, he's the guy that's on the cover and surfing yeah. did it. It yeah. was like I treated More him natural. like anybody else, and I still do. Like we, we. That's why I think it's it's yeah. kind of like, uh, you know, I think that's why it evolved. This relationship has evolved for thirty years yeah. because of that. Like he's just a brother to me, and and I never ever put him on a pedestal of any sort, yeah. and I never will. It's just the, just what it what, what it is, and, yeah. I, and and everyone's just human. And just trying to get through life as best as they can. And they we all have challenges. And, yeah. and it was just another guide. Laura yeah. always tries yeah. to tell
0: me, dude, I should be on a pedestal.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, fuck that <laughs> bro. <Dude>. Well, he's <laughs> HP royalty, bro. you, yeah. yeah. I mean, you got uh, to uh,
1: my challenge. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's all you did, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. No, but, you got one cover. Yeah. Come on. But when <laughs> we were like, yeah, yeah, growing up, you're just like, you're just meeting people. Right. And if you're cool and That's, respectful and it. you're having, like, you connect and you're like, and we talk about people traveling all over the world. Like, you could fly to Australia, meet some random out in the water. Right. And they'd be like, oh, you're from California, Huntington Beach? Oh, yeah. yeah. You have a place you can sleep on the couch. You got a room over yeah. here. Let's go eat it. You know, yeah. like, it, that just happens organically. Right. You know, so, within our, like, surf culture. So you had no vision of
0: what you were going to do.
3: Absolutely not. I mean, when Adam moved... From the Big Island to Oahu, I ended up living in a van. I my, I had a van and I lived in that. And you know, again, I never felt sorry for myself. I'd, I'd laugh myself to sleep. And how long did you live uh, in the van? For? About a year and change. And then um, where did you take showers? Oh, uh, my buddy's places. And, and it was so, it was a really cool time. I would park it at um, there's a place called Bowls in Puhiki. And I would serve secrets and bowls all the time and my friends would come and knock on my window and wake me up for Dawn Patrol and
0: Were you working?
3: Uh nah, not really. It was I was I was doing other stuff and uh to get earn money and um it oh, wasn't yeah. <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> 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 um growing a little bit of weed at the time <laughs> and uh, um yeah but that was just a small little phase. It was longer
0: and, than 7 years ago, right? So nah, look, man, honestly, No, look Matt, honestly, no it wasn't. It was a long time ago. Yeah.
3: But you know, if I had 5 bucks to my name, it was like a going to be a good day. You know, yeah. it was cool. I, I just, you know, and, and I never never really worried about it or or felt the sense of urgency at yeah. all. I was just kind of It's like, good to have. Yeah. But
0: you used you grew weed to make ends meet. Yeah, at the time it
3: was only a short window, yeah. maybe to, like a to, year to of keep back, the dream that. You know? Yeah, yeah, know, yeah stay yeah, in yeah. Paradise. It was where, just, where
2: would you stay? To we, well, the friend that
3: I took a shower at his oh, house okay. all the time, he did it. And I just helped him out a little God, bit. Yeah. I would trim and stuff like that, yeah. and do do. I, it wasn't like selling it or anything, or yeah. do anything crazy. No, but, but you're, nah. you're not, you're, not you're
0: selling it, but just taking money for just it. It. trimming. <laughs> I would trim. Yeah, you're trimming the leaves off. I mean, that was hand in hand with <laughs> the surf
2: culture, and it still yeah. is in any any Man, culture. Let's I not mean, be naive yeah. about it. It yeah. it, it existed it's at the time, and
3: you know, and that was a. Phase and I haven't touched this stuff for 27 years and it was just a small phase. But yeah, so that was the what deal. Gadget, bro. yeah. I don't know. I feel a little judgment coming from the right side of this room. Not no. even, not <laughs> even. No, so not at, married <laughs> So after after um, that and going okay, well, I, I I'm kind of done with the Big Island, you know. And Adam was well settled there, and I, okay, I'm gonna just um, move over to Oahu now. Did you sell yep. your van or did you... I sold the van. It was for $4,000 to a guy named uh, Michael Holton. I was actually living with him. He was kind of like this pretty nutty guy and um, he was a really amazing um, surfer out at Pipeline. He was nuts. He was one of like the underground iconic dudes that ever... Like the... Your surfer surfer kind yeah. of thing, you know. Never got any recognition. Because it's got to be expensive.
2: Like, hey, I yeah. want to take this car to another island versus Yeah, no, the I selling... didn't do that. I yeah. sold it and then
3: I had a little bit of money and then... I, I knew Gordon Hansen on the North Shore. He was shaping a lot out of um, Hans, uh, off of Hans Hiedemann's property. Mm. And I stayed with him in Hans Hiedemann's little, like, kind of like shack, basically.
4: Up in Pupukea. So, yeah,
3: Hans Hiedemann was a was a really, really good guy to me. He loaned me his car. I did some work around his house, and he was just really? the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. Legendary. The guy was did amazing. He, did he make
2: you uh, teach his students
3: on this? No, table? no, this is way before, is before that. Was, so I mean, you're talking he's... like 90. <laughs> 93 now, probably. Yeah, I think he was 94. like just
4: coming off of his pro career. <laughs> yeah, just
3: the sweetest guy. Yeah. Um, couldn't be any nicer. Didn't like make me like. Didn't have any rules. Basically, just hey, here's yeah. a car. Have fun. Enjoy. If you need anything, let me know. Come up to the house anytime, and we can hang. And you know, that's rad. He was a sweetheart of a guy. Yeah, I, I just I owed a lot to him. He was a nice guy. Put me up for free,
1: basically. And, wow.
3: Yeah, for free. Let me stay in the shack. And then the cool thing with that is all these shapers from around the world would come in and that's how I met John Carper and all these guys and then I got a job with John Carper fixing surfboards and that's how I made a little bit of money there. I was really good at fixing boards hmm. and then um, I ended up linking up with Local Motion and a couple other big names and I all of a sudden I had like 30, 40, 50 boards to fix and that's how I started making a, some pretty good money to survive on the North Shore. Yeah. I'm stoked on that.
2: Yeah, yeah it doesn't take yeah. much when you're, you know, Yeah, li- that no, age. It's just, just you, just you grown, and you're young, young and surfing you're grown. and
0: your, yeah. No rent. Just a, yeah. a roof over my head and, you know, I got boards that yeah. aren't broken. Just and simple, simple living. The money yeah. is good for what it is, for, oh, what yeah, you you do, still. for what you're doing.
3: But again, it goes back to now I was a ding repair guy, kind of like running my own little business. Yeah. You know, and I wasn't relying on anybody. I was kind of controlling my own destiny at that point. I could make it as big or as small as I want. I can go to town and country and ask them if they had any boards they needed fixing or whoever else that was, you know, had a, you know, was a label. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. It's all about the little
2: hustles that turn, yeah. you know, that, that kinda keep yeah. keep the momentum going.
3: Well it ended up all being part of the bigger story down the line. Yeah. Which is, you know, starting your own stuff. You so know, being an entrepreneur.
0: So from Hawaii then where? From Hawaii after that,
3: um, hanging out on the North Shore for quite a bit and uh, I realized, you know what, my parents had um, moved to France, to Marseille. Oh, okay. Sold Florida. the businesses? Yeah, or... they sold. My dad sold his businesses. It was time. His parents were getting older. He wanted to be closer to them. Moved to Marseille. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll do that. I moved to Marseille for like a week and then went, this is shit. I'm over it. And then, and then I, met, I met a guy actually that his brother lived in Hasagor, And that was the game plan. So I ended up meeting the brother when I went to Hasagor, and we hit it off. And he ended up letting me stay with him. And I ended up moving to Hasagor for probably about two and a half years. Also uh, that'd France. be a hard hard yeah. spot to leave, too. Yeah. You know it was awesome.
0: When you decide to leave Oahu <laughs> yeah. to to live with your parents.
3: Yeah, for a minute. It wasn't wasn't the yeah. but, <laughs> but the
0: you decide to move yeah. over there yeah, make that, thinking that you're going to live there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Now did you have any forethought of, like, work or, mm-hmm. like...
3: No, so this is the thing. Again, being li- the... What do you mean? I'm living yeah. at mom and dad's yes. house. Yes. <laughs> so what I... That's a great question, though, because what I did was um, I did load up on stuff. So I what I did, um, I, I fixed a bunch of boards, two board bags full of surfboards. And I knew if I needed to sell any, I could. I knew France was expensive. So I had, like, all of, like, Andy's old boards, Kelly's old boards that I would fix. And just mm. everybody's, like, that I can get that was, like popular or famous or a pro yeah. surfer, I knew that crap kind of went big in France. So when I went to um, Marseille, well, I just ha- left them in bags because it, well, it wasn't the spot. I didn't feel like, okay, I need to sell any here. I moved to Hassegore. I would run out of money. I would sell a board, sell two boards, and then just kind of stack. And then I did the same thing when I went to Hassegore. I linked up with all the surf shops there, and Maurice Cole was one of the big guys that he, ca- he gave me all the, old, the boards to fix as well. So I started the business again out at La Piste, which is where i lived in Hassegour, france and then i started my business out there selling boards and fixing boards and then that was pretty pretty fun it was a fun while so that yeah. was that was <laughs> your yeah. livelihood yeah that fixing was it boards. yeah fixing boards i started Surfing, getting gla- glassing boards. a little bit i started you know experimenting with glassing <laughs> and stuff but realized i made way more money fixing boards and it was way less. It was it was less toxic. You know? Yeah. So I was like, I can work outside. I don't have to be structured in this thing. And I could be. You know, we had a great little like you know back, backyard and set up two little sawhorses and just fixed boards in between sessions. And yeah. Yeah, it was awesome.
2: Yeah, because yeah. I mean, that's it's not it's a full time job, but it's like you know, no, you don't you yeah. got there's steps yeah. and you got you yeah. know less stuff. So. Yeah. you can Here, do you, it
0: whenever the hell you want. You right. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, can yeah. Work. Sit your whole day schedule. long or not work at all. Yeah. I
2: mean as a surfer, like, you know, most, most guys work at night in the restaurant yeah, industry yeah. Right, or, yeah, or or yeah. they do something where you have that flexibility. Right. You know? So my roommate actually
3: uh, ended up um, telling me, Hey, I'm gonna close up my house. I'm gonna go to Indonesia one of the summers and I was like, Oh my god, I don't have money for that. So he's like, I'm giving you two months warning. Like either you can come with me to Indo or you can just basically find another place till I get back. And I was like, Shit, okay, let me try to figure this out. So um, he had a friend that owned um, a restaurant bar that he was like, okay, look, you can at nights you can go and hustle and, and make money there, and during the day you can fix boards. So I was like, oh, great idea. So I remember just getting all excited, a little nervous. I'd never worked in the restaurant industry. It looked hard as ever to me. You know, I was so intimidated, and when I walked in. The restaurant bar turned into a club and he didn't tell me and before you know it it just became mayhem and I ended up kind of just walking off. I was like, this is just not for me and I ended up walking home and going, okay I gotta figure this out. I ended up just like working that much harder during the day to, to get money and that was my first trip to Indo was with him. so I ended up like raising enough money, going great life yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that, that was
3: my first taste of Indonesia was with him. It was uh, it was such an eye-opener. So yeah, I got a chance to go to Indonesia when I was living in France, so it's pretty damn
2: cool. And like, was Bali everything you saw and, and, you know, the mags and videos and stuff, like what? yeah it was it was wild when I landed it was just
3: it, first thing I got the cheapest ticket I could find so it was like 15 layovers it was a nightmare <laughs>
2: it took
1: a week to uh, get took, there yeah it took about
3: a week to get there once I finally got there it was like getting settled and all that yeah it was like the introductions were pretty amazing it was like Uluwatu Bingen. Bingen was a lot of Bingen in the, in the beginning yeah and then the big like a little way yeah it was amazing and again we didn't have money to go to Geeland or deserts or anything like that and then we went to New Lembongan, and that was baffling to me it was like Um, Surfing like sunset, kind of Honolulu Bay mixed almost, and I was just obsessed with it. I stayed out there for quite a while and then back to being in and just that
2: whole thing and i was a, still a and, and talking about living you know yeah. cheap you know compared yeah. to coming from france yeah. or hawaii which are pretty like premium right. places yeah. to yeah. even living at the low budget yeah. it's still kind of gnarly. you can yeah. live all five bucks a five. day there oh, you're okay. living yeah, yeah, yeah on five amazing. bucks a day
0: you're, yeah. you're <laughs> living
3: large yeah we were staying in cool places and just mixing it up with all the locals and stuff and just even just surfing those type of waves okay yeah i surfed in hawaii and, you know, Hawaii is no Indo. It's still hard to surf, and you learn the most in, when you're in Hawaii. That's yeah. straight up. Whether you like it or not, you're getting beat up and pounded, and you learn quicker because that's that's painful, right? So you're like, okay, I got to learn quick. But when you go to Indo and you you can actually set up and get barreled and come out and get barreled again, and it's all, it's just mind blowing to the brain. Yeah. It's like I can't. This is insane. It's longer. Yeah.
0: More perfect.
2: Yeah, lion serpents, everything you yeah. would less, dream about. Right, less
0: life threatening. Yeah, and it, paradise. It's <laughs> paradise.
2: It's pure
3: paradise. So yeah, from that I ended up going, um, obviously going back to France, and then from there I ended up going back to Hawaii, and and then I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna cruise in Hawaii for a bit, and just kind of you know work my odd jobs, and then uh, I met this woman, and she lived in Bali, <laughs> ironically enough.
1: You met her in Hawaii? Yeah, I met her in
3: Hawaii um, just by accident. It's kind of by accident ended up being one. Um, Yeah, I was uh, kind of just a, you know, again. Boy
0: toy Abe? Yeah. Is that Abe boy toy?
3: (laughs) So I met um, her and um, she had a crush on me pretty quickly as a little tan, little surfer. And um, she was like, okay, look, I, you know, I think you're, this is great. I want to continue seeing you. I live in Bali. Why don't you come out and meet me out there and we can kind of keep this going. I'll and take like, care of you. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was kind of that. Embarrassingly <laughs> enough, it was it was a little bit of that. But she was really sweet. She was, and I learned a lot from her because she was just an amazing, amazing human. Um, but I ended up going. Okay, screw it. Leap of faith. Go out there. I didn't really know. You know, I was if this didn't work out. I kind of screwed. I'm in Indo, but I'd figure it out. You know.
1: Yeah.
3: Um. So I went out there. We hit it off. Ended up dating her for like two and a half years, and um, wrote it as long as it felt sort of you know natural to do and then it sort of fizzled out and ended up kind of being on my own in indo and going okay shit, now what now like, i'm here alone this is pretty
2: pretty daunting <clears throat> how, how do you get like do you have to fly out of the country every six months how are you yeah got, yeah well but
3: I, well, I got on her cycle okay so we'd fly out every six months to singapore or you know thailand yeah. or whatever renew the visa and come back or like she would go, okay, well, I'm going to go to see my family and I would go with her or mm. vice versa. She'd come and see mine. I mean, Where we, we, is we, she we, from? Uh, Winston-Salem, South Carolina. Wow. South Carolina or North Carolina? Shit, I don't know. Um, yeah. South Carolina, the Carolinas, South Carolina. So yeah, we'd go out there and stuff. And um, yeah, she was a phenomenal person. It was really cool. She helped me out a lot and I learned a lot from her and...
0: Was she just, Um, like, independently wealthy, or? Yeah,
3: yeah, she was. She actually, she had a nice little clothing company, you know, too, and, and, uh, she built that, and, um, you know, she, uh, she earned hers from that as well, and,
0: yeah,
3: it was cool, um. So you took
0: her blueprints?
3: Um, like, like, you know, kind of, like, subliminally, almost, like, indirectly, I did, it wasn't really, uh, like, ever gonna be anything, I didn't know what it was gonna be, but I, she needed help to do this and that, and I would, I would just help her, and. But Bali be, is such a
2: good place to kind of like bring up that like that energy of yeah. artistic You can you can I, go yeah. and start something yeah, and have right. that kind of real like energetic. Oh, like, there's atmosphere. opportunity. Yeah, opportunities there's opportunities and...
3: everywhere. You kinda of just have to be open to it. Yeah. And I wasn't really. Yeah. I was just sort of like there to surf and hang out and I my eyes weren't open like that. I'm not an opportunistic, like kind of guy like that. Yeah. I wasn't it's not who I am. I just kinda of just when it comes to me, I attack and kind of expand, and, and I got to be passionate about it. Yeah. I can't just go, "Oh, there's an opportunity here, and yeah. there's money." I, money no, yeah. doesn't. I don't there's really a surf Turkey. Yeah,
0: hundred yeah, percent. <laughs> yeah, all you want to do is surf, right? Yeah. And fix dings, yeah, on the side so you can surf, right? But
2: that you know, that's the core of that, it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Cuda and Bali, and, and, and you know, in general, it's like you're, you're just seeing new stuff go up, new businesses right. open. Like it's just. Ever changing, right. and it just seems like there's just so much, you know, growth and opportunity.
3: So the crazy thing about it is now I um, I parted ways with her. I'm on my own. Check into this like little ten by ten like little little room, basically. But I would still like surf my brains out. I have a motorbike. I had my music, you know, my earpod, my, my 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 earphones, and just jam out all the way to the bouquet So I was staying in Cuda because I couldn't afford being on the bouquet. So I just like had in my little room but every time i get to a warong in Ulus or bingin or whatever i would flip through the in between tides and uh, like see my friend poncho sullivan <laughs> kicking ass you know like on, on these spreads and i would read word for word thinking he would mention me or something but it never happened <laughs> but no no i would read i would be so flipping proud yeah. and just like this feeling of like he's doing his thing there i'm doing my, my thing there but we're kind of connected in this weird way and then i would run into him in in, in Kuda. In a restaurant or something, and just be so blown away, going,
1: "No fucking way! This
3: is so cool." <laughs> That's so amazing. And then, you know, all right, dude, I'll see you, see you around. Yeah. And then run to run into him somewhere else or whatever, traveling, and
0: because there's it was no crazy. internet and there's no, no cell way. phones. No. yeah, no way. So you're like. I'll call you. Yeah.
4: Or I don't even think you're listening to emails. With no. No, 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 no,
3: no, not even. No, I never set up my email up till 1998 and Dave Bonaventura was the first guy who did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dave. We sat, we sat there and he, he did a, a Hotmail account for me and I'm like, what the hell is this? Do I need this? He's like, yeah, you need it. Trust me, you're going to use it. Earthlink and Hotmail <laughs> were like
1: the... Yeah, real. yeah. ew, ew. So yeah, that so, really so
3: that was kind of the the big moment for me. That was a, a defining moment where I ended up like being on my own now, and like uh, now I'm like 22ish, and this little like crappy little room right next door to it, there was like a little mom and pop little like um, factory almost. They would you know clothing factory, and I paid no mind of it. I just kind of like hey, what's up? You know, talk to the people there when I was when I pull up my dirt bike after I surfed. But this one defining moment was when I. Um, needed money. I was like, oh shit, I, I would always sell something. So at, at the time I was sponsored and I would sell a pair of sunglasses or whatever, you know, uh, a wetsuit or whatever. And, uh, I was like, shit, I, I need, I need to, dry. yeah, well I was running dry, but I remember I still had a couple of like Andy, I remember I had an Andy Irons, uh, Mer, uh, Eric, Eric Arakawa and a Kelly board and a couple of Shane's, uh, one Shane Dorian's board. So I was like, okay, I got to sell some of this crap and really get some money going, you know? So I remember walking into a surf shop in Cuda and um, you know, my dad always taught me don't ever disturb any business going on. So the owner was talking to this potential client, uh, customer that he had in the store. The guy was kind of walking around looking at the selection of the boards and all the other crap. But I remember overhearing their conversation, I got close enough and the guy was saying like, oh, my, me and my friends, we need like four or five boards and board bags. We're going to GLAN tomorrow and then we're going to do all these trips. So Bali was basically a jumping off spot basically. So I don't know what it was exactly, but he was dissatisfied with the selection. And my whole motive was to go talk to the owner. Mm-hmm. But for some weird reason, I followed the guy out the door. And I was like, you know, I guess I was thinking like, oh, if he says no, I can always double back and get the owner. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. So when, the, when I walked out to talk to the guy, I said, hey, man, I didn't mean to eavesdrop. Wait, you are going to sell the
0: boards to the owner. Owner, yeah, just yeah. dump some
3: boards yeah. and just get some money and whatever. I knew yeah. he was going to probably price gouge me, but something's better than nothing. Yeah. But when I when I walked out, I kind of followed him, and I said, "Hey, man, I, I didn't. I don't mean to eavesdrop or anything, but I overheard your conversation. My my room is right down the road, and I've got like a, everything you need. I've got about ten different boards and board bags and all this stuff, leashes, and I could really load you up and you know charge you you know pretty good price. You'll you'll be stoked." He's like, Fuck well, bet." You know, came down, ended up uh, striking a deal for a bunch of boards and gave me twenty five hundred dollars U S. in cash. And I was just like, holy shit, I made it. I'm, yeah. I'm done. I'm fucking I'm done. I'm here for another year.
1: Yeah. I'm good to go.
3: I'm going to prepay this <laughs> shitty little room for the next year. And I'm just going to live. And and for some reason, the next day, I called my dad. And my dad was like, hey, his words, so, so French. He's like, don't be an idiot. You're going to spend it all in one spot. My friend that owns stores in Lincoln Road in Miami Beach says that right now a lot of stuff from Bali is really hot and happening why don't you make some stuff for him and you can sell it to him wow. that was his deal that, that's what he said like what kind
2: stuff just like
3: clothing because he had clothing oh, stores clothing stores he had a couple of electronic stores he's actually the guy that bought my dad's stores ironically enough but he was a family friend mm-hmm. so I knew the guy pretty well he used to babysit his kids um, and I'm not going to say his name because he ended up kind of screwing me in the end but, um, so I was like okay I, went, I, I, I was like okay I can do this
0: so your dad gave you the idea he
3: gave me the idea Okay. Indirectly, kind of you know, like stuff's sort of, cheap there, you yeah. Can kind of load up yeah, with that and yeah, you come can back start and make something, a, yeah. he said, you know. But his words were, Don't be an idiot, and that rang in my head. And I, didn't <laughs> want to be, I didn't want to disappoint him, so I went to the guy next door, the little mom and pop factory. And the guy was like, Yeah, sure, let's go. This is how you do it. And he gave me all the blueprints to how to start a little production and helped me out along the way.
0: What were you going to make?
3: Board shorts sundresses hawaiian shirts and sarongs that was basically it and yeah. that was my go-to and when the dust settled i had so much crap in my little room that i was like how am i bringing this back to florida how am i going to bring all this back this is insane and i just remember just getting a bunch of uh board bags and just jamming them in my board bags and my everything carry-on i jammed a bunch of shit in my carry-on and i pulled it off somehow got the, so yeah. You know,
0: when when you he gives you this idea yeah in your mind, are you, you know, the, the, the plan of making stuff, yeah. categories, yeah. and then pricing? Like, right. did you think that out before you uh, landed? Yeah, remember,
3: uh, for me, it was always just like not a real game plan. You think about like the surfboard thing I did, yeah. there wasn't really a game plan there. So I, was, I thought, okay, I'm going to build, you know, stuff. And then you just kind of keep going, and it was kind of fun. Yeah. So I'm going to build more stuff, and I'm going to buy more sarongs, and I'm getting these sarongs at like two bucks. Okay, I can sell them for ten. That's still cheap, you know. Yeah. I can sell them at eight and still make a killing. So that's my mentality. Was yeah. that? And it wasn't like, like thinking I'm going to build something here. It was like a one-time, one time, one one time thing. Well, you give know? this a shot. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And it's just okay, Dad. Let me let me show you I can do it, and let me see if, it, if this will work. You know. So you load it up. You get the. I get to, I finally get to Miami and I'm all like frothing, see my dad and, you know, he's kind of going through a thing with my mom. They're, they're on the way out They're They're having a hard time basically. And, uh, my dad's dealing with his set of challenges and I load up the car the next morning. I go to these stores, I meet the owner, my dad's friend, and I tell him like, I actually arrogantly double park thinking he was just, it was going to be a give and go. I had my trunk filled. I was like, Okay, the stuff's in the trunk, like where's the cash? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Your dad misunderstood what I said. I want nothing from you. In fact, you're double parked. You gotta get your car out of here, you're gonna get fucking ticketed.
1: What? And I the was like, fuck? Are you
3: fucking kidding me? And I was like, Take just take a look at the stuff. It's killer. Like you have a store, you need stuff and he was like, No, 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 come on, let's keep it moving, kid. And I had like I, I knew the guy, and he just treated me like like that, and I was like, okay, this is going to be tough. Because, again, my life wasn't in Miami. I, I, I did not want to be there. Yeah,
0: you I were going to
2: make some cash, <laughs> drop, next ticket
3: out of town. <laughs> That's it. You are going to drop That's the it. package yeah. and get back on a plane. And, and get back on a plane, exactly. Say hi to my, my mom, so now you find my friends. So and now you got to find
2: yeah how am I going to get rid of this.
3: Right, so I go back home seething, and I wait till my dad gets home. And mind you, my dad's from Marseille. He doesn't take shit.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, I get in there and I'm just like, oh, I'm going to tear him a new one. And I'm like, hey, man, like, I don't know what the hell's going on, but da-da-da. He said, hey, look, kid, I got bigger problems than this. I'm divorcing your my mom. mom and I are going through a divorce. Like, tomorrow morning, what you do is this. You take the car, you go downtown Miami, and you drive along the coast of Jacksonville. And you hit up every store you can find, and that's how you're gonna sell it. And don't bother me with your problems. That's it. That's pretty much the only, the only <laughs> option you have. What else do you have to do? Yeah. Your money's seek, tied up in this. Seek or swim. Those, are, yeah. those, are,
2: those are easy problems, son. Yeah. I got bigger. Sink or yeah.
3: swim. Exactly. So I took his advice. I went down to downtown Miami, and you know I was familiar with it because my dad would do business down there, so it wasn't that foreign to me. You know. But it was a little eerie, you know, going in now and, and trying to sell from door to door. It was kind of hey, yeah, you, you had yeah. to present. you had a game
2: plan, like yeah,
3: you got to and and talk about out of you your have com- a stick. There was no comfort zone. I didn't know what that was. I didn't. I, I could. I didn't have the audacity to have a comfort zone. Yeah. So it was like going into shops with like I would call it my demo tape. Going with one pair of shorts or the Hawaiian shirt, and like go in there and go, hey, do you do you need anything? I've got stuff like that. Are you interested in it? And get like four or five nos and I never let it discourage me. I was like, okay, you know, it's all good. Keep it on going.
0: But every single time you're thinking up a new creative uh, new pitch, bingo. bingo. New and pitch. that's oh, what yeah. it was. It
3: was like, ah, why did I fucking fumble so yeah. hard? Like why did I why was I so nervous? Like they're just people, you know, yeah. like it's just, yeah. what's it's not a, a big no. deal. Yeah, it's not a big, what's a no, you know? It's like, yeah. I get rejected by chicks all the time. Was, what's, the, what's, <laughs> the, what's the difference, you know? Yeah. Walk this, up to a chick at a bar. and
0: exotic. Yeah. Yeah. Handmade yeah, Handmade. From <laughs> India. <windows. Bolognese> so- <laughs> woven from the finest <laughs> butterflies in the, in the continent of Sumatra. Yeah.
2: But, <laughs> yeah. <but> to, to <laughs> sidetrack a little bit. We were trying to train this little kid, you know, <laughs> cool little kid to kind of be, become a sub rep with us. And, right. That's I, so I, I appreciate. It. I'm like, you know what? You're gonna be like hustling. You're gonna hear a lot of no's, like Dana and the check. You're gonna hear all these right. no's. You are going to get the one. It's like you're gonna be just so over the, you know, over right. the moon right. excited, you know. But you got, you got to have tough. You got to hear no. Yeah, right. Right. But You heard a few no's and what? Heard a
3: bunch of no's, and then I finally got a yes, and then that was it. Once I heard a yes, what? it was like if I hear one yes, I'm gonna hear a bunch more, and I can actually do this, you know, because. True, I mean, we're joking around a lot, but to be honest, I did not want to be in Florida. I really despised it i my life was in indo that was mm-hmm. that was the whole thing It was in Indonesia. my stuff was still there. It was like, how do I sell this stuff and get out of here you know and it took me like quite a while, so I, I ended up getting a couple of yeses and going back and told my dad, "Hey, actually, you know what you're it, it's gonna work. It's gonna be okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this off, you know. And and he was like, okay, cool. Tomorrow you just go up further north, further north, and and then you know over the years you meet people. And so I was staying in people other friends' homes, and obviously there was no hotels. I couldn't afford that.
0: How how long? How many knows and how many days or months was that first trip? I stayed on the road rid-
3: for probably about I would say three weeks at least. You got rid of everything. No, 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 no. I would I would. Max it out. I would go up coast. The waves would be good, so that kind of helped. I would meet a chick and kind of stay with her, and and you know that's how it went, honestly. And then I would I would go visit these stores, and up coast was a different world than Miami. They understood what board shorts were and Hawaiian shirts and sundresses. So I was like, oh shit, okay, I'm selling like five to one back there, so I'm going to stay up here for a while. I stay with my friend um, Spanky. He helped me out a lot. My buddy Spanky was the was the was the man. He was actually trying to, like, do his own thing with his own um, company. And he would was he's, he's making little edit and videos. And then he got into apparel. And so he was really interested in what I was doing. And he just put me up and let me stay at his house for, like, you know, weeks at a time. And it was rad. And then I would go back home, reset, see my, my dad hang out a little bit, and then hit the road again. And then I would say about two months it took me to get rid of everything. But the coolest thing is when I – the last final trip when I – uh, went back from North South to Miami, I started getting reorders. And I was like, holy shit. Cause people are like, just testing it. They yeah. gave me a little, like, yeah, you know, yeah, I'll yeah, buy yeah. a couple and see how it goes. Yeah. That was the epiphany for and me. And did you
2: have that, did your dad or anybody tell you like, Hey, make sure you follow up with these stores. They might want more or you no, just...
3: no, no. At that, at that point, my dad can care less what the hell was going on with me. He was like, <laughs> He was like, okay, kid, I gave you the blueprint, I gave you a couple tips, you're on your own. And I never really, I kind of, I'm a, I'm a figure it out kind of guy, yeah. I don't really like, like I want to figure it out on my own, it's a different set of like, you know, kind of challenges that I, I like to face and deal and kind of get out of the little, the little uh, weird sticky situations on my own, I think it, it builds a lot of character instead of trying to get bailed out. Um, but, so yeah, I started getting reorders and went shit up, I doubled up on my money and went, okay, I, I think I can do this again. And then...
0: Did you come up with Island Days' name yet? No,
3: no. It wasn't. It was called Islandware, actually. And then, um, ironically enough, a friend came up with the the name Island Days. And then I started doing Island Days and then went, okay, the second time. So I I, I go, okay, I went back with, to Indo with some money. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it again. I learned some mistakes. I learned what, what didn't sell. I'm going to nix that. I'm going to double up on what sold really well. And then I started planning out better and then... It, it sort of started evolving from there.
2: So the first trip, you were able to stuff it and all your bags, board yeah. bags, everything. Yeah. Second trip, you're doubling, tripling. Board bags. Board bags <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, doubling
3: board bags. It wasn't that big yet. But so the second trip was the really big sort of defining moment where it was like, okay, what am I going to do here? Can I ask like, yeah. how
0: much you invested and how much was your...
3: my first My first sort of like investment was 2,000 bucks. And then the second one was roughly about six. So I made some pretty good money. And when I went back, I invested probably like five and a half of it in, in raw pro- in products. So when I went back, I ended up um, going to a surf shop by the name of The Longboard House. And the owner was Mike Mann. And that was the big moment for me is, um, he ended up writing like a, I think ended up being like a $15,000 order for private label stuff. So and it was like.
0: When was the private? Is that the first private label? Yeah,
3: that was the first private label thing, and I didn't know what it was. It was like because I was selling basically blanks at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I never, I
2: never pushed my own label in and. There's any no way. logo or. No, anything. no, it
3: was all, it was all, you know, white label stuff. It was yeah. all, it was all blanks. And
2: were, and were they putting labels on on their end or? No, were no, they no, selling it.
3: it, it? He just, he just wanted to do. Hey, can we do this longboard yeah. house? And what's I was that, like, what, what is that? Yeah, I was like, how am I going to do that? I just didn't know how to even do it. But when, You're like learning everything. Everything. <laughs> and there was, the thing is, there was, this says 19, now it's like 1998, and there was nobody really to sort of emulate or look at for influence or sort of inspiration. It was all on my own. But the best part about this was my buddy, uh, Jimmy Allison, was my neighbor in Indonesia. And he was the one that said, "Yep." Yeah, you should only focus on private labeling. Wow. He said and that, that was, yeah, that was the biggest thing. Like don't for me. start a, no, another no, surf brand. No, like just because, do what you're doing. It's yeah, be, yeah, because at that point there was a name, it was Island Days. And I was like, okay, I'll just put Island Days on everything. And he was, he stopped me and like we, because we surfed together pretty much every day. This guy was, is a legend. It's an awesome guy from Florida, ironically enough. And he'd been in Indo for 20 years already. And he was a, Amazing dude. He took always took the time in his own weird sort of like harsh ways of just teaching me things in a in a way. And he just told me, "Hey, only focus on private labeling. I promise, don't do a label. It's gonna you're gonna." And he had done other things, and he saw he had learned. And he's like, "Focus on that, and you'll thank me later."
0: And that was the big turning point. What an amazing foresight and vision that. Because again, starting your own label. You know, what you did, you started your own label, but not really.
3: Right. I started my own company, basically. Started your own company. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but him, knowing that it takes marketing, it takes, yeah. you and know, so much more, yeah. you know. Advertising, yeah. Just so much more uh, help to yeah. be a brand. yeah, Sponsoring people
3: and marketing yeah. dollars and budgets and all. I just didn't. I didn't have the means, nor did I ever want it. Yeah. What he said was, you ha- you should support the retailers. You should make them the,
1: yeah.
3: the, the, the brand. They need yeah. to understand that they're a brand. And it took me a minute to understand that. But once I started getting in there and dealing with BC Surf Shop, like Bruce at BC, and you know all these other companies, I started realizing, like, they don't think they're really a brand. They would do t-shirts and hats, but... Man, a, a brand is wider than just that. So maybe right. I can help them. Maybe, maybe I can do some other things here, and then it started snowballing and it started working. And and uh, yeah, the Mike Mann thing, you know, the fifteen thousand dollar order. He sat me down and he went, "Hey, do you ever think about doing this for a living?" And I said, "No, not really. I'm just kind of like winging it. I'm just doing it basically like, you know, shipment at a time, like you know, little productions at a time." He's like, "You should really think about it because the stuff you sold us." sold better than anything we have in our stores. Do you wow. understand what that means? And I said I've got no idea what the hell you're talking about, buddy. He's like, you should think about doing this and this is how you should do it. Have you ever th- thought about doing a trade show and this? I said, "What the fuck is a trade show?"
1: Yeah. I have no
3: idea wow. what the hell that is. He said there's one in just in our in our neighborhood in our in our in our area, it's, in, it's Surf Expo, the one in, in Orlando. And I go, "Well, how do I go? How do I get in that?" And that's where it all he goes, "Well, I got a friend that, that you can share a booth with." He's a, he's a surfboard shaper. He does this, and you can maybe share a booth with him. Cut costs down, yeah, at least yeah, get in yeah, the show. Yeah, exactly, because it was so expensive. And then I went, oh, shit, okay, here we go. And then that's where it sort of started, like, for real. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's insane. Hate- so how was that first Surf Expo, then?
3: Uh, it was pretty eye-opening, because um, from, you know, from the beginning, it was like going to shops and trying to get business from shop to shop, and also your limited... Um, you know, from the Florida coast. For the one man part. show. Yeah, your one man show. And you're trying to basically jump a business and you, you don't really know where to start. So your blueprint is pretty limited for the most part. And then once I went to this uh, trade show and people from all over started coming in, you got, got buyers from Jersey and New York and, you know, all these different great spots. And, and you realize, wow, there's, there's a whole industry here that I had no idea existed really at the end of the day. So when I started getting orders from other states, different states, and these, you know, other um, accounts started approaching, and, and I was doing private labeling, and they seemed really interested. It was like, okay, wow, I really do have a, a opportunity here to to make this even bigger than I ever thought I would make it.
0: So so, uh, how big was your spot, your booth?
3: Oh, I was a ten by ten. It was a ten. By, actually, it was a ten by twenty, and I shared half, so it was a ten by ten. So that was the OG um, first booth was a ten by ten,
0: and it was Island Days.
3: It was Island Days, yeah. Okay, and and it was sa- same days.
2: product line that you were already slanging. Yeah, you were coming yeah from
3: Bali. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I kind of re- refined it a little bit more. Every time I did anything, I would sort of adjust it a little bit and just go, okay, well, I'm doing this. I got to make sure it's tighter, and everything was a little tighter and tighter. By the time I did the trade shows. It was good you know of course
0: I, so was it like sarongs and no
3: no no it became more like of what actually was selling so it was more board shorts at that point okay you know it was more hawaiian like really nice like woven hawaiian shirts and batiks and stuff like that a little more unique and and
0: did you still have the m- mindset of doing private label or it was a
3: hundred percent private label Okay, yeah it never that never changed i never veered off of that idea yeah. it just grew from there It just grew stronger and different ways that I can do it better. Yeah, it's kind w- of like, Was
2: there other similar um, brands, How were people in competition at that time?
3: At the time, no. I, there was none. Really. Just all and the surf labels and a lot of resorts?
2: Yep. A ton of surf labels, uh,
3: resort stuff. What, um, what year was that? Uh, 1999 at that point. Okay. Yep. 99-2000. And I, um, yeah, I just, again, head down um, you, you know, kind of, uh,
0: mentioned it, like the opportunity, it's like yeah. with you in your car driving up and down Florida coast, right? it's like you're fishing in a pond, right? <laughs> and then now yeah. you're yeah. fishing in an ocean. ocean. Yeah. Cause it was, everyone comes yeah, to the show. show. That show is huge. Huge. Yeah. It and was, all the, I mean, when you walk that floor and back then it was even bigger, I think. You know? Yeah. It was a big show. Yeah. It was definitely big. Cause the resort stuff. The Bikini. I've never weird. walked down yeah. the bikini uh, aisle. <laughs> yeah. Uh <yeah>.
3: huh. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Pret- pretend you tie your shoe for 10 minutes. Yeah.
2: yeah. But you had to have, like. Man, well, I, I like don't line. know how I keep ending up over here. <laughs> but you had to have, like,. Line sheets, lead times, like was everything kind of buttoned up a little bit? Where you're just collecting orders. You know what? It was just about collecting orders at that point. I
3: had a small line, and it was basically like piecemealing it at that point. Yeah, it wasn't that refined or anything. Remember, it was like maybe like a year or two at this point. Crazy. And um, I did what I could, and I but I but I got business out of it, and yeah. you know way bigger than I thought it would ever be. I ended up walking out of the show with with physical orders in my hands of people from like Martha's Vineyard and Long Island and these places that I I never even thought of going to. And how could I get there? I'd have to fly there or or drive for for days on end.
2: What was their draw to you? Was it the, the product or like once they sat down, they saw the product, oh, that looks good. And they sat down like, wow, this is really good pricing. And like... It was a combination of dumb luck of
3: just stumbling upon it and me probably being a little bit aggressive in the aisle going, hey, do you... You do, you do sell this type of products in your shop. Oh, you do come check this out. Like, yeah. I was pretty aggressive. I wasn't just sitting there on my thumbs waiting for people to come into my No, for sure. That way, Because yeah.
0: the concept of private label, even back then, it was happening, but not everybody was doing it the way that you were going to do it for them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for the most part, private label... was printables? Has, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hats, hats t-shirts, sweatshirts, and not really... Cut and sew. Yeah, right. and the fact That's
2: that great. you're a surfer right. and your passion was like, hey, how do I make a really good board short mm-hmm. and how to like, yeah. you know, you
1: Walk know, create shirt. a, you
0: know. Something stylish, something cool
1: print. Like not,
2: not knowing the, the business and mm-hmm. even thinking of a business, but that ended up being your moneymaker. Yeah, right. So
3: you guys make, both bring up a great point. It was two things actually. I was, my, my goal was to make the ultimate pair of board shorts. At least try to make the ultimate pair of board shorts. And obviously you're trying to look at the the top guys, the Billabongs, the Quakes, all these big companies that were doing such a great job at it and their workmanship was so good and I couldn't really do it where I was at. Bali, I kind of started out growing it slowly and I realized, okay, I got to go somewhere else, you yeah. know, and make this happen. My whole thing was point of difference.
1: Yeah.
3: Okay, well, if you're going to do t-shirts and hats out of the States, I can't do t-shirts and hats. I can't compete. I'm, I'm in Asia. I'm, I'm overseas What can I do that they don't have? Right. So, okay. So I I go, okay, well, I'm going to build the best short private label short that I can possibly make. That was the whole plan. And I go, okay, well, it's not going to happen in Bali. I'm going to go to Jakarta. So that was the big sort of jump over and, Mm. and going into like a major factory now and you know, having my shit together and going, okay, well, I, I, I need to, you know, graduate here from the minors into the sort of the majors in a way.
1: Yeah.
2: It was and, a big deal. And what was it like to have, like going into and getting stuff built in Bali? Do you have to, or Indonesia mm-hmm. specifically, like business license? How were you, how did you organize getting product in and out and what did you have to have on both ends? Like as far as a like, business
0: license. Yeah. Yeah. We don't well, need those stinking business. <laughs> license. Right.
2: But you know what I mean? Like it, at one point, you, you know, you can't, Carry this over in your board bag. You got to bring a container, boxes, and really ship. Like yeah.
3: After Surf Expo, it started growing quite rapidly. Actually, I started realizing, okay, I got an opportunity here. I need to like really, really push this, and that's when I started like. Going from coast bring to coast. Bring in five friends with you and yeah. board bags. Okay,
2: <laughs> Podge, you can carry
3: two. You're yeah. big. And
2: then, I don't know. He's yeah. not
3: the next. He's <laughs> like bribe everybody. Come down and come surf Bali and stay with me. And then they, would, hey, can you go home with these four board bags? No. Well, it, by like, the way, yeah. So I, got I had an
0: extra board bag that I needed to bring back.
3: Yeah. It started getting pretty serious, so I started driving, let's like, say, from like Miami all the way up the coast to like basically Maine. Wow. And then I would drive back and then jump on a plane and do the same thing in California. I'd get in my car and go from like Ivy all the way to like Santa Barbara. This is yellow page yeah. shit? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, you're yeah, going yeah. yeah. Re- And then, then friends, and people yeah. friends... you got it. You but got it. And then, and then after I did that, I would go to Hawaii and stay with Poncho yeah. and then kind of cruise with those guys and then I'd do the same thing on that island and just go from, you know, so you, to shop the shop
0: by you, myself. Like, you so had like, a business model set before Surf Expo mm-hmm. and then at Surf Expo, your business model is private label. That's it. Right?
3: Yeah, plain... Yeah.
0: And when you decide that figure that out and there's a need Mm -hmm. did it was it easy like it sounds like it got pretty easy no like you know know what i mean like when you when a retailer comes to you and they go what's your brand i go right you know like we kind of talked about this like you're You're like the
2: way you presented the brand like you you narrowed in on like got rid of sarongs got rid of this i focus on this and now you're getting like you're seeing the reward right
3: so then you know Cut to like a few years after it started getting more and more, you know, uh, tighter. And like we did started doing rash guards and things like that. And it became, you know, evident that I need to reach out more to other retailers. And yeah, it became, I wouldn't say easier. It never became easier. But the gospel I was preaching was being received a little bit better. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't like, you remember at that time, the Quicks and, you know, these major, major, you know, behemoth companies were blowing up. It was
1: their,
3: they they were the guys. So I was under the radar dude that came in building these products for these shops, wanting to support them. And they, they, it was received well, but it wasn't like open arms, you know, Cut to, yeah, to twenty six years later. Yeah, yeah you yeah. still have to like kind of Scrub. you know explain to them why you would need this and yeah. this makes sense for you. You're already doing this and it's successful. So there was a lot of like convincing and explaining, and, and it was awesome. I, I didn't mind. It wasn't like I ever went home frustrated. I never felt like they're not paying attention or they're not listening. It wasn't like that ever,
0: ever. Um, my and career. We talked about this Just the other of the other day yeah. in our meetings. It's like, you know, you're your brand is their brand Mm -hmm. right like when they you're making stuff for them with their name on it, Mm -hmm. which makes it even more valuable to them Mm -hmm. you know yeah and the margins better that's like so unique in a you know in our world Mm -hmm. of of like the billabongs the rukas the rivia projects yeah (laughs) you know like all those brands Mm -hmm. they're they're their own brands Mm-hmm. But you're you're going think, to Cinnamon Rainbows, right. And you're you know, but that BC Surfing Sport, right? It's like you're an ally. Those guys are allies, but you're even more of an ally, right? Yeah. right. A-
2: ally that gets tra- trades happen all the time, and stuff happens to where they might not be as val- you know valuable. That pie changes where their yeah. brand could be very consistent. Right. The way they look, and that's how surf shops were built on. It was mm-hmm. their label, it was their mm-hmm. brand. Yeah. And then the surf world exploded, mm-hmm. and then they started getting all this cool designer and they, the sponsors and the logos, and they started you know that started fueling yeah. the fire, mm-hmm. and which is great, but I kind of lost that like yeah. you know that branding for the shop. And mm-hmm. you know, here you come in and write right I think good timing. You know? Yeah,
3: yeah, and and that's the thing is I always took a lot of pride in that. You know, and I, and I always felt like we were advocating for the accounts and for these... I thought... I From day one, I always thought they were a brand. You mean, you're walking into a Ranjan or a Cinnamon Rainbow and you're talking to Dave and Phil at Cinnamon Rainbow, for example. They're great partners and account, account... I just account texted with that, Phil. Great dudes. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> and, um, and you go and, and fill their needs of what they need and, and your line starts getting better and they tell you what you're missing and it's this great partnership that yeah. you have and, and it's something that I'm really grateful for and... And I get to do this. I'm really honored to do it. And, and it, that never, 26 years later, and it, it, that feeling has not faded one bit. So, yeah. You, well,
0: you, you've created the mixing business with pleasure mm-hmm. scenario that every person wants. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean,
2: you started this essentially like, how do I create
0: more money so I could
2: keep surfing in Bali? Yeah or into, uh, or yeah. travel. And okay, then Bali. And then <laughs> what
0: what can I do in Bali to stay in Bali? Yeah. And, and and ding repair
2: wasn't going to kind of, you know. <laughs> yeah. But you know, just what, you know, from from that first batch of 2 grand and going doing that road trip and then the, you know, like what a great trajectory and like yeah. you know, but a lot of sacrifice, a lot of like hard work like yeah. you're, you, you yeah. know. Like you it wasn't going, to you know. It's not like you started hiring all these people. You're like, right? I'm doing this myself. And you did it on the west or east coast, right. west coast. Yeah. Why? So everywhere. Yeah. Thanks, man. That's, the I
0: whole appreciate that. Because you know you you you're very passionate passionate mm-hmm. about quality mm-hmm. design. <laughs> like you're learning everything. You've learned everything on the fly. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Yeah, you yeah. You,
0: you didn't you couldn't go to school for it or you it was kind of you know what i mean like it was too late to do that you were just doing it and sometimes that's not the right
2: choice anyways when you got something you just got to roll with the punches and 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 deal with it like you would having issues like we were talking about with traveling you know it's like yeah nothing goes as planned you're always going to have some obstruction something's going to go wrong like drama's going to
0: happen but it's it's kind of how you persevere from that to like kind of
2: you yeah. overcome
3: adversity. It's, yeah, you know? it's kind
0: of cool, though. What what I'm trying to say is like, he went to the the mom and pop yeah. Balinese uh, factory, and now he's going And they're they're doing sarongs and like, you know what I mean, like shit that that store, that first store that you sold to, right, really didn't want, but mm-hmm. you thought that they wanted it, and yeah. you're, you're selling them what you think should come from bali right. right and then flip it around you're creating stuff that you want to wear mm-hmm. right and now they want it all and right. that you yeah. know what i mean yeah it's like, exciting That's, that's, that's with the board short like yeah. that's yeah. you know that's,
2: like a sarong's cool and maybe you get more bang for your buck because it's two dollars a piece yeah and it's easy <laughs> and it's not like some big production mm-hmm. like it's plentiful kinds of prints but it's yeah. like You know, you're developing something you always wanted to Mm -hmm. like be proud about, like the best board short, and then that's what took off. Right. You probably would have been just as stoked if the sarongs or some other like category (laughs) did well, and you're still killing it. But like the fact that it came back to what you initially set your mind to. Well, the touch on what you had said about you
3: know not going to design school. I mean, obviously, I could have taken that route. I mean, Mm -hmm. you figure out a way to do it. But that was never really my journey. It was sort of trial and error, and I'm a big fan of that. And I don't necessarily like believe in sort of um, you know roadblocks. I don't really see those as challenges. I just kind of go around them or go through them. And I've got a real sort of mindset of this you know obsession. You know, I, I live this passion and obsession that gets me through any kind of adversity. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way I live, no matter whatever it is, whether it's surfing big waves or business or whatever, whatever. It, um, next chapter i'm i'm dealing with whatever um i'm getting into you yeah. know business i'm getting into and that's what my mindset is because yeah. you're going to deal with uh challenges and all that good stuff and yeah. I, I don't i don't see that as obstacles i see that as opportunity
0: well i i think that's the cool part of the story mm-hmm. you know cuz like what what you morphed into mm-hmm. and developed yourself into is a niche you know we we talk about with other entrepreneurs, right? Like they find the white space, mm-hmm. right? Or are they like our our friends We hate that that, yeah. that, that term <laughs> term but it's but they've yeah. real, right? Like, like you have where, to find Where's the, the niche. opportunity? Where's the niche? Right, right. Like, yeah. and, you found that niche of like mm-hmm. and, and luckily it was like almost handed to you.
3: It was kind of dumb luck in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. But yeah. but you know, people can get that information or that idea or that suggestion or advice handed to them Mm -hmm. but But they don't don't like look at it the way Mm -hmm. that you looked at it Mm -hmm. as an opportunity right yeah and you ran with the ball right like you took it as far how many
2: business great ideas or you Mm -hmm.
0: know
2: uh you know no i have the backing they might have the financials they might have everything yeah and it doesn't succeed yeah Yeah. because you know you got to be you got to have Drive. You got to be mm-hmm. scrappy. You got to yeah. be able to like roll yeah. and, and not take no. Right. Or no means in, I'm going to make it a, you know, you, there's this, like he was saying. No is
0: the sexiest word in the English but, language. <laughs> I yeah, it love is. it. But, yeah. but you uh, have, Turn that no
3: into a maybe and that maybe into a yes. Yeah. That's not how it works. So you're saying there's a <laughs> chance. <laughs> exactly. and,
2: and there's a lot of people that have created successful businesses right. that we've talked to and just in, in general, but. The common denominator amongst them all, whether you have money or you have a backing, is a passion, and not taking no for an answer, and not giving up, and willing to put in the time and work and effort. And and you're gonna get breaks, and you're gonna, you know, then you're gonna get set back, and then you're gonna freaking, you know, it's just always evolving.
3: Right, right, and I think those breaks come. When you are passionate and yeah, your heart's right. in the right place and you're 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 putting in the work and all that, those breaks don't come when you're trying to find excuses yeah. and yeah. you know trying you're to creating yeah, yeah, trying to create shortcuts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, I, I do this like well, you know, this mentorship program with these kids sometimes, and they they uh, they come to my shop and I show them around, and you know they all we all sit sit around and they you sort of uh, explain me their ideas of what they want to do after college and things like that, and pretty much. Most of them, they always get stuck on the small details of like, well, how do I go from here to here? How do I get the money? And how do I, you know, it's all the little minutia that they don't really...
2: Walk before you run. Yeah, yeah. It's and like,
3: it's like wh- they want to see the 15th step clearly before they go one, two, three, four, yeah. the proper steps. Yeah. and. and yeah. And with the, you know, the first step, the second step leads you to the third and fourth and fifth. They want to leapfrog. They want to know for sure what's going to happen at the fifteenth step. Yeah. And you're like, dude. And that's you that's okay not know.
2: That's okay to know the, the the fifteen steps. But look at one and two before you look at five. Six, right. But seven. when you're
3: when you're a business owner and you're starting something, you don't know what the hell that fifteen steps going to be. It could be basically like you could be <laughs> at yeah. this mark. You know, on the tenth step, and you're trying to prepare for that for that chapter that might not come right now, or might yeah. come sooner. So what, it's like just, just, just keep it going. And if you're passionate about it, and you're you got to be obsessed with it. To be yeah, honest yeah. with you, what's he,
0: funny is like, yeah, you, you, you got to sure. be obsessed. You, you can basically mirror somebody else's blueprint, right? Mm-hmm. And, and step by step, fucking road to fucking mm.
2: prosperous. Business. Mm-hmm. There's Plenty of books out there that will give you the roadmap. Right. So but yeah. no yeah.
0: matter what it is, you, you might you won't get the same results. Mm-mm. Sometimes you will, mm-hmm. but yeah. like you said, it's all about obsession, passion, hard right. work. Right. You know, there's people that get lucky. Right. But you know what? Like, if you really look at it and you really you know <clears throat> dissect and look under the hood of how, how did that guy fucking right? How was he successful? He's like whatever you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you but it's like it's because he was passionate and right. hard working there was a right
2: without you know doing too many too many sidetracks but just a couple of our right. you know stories that popped in my head chad Danina from nixon mm-hmm. <laughs> he's working at the mall and he was making his own watch bands from from like, the wetsuit
0: uh yeah, I like, you know like wetsuits come with the extra piece so he
2: was like I love that. working at some mall surf you know skate yeah. pacific somewhere but not
0: pacific somewhere. yeah
2: and doing that he's making these in, in slang and slanging a few you know watch bands you know just kind of mm-hmm. little hobby whatever and then you know fast forward you know Works at shops and, you know, partners up and he decides like, on, you know, he had a really successful career as a, a, a marketing uh, or advertising sales sales. And long story short, I'm going to do, a, you know, but, you know, back in the day, it was like he already had that like, mm-hmm. yeah, that passion, that vision of like creating. He just loved like when you're successful and knowing that that that's the first thing sure. a young person or yeah. uh, an adult uh-huh. that has money. Status symbol. Status right. symbol. And that just stuck. And, you know, hey, I can only afford to doing, like, these bands. But later he...
0: He walked... He he was walking with a friend and said, "Ah, I got a killer paycheck. I want to buy a watch. Uh That was his reward to himself. And he bought, like, a Timex or something like that. Yeah. Like, nothing bougie, but but a nice Timex timepiece. And that was his, like... Oh, I made it! Yeah, like there you go. and, and this—it's all, all relative,
3: myself. man. It's all relative. And this, this you know, so a Timex for him was was a was a great yeah. piece, and
2: and and yeah. a lot and a you know another little side story. This other kid, he's from Huntington. Nixon
0: watches is what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. for
2: sure. Yeah, Chad didn't know they know right. Yeah, Every yep. else, yep. know. but not everybody. But we gotta, we gotta, what about a little Dorian? Gotta give, gotta so give him, little, gotta give him the. Props. So this mm-hmm. one little kid, they—he's uh, from Huntington, and he was. Uh, built a a bike kit to make his, like, cruiser, her beach cruiser, (laughs) and do an electric bike. It had, like, the little motor, and you hook up, like, a... Anyways, he bought this kit online, started doing it. And people were like, oh, can you... You know, he was very handy, like, hey, can you, like... Do my bike. Do my bike, too, and he started doing all of that. that's impressive. You know? And then he started going on on Alibaba, which is, like, you know, the Amazon of China. Is it Japanese? Japanese Amazon? Or Chinese, Chinese, sorry, Chinese, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very yes, fast, and uh,
0: <laughs> and then he
2: started just buying other parts and stuff. And did this kid's 18 and he has a website, and he's slinging like all these bike part gears. But it went from like the bikes to like mopeds to That's then awesome. going interning yep. to Roland Sands, which is like up in Long Beach, one of the best bike builders. And Duran, he would just have that drive and, mm-hmm. and going back to the passion and drive like, mm-hmm. I just want to learn more. And I want you know, he started with a little fucking, you know, electric <laughs> cruiser, cruiser to mm-hmm. working on like Vespas or, or like uh, pedal yeah. uh mopeds, mopeds yeah. and then cool. go and work for one of the best. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's like building van kits, like built out vans, like wow. sprinters, yeah, has a huge company. Yeah. Van like, Smart
0: and Van Speed is his two companies. He's already twenty two years old. That's, yeah. oh, that's amazing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. and and it, it's like, you know, the, passion. Passion. That's yeah, what it comes to. And that's to what we're you yep. know, again bringing back the, the yep. common denominator. And I tell you I mean, sorry to control, no, But the bad. other
3: thing also is if uh you make money the main focus and the driver I think that's a that's a dangerous yeah. Um, mindset a yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean you you can be concerned about it and yeah. it could be in the back seat but if it's driving and it's the engine yeah
0: th-
3: it, you know it's a wrong you, motive during those challenging times yeah in your that's your motivation you will I, I feel you'll burn out yeah if you're not passionate about the actual business and the process mm-hmm. and the product and stoking out these accounts and building a team and all that, if if money is, is that... For me, it was money was always the byproduct, period. Yeah. It was never the, the, the main focus at so, all.
2: Well, that's a good... Yeah. I mean, that that's great for, yeah. like, you know, to hear because, yeah. you know, everybody has their reason to do something, you mm-hmm. know? Like, mm-hmm. a lot of it's money, you know? Like, yeah. oh, I've seen mm-hmm. this guy do that or that woman do that and they built this business and now they're just, like, jet-set and they're rich and retired mm-hmm. and sold their company, you know? And, mm-hmm. again, you... Of course everybody knows that's a reality mm-hmm. if you just put in the hard work and you you know, put in the passion yeah. and some people have a five year game plan, some people are like, Hey, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna work on it twenty years and then mm-hmm. I'll cross that bridge to sell. But mm-hmm. like you never know what's you know, don't look at the fifteen step like you right. want to. Just look yeah. what's in front right. of you. How exactly. do I do better? How do I how do I offer how do I get better? Right. How do I offer, you know, a, a better product, things especially in fast fashion, which we're you know, we're, we're in. totally in like, yeah. stuff's changing. You know, hey, that board short's killer, that design's killer, but, you know, well, there's better material. Mm-hmm. Can we work on pricing? Give back to the to the retailer, mm-hmm. you know? So there's, it's never ending.
1: No. You know, which a, keeps it,
2: it inspiring and fun and, you know. Constantly evolving. Yeah, it's huh? just about evolving. Yeah.
4: <clears throat> so, and you're well, still uh, doing the same thing that you did when you started. Yeah. yeah. It's all about doing what, doing what you do with passion <clears throat> and being committed to it yeah. so you can surf. That's it. So yeah. without yeah, He's still doing what he did from the start from the start yeah it's still the same
0: so is he still chasing sugar still, mamas around <laughs> <laughs> son of a bitch i knew, I knew. no that
3: now, that role now i'm the first. sugar daddy, sugar daddy. Yeah, daddy. Yeah, now i'm the sugar daddy and i and the and the, and the uh no. so, yeah. so
0: that first <laughs> surf expo yeah was like eye opening right and it it showed you how much potential you, you know,
1: you're yeah. just scratching yeah. the surface. Yeah. Yeah. You're just, scratching the surface. Yeah. And then
3: it just became like one of those things where I was like, okay, at this point, I'm going to look at all the trade shows, do ASR. And then, and then, um, like, like I said, it was going from coast to coast and I was my own rep. So I literally did everything from the ground up to the, to, from tip to tip, A to Z. So I really got to be like, you know, a Kind of an expert at every position of the business, yeah. Whether it was like production, uh, QC, quality control, uh, distribution, customer service, uh, customer service, and then even Warehouse. yeah, even yeah. even clearing customs, and you know that's a, that's a part that people don't know anything about is like shipping. Yeah, when you ship containers from overseas and clearing customs, and there that's a whole nother logistics yeah. that is discredited. And it's, it's it's a it's a business in itself. It's a challenge in itself as well. It's and crazy. again, that's
2: part of the side of the business that would benefit from some that either interned, worked for a professional right. company, or went to college right. and kind of knew some of it. Right. You know. Right. But this is something where you hit that like yeah. milestone yeah. in the right. company of growing right. and be like, well, yeah. I got I got these orders. I got a container coming. Right. I got to fucking figure it out. Right. What? What's really <laughs> wild? wild to, that's wild. Huh?
0: What's wild to kind of uh, imagine. Imagine like if you had a camera, time lapse camera, mm-hmm. on on your journey. Oh God, from be so from cool. Surf Expo to <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Because yeah. like what you're saying, like and what you're just saying, like yeah. you know, you, you're at Surf Expo, mm-hmm. you start meeting all these accounts, you start getting all oh. this business, you start going back to Bali, then mm-hmm. you go to Jakarta, and like all these things are are are. Entering the picture, mm-hmm. you know, the business picture of Island Days, you know, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh shit, I need it. I got a computer. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, I got a, you know. Yeah. Oh, uh, the growth, the uh, growth. Uh, what shipping company do I work right. with? What what right. logistic company do I right. work with? Like, oh, wait, how mm. much is a container? Oh, mm. uh, uh, what is it? LCL or uh, yeah, less L- than container load? Or, LCL, yeah. Yeah, all those like. It's
3: the sharing, basically, you're sharing a
0: container. All those things that yeah. start. Popping up that you have no fucking idea right. what those things are, but you're learning everything. You know what yeah. I mean? Before it's, Google, be,
2: before Google,
0: before, yeah. Google, so, so, yeah. before yeah. YouTube. That's right. what I'm saying. When you're
2: hitting the road, like yellow pages, white pages, yeah. you know? right. Thomas Guide, Thomas right. Guide, yeah, fuck wild. that Thomas Guide. So, yeah. so you guys really,
0: full of uh, shit. Yeah. That, <laughs> what do you mean? I'm on 98 right. and I got
2: to jump to 300. And back to two. <laughs> and, <laughs> <we're>, Thomas
0: misguided.
3: <laughs> so that's a, that's really awesome that you mentioned that because. There's a point when okay, now I outgrew Jakarta. Yeah. You know, and that wasn't good really for me and it wasn't really healthy with what I was doing and in, in the regards of how quickly I was growing. So then there's a point where I lived I ended up living in Bali for about 6 years. I was going from Jakarta to Bali back and forth and doing that's production terrible. and all that. Yeah. It was it was it was a great great chapter. I hope you're still getting barreled Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, oh, that's always the Here's one
0: thing too thing. that yeah with all these orders coming in. Yeah.
3: Finance. Good point. Hang on. We'll, we'll, we'll touch right. on that. Yeah. 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 That's a good one though, by the way. Yeah, because that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. You're large. crushing it. Lars, you're slapping it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Come on, dude. I was just waiting for you to catch up. I'm <laughs> sitting on back here, box. my shoes. It's like,
0: <laughs>
1: it's
0: hydrating. So,
1: so from, <laughs> from that,
3: after Jakarta, um, I had family. I've got family that lives in Hong Kong. Huh. And they've been there for thirty plus years on my mom's side, so I would go, you know, and visit them, and then realize, you know what, I can maybe go and check out China and just go okay, because th- that's really what I want to do. And again, I, I was doing good, you know, making developing good products, but I wasn't really but like that's the mecca. Of so, yeah, that's but, yeah, that was the the epitome. I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt to that. And then again, when you're starting out like that, and you're ready, I'm already, you know. Six years so into. About six to seven, eight years into it. And I go, okay, I got to make this jump. Oh. And it's intimidating, right? You go to Asia, you don't know anybody. I, I had no, um, no one told me, okay, go visit this factory. And then the factory told me to go visit this one. There was no uh, contact whatsoever. So I went over to Hong Kong, um, discovered that there was a factory that was developing some type of like uh, uh, shorts. Like it was like random I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go check it out. My uncle had a friend that was doing business out of that factory years ago, and I was like, oh, I'll go check it out. It's, it's completely naive. I took the, you know, ferry over to, from Kowloon side, got a visa, did the whole thing, visited that factory. That guy said, oh, we don't really do that anymore, but I got another one, and I, I t- you know, got a ride over to that factory. So I started getting kind of comfortable traveling around Asia alone, you know, and then, sure enough, I found... A great factory that i teamed up with in the beginning out of china and come to find out they were doing one of the majors already
1: mm, the major brands tries. yeah
3: yeah and i go wow i went to the showroom i was like holy crap this did is you, exactly sorry, what i wanted
2: did you bring your own like sample yeah. so you could like hey yeah. this is you, yeah. you know somebody that makes this yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah you got somebody that makes this i always i always had a translation and trying right. to figure out and streamline like hey we we make laptops Correct. hey we make freaking yeah. lights hey Oh, clothing tech. Yeah,
3: like- correct. And that's exactly what I did. I had I had a you know case. I had my backpack. I had a case of, uh, of my samples. So in case I did meet this so quote unquote factory that was going to work with me, um, I'd, I'd had it right on the spot. Boom! I want you to make this, this, and this to see if it's something that you know I want to continue actually producing and actually go into production on. So found the right fit after about you know two weeks of traveling around Asia. And then that was a sort of milestone for me, because yeah. then that's when I went okay. But now they want MOQs, which is minimum order quantities, and they're much higher than uh, Indonesia if was. I, and yeah. now I got to figure out how to. Set, yeah, now you go okay. Now we're playing with the with the big boys, right? Yeah,
2: did you see a significant quality? Oh, absolutely! Change. It was, it M was price, right.
3: M. It was, it or was a, a few things. It was cheaper. It was quality. It was price was obviously a little bit lower. Right. It was workmanship and it was um, work ethic that I liked a lot. But it
2: you went like, from like no MLQ essentially, yeah. like hey, yeah. kind of just get yeah. the order, to right. give you a timeline. Right. Now it's like hey, we're not going to take this unless you at least hit. This yeah,
3: it was big boy stuff at that point. And uh, it was intimidating, you know, again, because I had no partner to sort of go, hey, what do you think? Should we do this? Should we not? Like, yeah. you know. so that Six was,
0: or seven years into it. Yeah. Were you,
3: yeah. Were you staffing up? Did no. you start? No, no. I had still doing it? I, during the season, I would hire friends to help me do whatever, X, Y, and Z, and, and we, they would work the whatever, the, when the, uh, f- if a shipment came in, they would help me do this, that, and the but third. But your sales yeah. and no, still shipping
0: department. Still, at, the,
3: at that point, it's like private label. It's not sexy. Nobody's really kind of like, you know, breaking down the door to come work for, for me yet. You know, so it was like, okay, I, I'll do this. And I had no, I, I was still so passionate about it. I had no real desire to let go. I was still micromanaging. I was still sort of I was like my baby. I was like, and it was working, mm-hmm. you know, and I was making good money and I was actually like, seen profits and but I saw profits right away yeah. so I had no real need to just make it you know more complicated for myself hiring somebody else cuz now that's a responsibility that I wasn't prepared to do yeah. and also I'm a big fan of we're not there yet mm. I'm not going to start fronting like I'm the you know big shit on the block I don't feel comfortable bringing in somebody else yet I'm not um, that's not my style yeah. when I do get to this point I'm confident with my product Enough where I can bring somebody in and be proud of like, hey, you can go and sell this and you're going to do well and you can rely on me to make a living, then I'll go there. But if not, it's, it's all on me and I'll take the responsibility.
2: And, and, and were you lo- looking at like a, one or two cl- deliveries a year or like how were you putting product in the marketplace, doing well, the shows?
1: Yeah, and... at
3: that point it was spring, summer. That was my big, big season. Yeah. And then I would dabble into fall a little bit, but it wasn't so much. It was more just like spring, summer I would just go bonkers on.
2: And but I was the, sharing, put to stay in the, yeah. in the in the in yeah. the in the retailer right. like you know yeah, yeah. good good space. You at least had to offer something. But
3: yeah, I remember, I would actually stock stuff. So now I'd had inventory. Nice. So during the year, and and you know, we're in Florida and Hawaii, they can call upon me, and I can actually private label because I had a guy that was sewing labels down the block. So I had all this stuff kind of dialed, and I had enough inventory, and it was it was kind of pretty pretty perfect actually when it was. You know, manageable and smaller back then. I didn't, yeah. I didn't I, you know, I could actually like, you know, breathe a little bit, and I saw money coming in. Like, I knew where I stood, and now it's kind of like, you know, it's pretty pretty bonkers these days with how big it got, and I'm pretty excited about well, that's it. That's a good yeah. thing. Yeah, you know, good 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 uh, good problems to to face, but um, yeah. So back to your uh, question about funding. Um, back then, you know, I was funding my own productions, and it got to the point to where I was outgrowing that, even where I didn't. It couldn't have enough profits to cover my next production. So credit cards back then would give you 0% financing and up to about 30000 off of a credit card in cash. So that's how I would play it. I would get a credit card. I would max that. I would get 30000 in cash, have that for a year. I'd bring in another, pay that one off. So that was kind of the cycle for a while there. Which and is then, a, along with the money I was making on my productions, Wait,
0: credit card with zero percent interest, yeah, you, for a year. You get you get yeah, all yeah. those offers, and yeah. you know you get. They one. stopped
3: doing it, but I I kind of worked that to the to the you know. To yeah, they. Stop when, doing when did
0: that? Yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah. that.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was like early two thousands. Well, yeah, I worked Yeah, that I mean, you
2: still. I mean, I get all kinds of zero APRs for you know, uh, uh, yeah, next twelve months, eighteen yeah. months, six months, or whatever, and then because after that it our, goes through the fucking roof. For a yeah.
0: Do that. The credit card uh, payment you guys uh pay that shit off for our listeners yeah. and if we're trying to like explain yeah the the treacherous landscape of being a business owner mm-hmm. yeah right like you're financing because you you're stoked. Right. You get an order for fifteen thousand, thirty thousand right. you're like fuck yeah yeah fuck yeah. yeah yeah and then you go and you go ha uh how am I going to pay for that? Right.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. You, you know? see, I never had that feeling at all. I just, but I just, that's knew, a reality.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is. Multiply that right. by 40 accounts, 50 right. accounts, 60 right. accounts. That's a big fucking knot.
3: Right. But at that point, I got really good at beg, borrowing, and stealing. Yeah. So, and, he's, yeah and, he's and, been and growing it something.
2: organically. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Totally. 100%. Because, uh, you know, it's one thing to get the order, right? Yeah. But He's if all... you can't produce it and ship it, gotcha. right?
2: What's your social?
0: Right. What's your? Uh, <laughs> hey, what's your? I yeah. <laughs> no. need a couple more credit cards. Right. <laughs> like that. That's what makes or breaks companies. Is like, right. hey, you got a cool product. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be able to, to to supply it? Right. Well, but,
3: but you see, the thing is, is there's an art to the other side of business. Is the other side is production. And when you team up with somebody like a uh, you know a factory that has to believe in what you're doing and understand and really want to partner with you, that's an art. Yeah, the, you know, they can make or break your world. That I, my world that I'm, I'm in right now, you know, as a as a uh, you know an apparel company, um, they're just as important as accounts are or a bank is or whatever. They're pivotal, and mm-hmm. I think that's another thing that gets discredited is I always felt that those were my partners. And I went into it with that sort of mindset and I think they felt that most of the time. Yeah. And when I did decide to go with a factory, I would stick with them. High times, low times, you know, uh, you know recessions or whatever it may be, we're together in this. Yeah. Because once you find a good partner like that, it's like a, it's like a marriage. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I always treated it that way. So when they saw the passion and they saw the work I was doing,
2: I'd get credit. Yeah, you're not sending times. new faces yeah. there all the time like you're showing up yeah. again and yeah. again they're right. seeing these numbers grow. You're the face exactly. of the brand and exactly. you're not just a, an employee, you're right. the freaking brand. Now in China. Yeah,
3: exactly. But in China, they don't necessarily do that with everybody because they don't really care about your your vision and your or your yeah. dreams. They they just they want to get speak paid. English. No, they they yeah, they do uh, actually. But they don't want to get they just wanna get paid most yeah. of them. And yeah. that's understandable. They have a staff and they have their own set of challenges. But when you do partner up and you do sit down and you break bread, they're some of the most amazing people. Without them, I wouldn't be here today. Let's yeah, be real. You know, I mean, they believed in my dream. They actually funded my dream. You know, to where I, I, they gave me the opportunity to grow as big as I, I am. We are today, which is you know, 550 accounts. It um, it's tremendous. You know, and without them, there would there would be no Island Days probably, or much smaller today than we would yeah. ever have been. So yeah, I'm I'm extremely grateful for that, and you know it's the gift of of actually like it being vulnerable,
2: yeah, and
3: them seeing how much this means to you, and they go, this is different than that last meeting we had with that other guy that had that company, and yeah. something seems different here.
2: And it could be a yeah. lot too, the way you're communicating as a, a passionate, street, mm-hmm. smart, driven, you know, mm-hmm. guy versus yeah. an executive that's coming over some corp. Right. Throwing just some, to cut corners. Like, and just and not coming off the deal. way of her. like you could read through somebody, you right. know, like especially if they're a factory dealing, you know, like mm-hmm. with you know many different like vendors and yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. many different you know accounts.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But let's go back to Whoa. surfing mm-hmm. <laughs> and talk about Billabong. You know, he's on Rip Curl, dude. What are you talking about? No, no, no. I want to talk about the Billabong Challenge, <laughs> right? Those were big, killer contests that Poncho...
4: The Skins event? Yeah. Which one? <clears throat> uh, the Billabong Super Challenge. Oh, okay. Yeah, remember really that one? Yeah, I was I was fortunate enough to do two of those events.
3: As a Rip Curl team writer?
4: Uh, oh, yes. A, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. it was it yeah. was not uh, exclusive to Billabong. It was, oh, gotcha. Yeah, it was an invitational event where...
3: Um, yeah, Sonny, Rob, Rob, and, and yeah, yeah, it it
4: Rocky. Awesome. And, I mean, they it, didn't you know, have that many, right? I think there might have been total yeah like,
2: and then and then uh k2 slash op kind of yeah, ran with they, it for a couple events in, they did yep yeah they, they did, did that
4: mentalized boat, mentalized boat trip mm. and then the, the
3: one that you did was in narlu was it um,
4: um no i actually did one uh in indo on a boat you rolled um, your um, ankle, but you we didn't rank? get great waves yeah, it was yeah. pretty some yo-yos lack, in it lackluster yeah yeah um so that was the first one and then a fo- the follow-up event to that was um uh, south coast of uh, of Australia.
1: Mm.
4: Yep. And that was amazing. The waves were incredible. It was, you know, really cool environment to be, you know, be able to surf. Yeah, because it was a invite, and, and, invite you know, only, right? Yeah, it was an invitation only. Yeah. Um, Non-elimination non-elim- format. Um, there weren't heats. We were just basically searching out the best waves that we could find along the coast. And then we would go out and free, surf, know, free surf and... Whoever was dominating got money? Essentially. Yeah, all of the photographers, which, which they had invited, you know, a, a slew of incredible cinematog- cinematographers, um, photographers, and they were essentially panel the of judges. Peers. And panel yeah, of peers. and the panel of the peers. And, and it was just a consensus of yeah. who was the do standout you, surfer. Do you remember the surfers that were there with you? Yeah, it was uh, so Shane Dorian, Sonny Garcia, Kalani Robb, um, Taylor Knox... Hockey Aki. Um, sure
1: it's kind else. of a, a a amazing that yeah. you're yeah.
0: part
4: of a
0: four-part Billabong Challenge series that the who's who, you know, the yeah. icons Yeah, of sometimes industry. Kelly was there. I think he did the
2: yeah, did, did, yeah. J-Bay one yeah. and maybe the... I don't know, that
4: South Coast or somewhere else? He, he didn't do the South Coast one. Wasn't it? West Austin? Narlu. Rob did that one. That was sick, yeah. too. That was the Mish- Yeah, Machado, Machado won one it, one, right? Yeah, Johnny Boy did one one. it. Margo, is that a lot? Johnny Alamo? Boy Margo was there. Yeah, he was in the Johnny ball. Boy did one, he did one, huh? That's the one. That's the that's one, one, yeah. Yeah, so it was, you know, I was honored, incredibly honored, you know, to be able to participate in that and, and you know, share that experience with all those guys. They were, yeah. you know, it was all good you know good people pushing each other it was like a very positive um environment there wasn't it wasn't you know there wasn't any kind of like i don't know like negative competitive energy yeah. it was really i,
0: I just remember everybody putting each other in and yeah, fucking for
2: exactly. yeah
0: i remember them making breakfast and like frying eggs in a pan uh-huh. yeah. and you guys were like oh yeah you know like what a killer contest yeah waves and like yeah
2: yeah we talk about it all the time and like i mean they the industry you know you can have so many different formats and you know the wsl is wsl and you got that like the air shows and the wave pool stuff it's like man i wish i really bring back those challenges you yeah know? yeah i
3: like what vans did at pipe this year that was, yeah, that was cool. cool
0: i liked i enjoyed that yeah we had the uh the winner of that contest on the on uh, here, uh, yeah will be on the <laughs> podcast too oh really oh ball stack Ballstack. Yes. Yeah. East Ball Coast, Stab. baby. Yeah. That's the way. I like saying his name. Ballstack's yeah. the man. Ballaram. Ball. Ballaram. He's got ballar in his name. That's yeah. all that matters. <laughs> Talking
2: about me, bro. He's stacked.
0: <laughs> so, I can yeah. tell you that. Go, that guy's going back charging. to Poncho, like fucking Australia had a thing for you.
3: Yeah. That's yeah. Bad. I, mean, uh, I
4: Billabong Australia, yeah. and Rip Curl, Australia. Like, yeah, I got yeah. a lot of support from, you know, for whatever reason, from the Australian companies and... um you know, it kind of became like a second home I yeah. was there like two three four times a year um, I just love the culture the people they're just yeah. you know so full of life and
0: the rip curl contract was it like were you making good money it, it was you it know like- it
4: slowly started to scale up um, <clears throat> you know I, I was making enough to pay all my bills and um, you know I was competing in the events in Hawaii and and having some success um, and I started doing some like 10 times. T- <laughs> well, over the course yeah. of the years, I, he's I, modest. He can yeah. modest. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I really realized that, you know, the, the free surfing path is, is so different from the competitive path in the yeah. sense that you're, you know, you have to really learn how to condense your surfing. Um, it's also, you know, just, it's, you have to really be on top of your game as far as your equipment, you know, training, just your whole mindset has to be in a different place. You trained? Uh, I, I started to do cross-training. Um, I started working with Rob Garcia. Yeah, the guy who would lift,
2: like, cars up just for fun.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it was mostly just a lot of muscle imbalance, imbalance work because yeah, surfers, yeah. you know, we have those dominant muscles that we use over and over, and then you just become more prone to injury. Yeah. So a lot of that was just to kind of even out the muscles and, and, you know, fix some of the muscle imbalances. Because you... You know, going back to the story, you you weren't on the path of being a pro
0: surfer. You were going to be a fireman. Yep. And then here you are, luckily winning, or not winning the contest, but doing well in that sunset contest. And it changed your direction. Yep. And now here you are, pro surfer for Rip Curl, making a living being a professional surfer. A free surfer.
4: Really? Right. Yeah. When I when I signed that three year contract, I thought, oh, you know, I'll just you know enjoy this for three years, and then you know, and then I'll at some point I'm gonna have to segue you know into life and yeah. finding out what my career path's gonna be, you know, and and I'll start from there. And it just kind of seemed to just snowball, like you know, all of a sudden that three year contract came into another three year contract. And wow. Um, you know, Rip Crow really got behind the search and, and they were doing films every year and, you know, they made me a big part of that. And we were doing, I don't know, I would say I was traveling. So this is Sonny Miller? Like- yep, this was Sonny Miller. <clears throat> that evolved into John Frank. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. They had a number of different filmmakers that they worked with. Larry Haynes, Derek Hoffman, Donald oh, rest King. In rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, you know, all of these amazing... Uh, people that I got to travel with and, and experience, you know, all these incredible places that yeah. I never dreamed about <clears throat> surfing, and uh, it just kind of kept going. And then in that, in the process of that, I was, I felt like I was really fortunate to surf with all of these really high caliber, you know, athletes, and that really had a, a big impact on my surfing. I felt like it elevated me to push myself and, and surf at a higher level. And then the competitive results started to come more consistently in the Triple Crown in Hawaii. Um, I started...
2: Because there's no pressure. You already had like a free surfing contract. Yeah, right. That was like a bonus, but it was so important to you. You still... Yeah, I still able... wanted to
4: compete at home. Mo- mostly my the main motivation I always had was I never get to surf sunset with three other guys in the water or pipe.
2: Or <laughs> it's always crowded. That's so... always the motivation. Yeah. 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 Everywhere. Yeah. Like, so I get, get to go surf
4: moves. for another, you know... 35 minutes at perfect holly what a dream and so that was kind of like the motivation there and um yeah and so that just you know it kept snowballing and you know and the next thing i knew i blinked and 20 years went by and <laughs> and uh what uh, you know backing up a little bit there was a point where uh rip curl had des- decided to shift gears from a marketing you know standpoint and move more into competition sponsor, away from the search, kind away of from the search, pulling budget, budget from pulling budget from there and putting it into events and and uh, competitive athletes. So yeah, they had Fanning. Come on, you guys fanning. everything. <laughs> and um, so at that point, I kind of I had realized, hey, you know, I think I've probably got gotten to the end of the you know the, the pathway here. <clears throat> I'm going to transition and and move on to something else. Um. But I had a really good Triple Crown season, did really well in the events. Um, my daughter uh, was born, and I thought, you know what? I've got one year left in my contract of guaranteed salary, and I've never competed on the, the whole tour. I've done events you know, here it's and there, right spotty, uh, mainly just to ensure that I could get into the Triple Crown. I don't want to look back and regret never Doing trying. a full year and trying, and, and at that point, uh, the WCTA tour was like amazing contest. Dream Bay. tour it was, was a dream tour, yeah. and I was like, "Man, that would be incredible!" It's like being on the search again, but you're getting paid yeah. to compete. You know, there's prize money, and I can support my family that way. If, you know, if it's meant to be, and and then I also thought, well, you know, my I can bring my wife with me, my my daughter, and we can have this amazing experience of traveling. To all the contests, so I was like, "Let's business with pleasure, mix go. it yeah. mix circle, business with pleasure." Uh-huh. And so and that probably just took a lot of pressure off, too, because again,
2: your mindset's like, "Hey, I want to yeah, win," but you know, yeah, like, your family's at home. It's not just me; I'm, I'm traveling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. When are you going to be home? Yeah,
4: you <laughs> win. What you you got home? tube today. I'm changing diapers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but so, yeah, but I, I mean, I wouldn't. Advised doing this, but I, I used the credit card and I, I did like, 19 events and uh, I, I just kind of figured I, I started out. So
0: were you on the
4: QS or on was the QS? It? Okay, I started out. So you had
2: a decent seed from doing well in the Triple Crown.
4: Uh, my seed was okay, and then the start the very first event of the year was pipe. Mm. and it was mm. like a four-star event, and I won that event, and I was like, okay, there's my start. Pipe was the first event. Was the first yeah, Quicksilver, like, I mean, year. a Quicksilver Volca, just or
2: just before that. It was the H- Monster,
4: Monster Energy Monster event. Before that was, and so changed I, names, but yeah. I won that, and I, I kind of, you know, looked at the whole schedule and went, okay, if I do these select events in, in quality waves, and then, you know, then I've got to do a number of events just to give myself an average, you know, and if I can give myself a shot coming into the Triple Crown at the end of the year at Hollywood on sunset, then maybe there's a shot for me to get on the tour. And so, you know, went all over the place um, and got a few results in, um, I think, like in France or um, else Portugal. Um, I gave myself just enough of a shot. I was like way outside of the cut. I think I was like 27 or something like that on the QS going into Hawaii. So you Haleva. had to kill Hawaii. So I knew I had to do really well in, in Hawaii in order to, to make it. And I won Haleiwa and moved all the way up into like, I don't know, somewhere in the cu- within the cut, like 12 or for the or CT like to, to qualify for and the CT. And it was CT. a
2: 16 cut at that time? Or It was
4: 16 yeah. at that time. And then I got another result at sunset. I think I made the semis. So I finished somewhere in the top. I don't even remember. Somewhere in the top ten, like. Six, but you needed that result to, to qualify. To be able to qualify. C- Holiva
3: yeah. wasn't enough. Uh, so
4: Hale- Holiva was enough, but the, the the result at sunset moved me up a few more spots. Gotcha. So where you know, obviously, if you're just making the cut, mm. then you're surfing against the top seed in every single event. Gotcha. You know those kind of, extra.
0: Sugar on top. It yes, yeah, it's just yes, yeah,
4: yeah. The bottom, I
2: don't know, four so you or made six, the CT. and then the, the yeah. wild cards get get so to go to the top, making the
0: CT. Eight C- I'm uh, so yeah. glad yeah. when we get CT That's surfers awesome. on the show, <laughs> yeah. Which was a little unconventional. Yeah, hey, I, I hung out a lot of them. <laughs> I watched a lot of them. I'm actually. I'm I know, I know you did.
4: You seen greatness? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Little little late in life, you know. I was 32 years old when I qualified, and but um, what a fucking like.
0: <laughs> Ironic turn of events in in your journey of not ever trying to be pro right and then but always having the dream but just but he never pursued it like he was gonna be a fireman and the guy Orion made you surf the contest and there it was (laughs) you know like fucking crazy like it's mind blowing that you know, and you were a free surfer. Yeah. From Australia. Australia people were whatever. Like, they're the ones who took notice of your surfing, your talent. Yeah. And uh, that's so weird. Like, Yeah. That's mm-hmm. so weird that the, uh,
4: Billabong Australia, Rip, rip crawl Australia. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, it was, you know, because Billabong Australia decided to feature me, I think that gave me... Um, a little bit more visibility and a profile in Australia within yeah. the magazines, and and that
2: made you more valuable because you're probably getting a lot of coverage from Hawaii and just being a Hawaiian in the U.S. Mag's, but now you're kind of double dipping more than a lot of the other athletes. Yeah,
3: I also think they appreciated your surfing more. I think for they sure. for them it was the power, rock power the Michael Peterson, yeah. that kind yeah. of like
2: Richard Cram. I, I think
3: it was Michael, that. Yeah, I think you, really, were, even when you were younger, they were looking you were for surfing the that American
0: Margot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I think but that's kind of what it comes. Another about. crazy thing is like in today's world, who else? I mean, in history, right? In surfing professional history, who qualifies for the world tour at thirty two? At
4: thirty <laughs> two. I might still be holding that down. I'm not sure. But I don't <laughs> think they're getting any older. You know, I was no. younger. Yeah. <laughs> Katie
0: Simmers yeah. is 16 she years old. Yeah, Didn't yeah. she just win?
4: She just won
0: her first. In
3: Portugal? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, like but she, she's That's
0: so crazy. I
1: that. don't know.
2: Kelly's fell on and off a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, he might he's... be in his 40s when he jumped back. Yeah, but he, <laughs> he was on a world tour
0: at like 19.
2: Yeah,
4: yeah. 19 18. or 20. Yeah. Well, like, you know, again, I, it was sort of a decision the decision I made to do it was a lot of it was based on the birth of my daughter and going, you know, I want to be able to share with her when you have opportunities that, you know, to to just seize them and do everything you can, you know, so that you don't have any regrets and and if you have if you're passionate about something, you know, go full force into it so that you even if it doesn't work out, I'm a firm believer that some some other pathway will open yeah. and you'll end up where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And I didn't want to look back and go, you know, I, I had this opportunity. I was traveling around the world and I got to compete. And, you know, but I never tried to qualify. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to have that regret. So what's
0: funny is you could tell her, hey, you helped me qualify because yeah. you traveled with me all over
4: the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was, I mean, it definitely kept me present where I was, yeah. you know, to have my wife and my daughter there. I wasn't missing any. You know, yeah. those special moments. I you never have wanted something to in that. the back
0: of your mind gnawing at you, feeling guilty. You were like, I'm yeah. here. My family's here. Yep. I'm going to rip this wave. But just the fact that you're... Hold my beer. You're <laughs> you're, you're, you're surfing at the caliber
2: of, you know, the world's best. Not yeah. that 32 is old because that's not, you know... That's a... You're a Grom at 32 now.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> no, but Thanks you know what Kelly. I mean? Like, you, you
2: know, it's got to be intimidating because, you know, you're, you're definitely um competing with guys you know almost half your age yep you know
0: yeah 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 there's so many ants that are in their tweens yep Fucking. you know like yeah wow like what a. I never knew that and that i think a lot of people out in in the world don't know that Pancho sullivan qualified at age 32. <laughs> yeah awesome. yeah right like, yeah
2: Dude, I'm going back on tour. <laughs> you better tell JJ to step it up. God,
0: yeah. we're going together. <laughs> tour together. Where, where's the <laughs> master's tour?
3: <laughs> you guys should both start training and try to see if you can get back oh, on. Dude. That'd be a that'd be a, I don't have a good series. That would be a good, you know, a good show. <laughs> yeah. How funny
0: would that be if you did a a, a world Tour dad tour, <laughs> that'd be awesome. It's I'd happening right it. now. Yeah. There's some kids coming up. I mean, yeah, Dino Dino Dorian, yeah, yeah
2: and Bashid, yeah, Bashid, Fuck, it would be yeah, fun. A lot of good really fun to do. Also, that would be so
3: yeah, be funny. Fun. Keep it kind of low budget, almost like regional, yeah, <laughs> it'd be fun. Yeah, yeah it'd be
0: but awesome. I mean, what a great hey, career! We'll you- call it the. Late Night with Chalky Island Days Tour. I'm, I'm, in. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I'm down. did? did like and, the entertaining.
2: And you did the CT for four years? Three years. Three years. Yeah, so
4: um, when Damn. my son, then, you know, after the uh, the first year on tour, uh, my son was born in uh, November. And then, you know, we traveled together as a family. And my wife and I decided that when we reached the point where the kids were gonna start school that that I wanted to be done by then. I didn't want I didn't wanna be you know, I grew up without a dad and I didn't want to be that dad that was gone all the time. I wanted to I just wanted to enjoy every moment, every milestone in their life. And yeah. so that was kind of, you know, hey, when I get to that point, when we get to that point, if I'm still going on tour, no matter, you know, where I'm at, yeah. rating wise, like that's it. I'll be done and, you know, it'd be it's time good for the plan. next step. Yeah. In, yeah.
2: I mean it's kind of be hard especially you know it's you know coming from traveling the world to be like you know what i'm just gonna stay home now it's a big shock yeah Yeah. well
4: you know i I think what was um you know made the transition a lot easier was i had a great relationship you know at that point uh with my sponsor with rip curl uh they gave me a great opportunity uh, put me through a training program uh, brought me into uh, as a sales and marketing director for Hawaii, and I and they they still said, "Hey, you're allowed to compete, continue to compete in Hawaii." So I still did that for a couple more years. Um, after the tour, after I after I got off tour, you know, I still but, but three years on the tour. Yep,
0: yep. I mean, to to stay on tour, you're doing well. Dude, you know, making making five results. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love having yeah. guys that do And I'm so on tour. I'm so.
2: Proud too that yeah. it wasn't just gnarly chokes and pipe. Like this yeah. guy made a <laughs> the lowers, like in ripping.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. It,
4: yeah. it was uh, it definitely you know when you're in that environment, that that competitive environment, and you know you really start to hone in on you know your technique and and you try to improve across the board. I think it, you know that I really enjoyed that process. I I, I kind of learned through working with a lot of great you know people, Reynolds Hayes. Uh, Chris Gallagher, um, Matt Criggs, coaches, Ben Ipa, rest in peace. Um, You know, guys, it really, uh, you know, the focus was always how to elevate your surfing, how to refine, you know, your technique. And it was the one thing that you know you can control and not think about the result. Because if you can, if you narrow your focus on those things and you elevate your surfing, the results are going to take care of themselves. You're going to, you know, they'll come eventually, but yeah. You know, like Gally always said, you know, you're you're going to lose a lot more than you win. And it's about maintaining that, you know, that even level, keel. even yeah. keel. And, you it's know, funny, it's, it's yeah. hard. You travel across the world. You yeah. have all this money invested, time and energy to get there. And then you get some weird, you know, high yeah. tide heat. No waves mm-hmm. come in, you know, and you got to go, okay, No waves well, come in? Did <laughs> I have a jersey on? Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. What's crazy
2: is, you
0: professional surfing is has gotten so... Uh, professional. Like, there's so many things, because back in the day, professional surfing was... Party was hard, surfing. throw a jersey on. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> guys shape their own yeah, yeah. boards. Like, there's it was archaic, yeah. right? Like, there was no real preparation, no real, like, training. Yeah, cross-training. Yeah. And, Maybe and some nutritionist people, And now, no coaching. Yeah. Yeah, nutritional, no, it was like... Less structure, I think. Less, way less structure. Yeah. Definitely. And, yeah. and less professional right yep. and over the years like you know with coaching and nutrition and weight whatever all that stuff has made it more exciting and competitive mm-hmm. and elevating the, the game but um but the coaching thing there's always been coaches right mm-hmm. for, there for a lot so, longer yeah. than than the other things that we talked about but the coaching is so gnarly because you know there's this different type let's break it down too. There's different types of coaching.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know Strategy. Strategy,
2: or, time management. There's just people that are there as moral support and yeah. in your head on what boards are right. And yeah. then there's kind of handlers that kind of like take the travel out of the yeah. and some do multiple tasks mm-hmm. and then some are very specific. But you yeah. brought
0: up Ranos Hayes, coach, yeah. um, Chris Gallagher, yep, uh, tactician for sure. Uh, we we just had Reynolds, fucking Balaram. Man, you just yeah. Balaram. ripped. Yeah. You're never going to be a freak. <laughs> got guy. coached by uh, out breathing yourself. Got, got coached by a. Uh, it was a cool thing to hear too because uh, Mick Kane, right? Mick Kane from Australia. Mick Kane from Australia. He was in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, was uh, coaching Balaram, and Balaram. The, the the cool thing that uh, Balaram told me told us <laughs> was that hey surf at 70% yeah that's yeah, yeah. and we were that's just like best. what Yeah, 70% yeah, yeah. And he's like yeah because you know you're not over excited you're not over exerting yourself you're not trying too hard and right. you're going to be consistent and you're, you're going to get, draw get scores mid scores yeah. get a 7 get, get a scores. 7 right yeah. Yeah. you know and with that mentality you keep a even yeah. keel and you're a little bit more subdued and yeah. not yeah. excited Two um, or tans, kind of, you know Right, you can't yeah. survive on that, you know, because
2: you're going to get a yeah. lot more twos than tens, mm-hmm. if any. And but
0: but we had Jake Patterson on mm-hmm. before Jake the Snake. And yep. it's just so crazy because when you think of surfing, it's so individual, right? Yep. It's so individual. It's so, I mean... He was a late bloomer, too. It's more yep. luck than anything, Not right? 32. But you have to create that luck for yourself. Yep. And yeah, And that's what coaches do is, like, put you in, in the right mindset of... Um, of competing,
2: I, I talked yeah. to when we talked to Jake, and I know because like I was doing the QS and had a little you bit. Didn't of talk team. to him enough though, bro. No, I know <laughs> he, he was quick because we were doing the uh, Zoom. But the uh, he came on and he was like first round. Of, so him and Aki, I just remember maybe yeah those two specifically. No seed, first round of the event, first heat every event Mm -hmm. because they didn't, they, they went off last year. It's not like how you progress. Yeah. And you know, and some of these events is like nine rounds, 10 rounds, you know? So they were just machines like so, so much that like they, you know, when Aki came back after retirement, you know, retirement and and Jake, they blew through like on tour, like leading the QS or at least top few. I think, you know, Taj might have done it too. And he kind of took a a year off, but those, Mm. You know, just the mindset, every condition and mm-hmm. places that, you know, from shitty to good waves, they were just on a fucking, there are machines, it, yeah. 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 machines. Yeah. And most people, you know, spike, have a good result then they have a few bad ones. These yeah. guys are just, the whole year was just like this yeah. till the end. You're mm-hmm. like, speaking of like 70%, you're like, yeah. they took that literally for the yeah. whole year, not peak, just like Steady. Whoosh, steady. It was steady fucking mind Yeah, And then of course he got on tour and was just. You know, crushing events yeah. like left and right, but it's just interesting, you know, because it's the tour is a you know marathon and not a race, yeah, you know, definitely, and that's it's you know, having that. You gotta
0: hand it to people that consistently stand on the podium, because it's like, how do you do that? Hard, like yeah. when you when you really watch contests and you like root for certain people, and you're like, yeah, oh, he's on it, he's not oh, he's not on it, mm-hmm. what happened, mm-hmm. you know. And then it's the other guy and you're
4: just like, it's such a, a roller coaster of yeah, you know. Yeah, I think at that level everybody surfs so well. So that, well. you know, you're you're looking within yourself, whether it's you're you know, analyzing your equipment, analyzing like, you know, your cross training program, am I stretching enough? You know, things like that that you wanna try to do everything you can to elevate your surfing and give yourself the best odds, you know, and yeah. and a lot of it is is Really, is confidence. I think you know. Yeah. Once you you get that, you know, get a result or two, and you start to feel that confidence, and you go out there, and and you can almost vi- like visualize yeah. the right waves coming to you. Yeah. You know, you you everything slows down. <clears throat> you're, you know, you're not over surfing the sections. You're kind of just flowing and letting everything come to you. And, yeah. and I think you. That's when you see those guys like like that, like Aki or or Jake, just go on these crazy runs. Yeah. They, they you know. It's almost like, in a lot of ways, I think starting from the earlier rounds can content. be a benefit, yeah, because you're warm. You're coming up against guys that've been waiting, you know, since the start of the waiting period. and They haven't surfed yet. <clears throat> contest has maybe been, you know, can't postpone They've dialed their day on. they yeah.
2: the Crack of dawn. They've been, you know, yeah. they're really in tune. Loose, in
4: tune. And, yeah. tune. Mm-hmm. and that's that's something to be said about that. Yeah, yeah, just you know,
2: taking care of yourself, regimen, you know, and yeah. and food boards, and you're just kind of. Checking off these variables, yeah. you know, to where it's like, okay, that's off my plate. Okay, I got that dialed. Okay, and it, and it just starts narrowing the the, the, the focus. The, the focus, yeah. and again, leading to more opportunities and better turnouts. You know, yeah. but man, it's contests are you know, it's I mean, you surf a twenty-minute or thirty-minute heat, and you get out, and it's like exactly. you're so just in yeah. the waves couldn't even be like challenging or pumping yeah. or having to like. Exert all this, you know, but you're just so fucking drained. You know, you're like mentally and physically, you're like, what the? Yeah. I kind of see uh, surfing
3: competitively kind of reminds me of uh, a little bit of like being so singular, like tennis and golf. Like you watch anything with those guys and they're losing and you watch any kind of documentary like behind the scenes of that. And it's like this, you know, experience of like, you know, training so hard and getting to this place and getting knocked out the first round. You see the defeat and just you know, the crushing feeling of, like, damn, man, I came all this way for that. And then just to pick yourself up and keep going and polish it. But that's what builds champions, though. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you see Novak Djokovic, you know, like, yeah. those guys are kind of like the, you know, the Italos of our yeah. sport, yeah. you know? And they're they're constantly doing whatever it takes to make sure they're at the peak. You and know, the, and the, the, the greats just don't
2: rely on their surfing ability. Right. Or their their understanding of the, the lineup mm-hmm. or the waves, but understanding their competitor mm-hmm. and knowing, you know, how to get them out of position or, Hey, right. he likes to start earlier, yeah. go deeper and, and how to take that person off their game. Mm-hmm. Those are the yeah. true greats, yeah. Yeah. Cool. you know? Yeah. And it's fucking, the it's Kelly pretty chair. wild. Cause you yeah, see it. Mind tricks. The, art, you know, <laughs> the, the right. art of competition. The it's art a, of yeah, competition for
1: sure. Yeah.
2: So after it's surfing, cool. Rip Curl gave you a position.
4: Yeah. So they gave me, gave and, me a position as sales rep and, uh, you know, put, put me through a training program, um, you know, and and off I went, you know, learning the trade. And uh, I was always really interested in products since the very beginning of, you know, my uh, the, my time with Rip Curl. Um, I used to, you know, do product R&D. I used to write reports. Um, you know, I really enjoyed <clears throat> that aspect. And, and I always kind of had my eye on, hey, when this is over, what am I going to do? Yeah, you know, I can't rely on this forever. Um, it's hard to be a
0: fireman at thirty. something
4: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, or go back to school, or yeah. you know, I was sort of like, hey, you know, if I, if I really conduct myself in in a good professional manner, and I, you know, and I um, punch a fucking soul, and you're gonna buy this fucking board <laughs> short yeah. and this fucking hoodie. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so I I got really into product, and and so it was a kind of a natural progression. I I felt like, you know. Being a surfer, somebody that's been wearing this product for 20 years, you know, and and putting it to the test, um, you know, I I learned all about the different fabrics and and stitching and, um, you know, really kind of became a student of you know, the, the product themselves. Which probably blew away, like, the buyers <laughs> and the owners of the shop. Like, yeah. you know,
2: coming in is like... A, a living legend. Most people are like, oh, surfer, like, you know, you're, they just gave poncho, but you come in prepared and you're like, "Yeah, you know, hey, I understand your business and this is where we're pushing and this fabric's great. And, you know, like,
0: yep. you know, having that understanding the side of business probably really helped. Yeah. Yeah. Not only is he a powerful surfer, he's a powerful PowerPoint presenter, <laughs> <laughs> P-
2: say, P- that. P- say that, P- yeah. P- say that yeah. three times, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I took <clears> over <throat> sales, in took Wh- over
4: sales in Hawaii, and I and I grew the sales, um, you know, steadily um, over a four-year period, um, and you know was was saw some success there. Became yeah. sales rep of the year two years in a row. Nice. Um, and know, things are bro. I was proud of that, you know. Coming from surfing, I was proud. I was proud. Yeah. It was yeah. a lot. It was a lot of work, you know. Like yeah. I remember being incredibly stressed, uh-huh. looking at you know the numbers that I was trying to, you know, to hit, and yeah. and you know I also took uh, a lot of pride in what I was doing, and I really cared about the accounts that I was working with, and I want I wanted them to believe you know in the product i wanted them to believe in me Yeah, i wanted to provide the best possible service that i could and i wanted the 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 product to be successful up until that point ripcord didn't really have a big footprint in any of the stores in hawaii yeah um so it was they were sort of like oh you know in the past we carried it but you know we had some success with it you know but it wasn't like yeah. the best it wasn't an easy sale like you had to carve out your yeah and at that face. point there was there was a whole new management team that had come in into place kelly gibson um dylan slater they, they hired amazing designers um and you know and so the line was really evolving and you know when i came on board and and uh yeah so we we, we grew the sales significantly um things were moving along but you know i i Abe, Abe and I, you know, we've we've been friends since we were 18, and I was watching his company grow. And we would talk about, you know, the line and his line, and like how stoked we are, what we were doing. And, and you
2: were helping, like you're bouncing ideas oh, yeah. off each other yeah, there full yeah, the time would, and would, communicating. Yeah, and, yeah, I would come to the North Shore. Hey, a- here's or. this curl shirt I'm sending you. To check it out. <laughs> no, 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 it was, I'm not, just it was
4: nothing like that. It was more so like, you know, I, I, as a friend, I was leaning on on him as you know his business acumen his yeah. s- sales experience like you know hey like you know I, this is all kind of new to me and I'm this is the things i'm going through you know and trying to build this business and uh and you know um uh, that just you know that part of our relationship it was like a new part of our friendship mm-hmm. you know we were surfing together vibing about business you know stoked like yeah, I was stoked for him going. Wow, man, you're killing it. Your your company's growing. I'm yeah. watching the product just cool. get better and better and better. And and it's, then it's got to be like yeah,
0: cool, fun. like sitting there in the lineup, you doing <laughs> your thing because you guys your paths were right next to each other but yeah. in different lanes. Yeah. And now yeah. now
2: it's like merging together. Yeah. yeah, and now you're like, wow, this is killer.
4: Yeah, no, and yeah, it's pretty. I'll never yeah. forget. We're like actually pulled up. We're watching the waves at sunset, and he's like, you know, my. My company's at a point where like, you know, we've grown significantly and you know, I think that, you know, it would be amazing to work together. You know, we're great friends and, you know, I've got an opportunity where, you know, we can, basically you can manage and control the distribution for Hawaii to where the accounts are being well looked after, you know, they're not having to compete with one another. you know, you can help me with design. You know, Hawaii has specific needs. You know, as far as the styles and certain camo and rasta and you know yeah, things. Yeah, more, that- more boots
2: on the ground, eyes and ears. Right. Because yeah. what right. what's, what Hawaii needs is a little mm-hmm. different. What the East Coast needs versus right. what California and everything. Yeah. So you know, right. it's super important to have like that intel and yeah. somebody that's like got their hand on the pulse. Yeah. What, so put it on the pulse. Hand on the pulse. Finger. 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 Pulse. Way off. Fucking like, body parts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I
3: think at the at that point, it was like, you know, flying over there and kind of showing my own line was kind of getting a little bit old, and, and I couldn't keep up with it, too. Like, these accounts needed to be serviced year-round, and uh, at that point, we sat in, in his truck checking the waves at sunset, and we sort of just came up with an idea of just, you know, what would work for him, and financially, what, what it would take, and we hugged it out and said, okay, let's do this. Nice. And that was it, and it's been 10 years now. Yep. You know, so, yeah, it's been an amazing ride, and... I love him like a brother and we have so much deep history, obviously, on a personal level and now business and uh, we, you know, we nonstop talk about work and how we can evolve this and better fabrics and fits and blah, blah, blah. But it's it's so exciting and fun to share it with somebody you trust and yeah. really want to be around. It, so it's really cool. Yeah. And as the team has, has yeah. grown so much to an art department and, you know, a huge sales force now and management and all that, you know, I still have that core relationship with Punch about... You know, just you know, doing the next thing, the next chapter, yeah. or, you, know, you know, the next capsule, or so it, it still remains so much fun because you have somebody to you know share that with. Yeah. So I'm completely honored by it and and excited for the future.
2: Well, yeah. a month ago or whatever, when we got on the phone, and you know, text me like, "Hey, yeah. you have time to talk?" And yeah. I was like, "Yeah, sure." And then you you know said, "Hey, this is what I've been doing." I go, "Yeah, I know. I follow you. Mm-hmm. I see what's yeah. going on." And you had the conversation, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, here we are. There's years where we were like super tight, hanging yep. out, and then you know, life's changed, and then I'm like, wow, fuck, that'd be rad to
4: work together, you know, <laughs> yeah. like it'd be fucking sweet, you know. Twenty years later, here we are, like yep. it's fucking epic. And that's that's you know really a, a big part of Island Days. I feel like has always been, you know, we want to work with people that we like, yeah. you know, and and that where there's you know that synergy and there's good energy, and, and we we love yeah. to be, you know, of course you you know as you're working it, you want to enjoy who. The people that you're around and yeah. and it's and to be able to celebrate those little you know those little wins and, yeah and keep evolving and growing yeah so
2: you know let's talk about some of these like you know side projects the the board shore you know bottle opener bottle opener board yeah. shore and yeah, it was fun watches anything else that you know um yeah you guys I
3: mean, yeah a while back um you know i'll say about uh, six years ago um i was up coast with some friends surfing and um had a you know cooler full of beer came in and really couldn't really figure out how to open them without a you know yeah. bottle opener and then we were tr- trying to like hit it on the side of the tables and all that and you know we've got a you know got got this idea on the way home like you know how, how can we do something better than the than the sandal thing you know it's kind of gross and um it just you know after about two weeks of just Tooling and working with my factory, I came up with a thing called uh, the BBO, the board short bottle opener, and it's on a pocket flap of a board short or any type of uh, apparel that has some type of flap. I patented, design patent and utility patent. So um, it's been so really exciting. Yeah, it was cool. Like the Today Show picked it up and did a great one minute spot on it, and they actually, you know, found us and did this thing. So it was a really big honor. Normally, like you'd have to pay for that type of, um, you know, PR. exposure. Yeah, yeah, that type of exposure and PR. And um, they kind of looked, you know, uh, found us. So it was pretty cool. And that sort of catapulted into like the next stratosphere. I mean, we were, we were killing it. It was amazing. And I never advertised it anywhere but, um, but that one, you know, plug. And it went, went bonkers. So uh, we took it as a company as far as we could take it, being a private label company. Yeah. Obviously, we don't have team writers and there's no sort of marketing behind it. So what we did is we um, opened it up to the industry. So we had some of the majors, um, all you know, a lot of them, about four, four of them wanted to do it, license it from us. And Billabong ended up licensing it and um, took it for a few, you know, several seasons and did really well with it. And now it's back in our court and, um, you know, we have it back in our line. So it's pretty exciting. So we'll launch that coming this 2024 season. And yeah, it's back in our hands. We can kind of have fun with it again. So it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah,
2: I yeah. mean... Uh... You, you know surfers live in board shorts yeah you know no. yeah and, surfers and, drink beer yeah, yeah surfers done. drink beer <laughs> and uh you know most surfers are pretty handy at figuring out how to open a beer bottle but when it's yeah. right there on your shorts a lot just, of broken teeth right yeah, we so like, like, or,
1: or jack yeah. rings, yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> no thank you the cool thing about it is that we had a time to sort of like let billabong do their thing with it and we had a, a chance to sort of like breathe a little bit and reflect on what else can we do with this thing so we kind of put it on a on a flap of like a you know traditional fishing shirt, but we hyped up the fishing shirt, and it's called the Bimini, and it's like the coolest thing, and it's taken off, and it's doing really well. It's a phenomenal like outdoor. Which shirt. is going to
2: open you to yeah. another mar- market. Sure, you know?
3: sure. Which we'll do like ICAST trade show in I want to say July, yep. I think. So that's going to be exciting. Um, yeah, and just keep evolving and and service industries that need what we're doing and have a demand for it, and we're going to you know continually. Uh, turn over every rock we can and you know service the the markets you know? nice yeah so it's exciting
2: so let's talk a little surf because we we can't get too you know yeah can't bore for our sure. listeners with you okay. know too no work, work, it's actually really really yeah, it's like like inspiring and <laughs> educational for sure but like i don't you know everywhere yeah. you know i always like tell if you could hop on a freaking plane sure. where, where would you go right now
3: um, I'd go to Desert Point. Desert Point, yeah, blindly. Goofy. Yeah, 100. Yeah, <laughs> percent I'd see Booty and high-five him I'd hang out with my buddy uh, Jonathan, and yeah, we'd go out and you know, you know have some fun.
2: Do Do you wear any uh you know reef gear, booties, a, no. a bass, you know?
3: Nah, just I I like wearing a rash guard and board shorts and yeah uh, and uh, a lot of sunscreen. Yeah, because <laughs> you have to sit out there these days. There's so many people. You got to wait your turn and a lot of sun going on out there and. Deserts. Yeah, that that'd be my go-to spot. Deserts, uh, you know, not even low tide anymore. That's actually a, a myth. It kind of breaks better in the you know, incoming and almost like a high. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I love that place. Ponch. Yeah.
1: Oh.
2: Too many good ways to think about. Yeah, it. I mean, I <laughs> you've been to all of them. I, I have a tough time with this because I like one crazy one. I like <laughs> where we, can we go tomorrow? Tomorrow, you know, I you could just think about the wave, or you could think about the wave and the kind of Crowd. culture and the, you know, and like yeah. the, the atmosphere, and that, the location. But
4: like when I think of that, I always go to Tahiti just because it's you know I love the people there, I love the culture, the yeah. um, the, the ocean. is just so, it's got so much power. It, it it's such a euphoric feeling. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to be like big Chopo or yeah. anything like that. There's so many other waves to surf there. I tell everybody um,
2: four to six foot chop. It was like that's a dream. It's the fucking one of the best waves on the planet. Yeah. And then when it gets to eight foot, you're like, ah, oh, is this the same thing? <laughs> two what foot more. Is, is, it, is it? How come <laughs> the where now it's
3: this thick? And yeah, like, two foot more. You're like, I can't find my fins anywhere. <laughs> it I to stay on,
2: on land. Wait, why does it go down? <laughs> and why <laughs> is it just folding? God damn it damn goes man, from this that like perfect to like ugly mutant mutant yeah you know, what, different breed of people that like charge that what about, what what about that? you guys because i think i i think our first trip was for that my first trip was that qs yeah event uh, and it and it's like i think you're out one more i come out on the, on the boat with uh pete frieden he's like you know we knew it swells gonna be pumping and i'm like you know i'm like fuck it's like a mile out you can't see mm. white water. it's like dark and i'm like oh, i don't know and pete's like in the and we're in the we're in the heart, you know, we're at the dock and it's fucking rocky so it's going to be big. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh great. shit. And we get out there and it's like, there's like 12 dudes out there uh, and there's a boat, oh, you know, a few boats more pulling up and I'm looking at it going, what the fuck is this? That's scary. And like, <laughs> Takuyuki, or, uh, not Takuyuki, Wakita, Wakita yeah. like, Braden Diaz, like, Sai Smiley, like, I think you might have been out there or Powell out that yeah. morning. There was like, equivalent of like, 10 or 12 dudes that would go on fucking anything. Ugh. Like, and nobody's going yeah. on anything. <laughs> a couple guys going for the insiders, and then sets come, and everybody's just fucking over it. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what am I going to do? Yeah. So guys, guys that would I, go um, for anything weren't going on anything. No. <laughs> <Wow>. I swear. <laughs> That's heavy. And I was like, I, I'm fucking, I got, I'm going to get a couple. I'm like, yeah, I don't awesome. care. I'm, you know, I, maybe I'm not going for a set. No way, because those guys aren't <laughs> going for sets, but I'm going to and Pete Freedom, you know, this photographers are hyping you up i'm like all right and i get a couple don't even get really um, well you think you're getting barrel but it's like you're racing it's bending and you're fucking in and out of a couple and there's the 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 boys and they're just being super selective and a couple guys sent it and who knows what the fuck happened to them and (laughs) and i'm kind of just inside the pack and like me and a handful of guys and keala kinley's like right there like behind me and all of a sudden, the whole ocean goes fucking black. Nice. And the biggest set that swung wide—I mean, everybody's like, "I, I'm like, I'm, if I get, if I don't make it through this, I'm, I'm dead." Yeah. Like, I just knew I'm like, I'm gonna fucking die. And I, I just barely get through, and I look down, and like fucking thirty feet down is like three people in Keala like belling. And I just get over that one, and I'm like, I just don't get sucked over, and I barely made it over the set, and she. She got like, got, Yeah, she got annihilated. Like she got picked up and she, you know, she couldn't even surf the van or something. She yeah. was like fucking full laid. Yeah. And I don't surprise nobody died. And I was like yeah. and then it turned on shore and they called they called the contest off. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm like, yes. Oh <laughs> <laughs> my like, awesome! Thank, thank goodness. Yeah. They got, got got a little on shore and they're like, Yeah, I think the winds are gonna be bad. Plus I think they were like it was you know heavy. Yeah. And that was like they didn't want that was going time. from like, you guys, wow, this wave is really fun. fucking yeah, fun yeah, yeah. and killer and then you know yeah. you, you hear about yeah. how gnarly it gets and that morning was like <laughs> code red I, yeah no, no thank you yeah Almost i'm out code red.
0: <laughs> yeah i don't it's, know
2: it was big i was I, I i looking back it was so long ago i just remember like watching a lot of guys not go yeah one because yeah. you know you, you had to be really pinpoint in <clears throat> the, yeah, the right
4: spot the positioning out there is just crazy but it was intense.
2: But yeah, thanks for, yeah, <laughs> I, I will not go back there on a day like that. But Tahiti is well, so cool. I mean, cold sweats tonight about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, going to your point of the people,
4: yeah. like the, you Culture. know, coming from, you know, yeah. Hawaii has Aloha there, right. you, know,
2: you know. It's times 10. It's, it's, it's just like the fucking coolest vibe. And it's per- picture perfect. Like, yeah. You look Everywhere around is, and you're yeah. like, it's not a drop. It's heaven spot. on earth. Heaven on like a studio. Yeah. That's gorgeous. But yeah, I mean, you know, when you talk about traveling, you, you know, there's waves I, you know, like Mentawi's, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's such, such, so much variety and it's yeah. so rippable and it barrels and it's like insane. And, you know, macaroni's, HT's, like, yeah, rifles.
4: Fuck. Oh, Indo's, you know my, doing? yeah. Indo's incredible. It's, yeah, I, I yes. think as far That's as where I would want to go, performance wise, yeah. And... You know, it, it's definitely the best place in the but world. But like,
2: you know, Portugal Gore on good days, you know, yep, you know yeah. how does a beach break get this fucking perfect, you know, mm-hmm. it could be lowers or it could be just throating, and, you know, Jay Bay mm-hmm. and you know, like there's mm-hmm. this, I mean, there's, you know, so many ways so, so spoiled like that, yeah. that are so good. But we like surfing. Yeah.
3: yeah, that's what we talk that's about. what keeps there. us going.
2: Uh, what are you riding board wise?
3: Um, all town and countries, um, town and yeah, country. Yeah. It's funny. It's full circle. Remember, like I was saying, like just to have one town and country at Bird Surf Shop was my dream. And, uh,
1: that's have got pick. the quivers of Who it. Who shapes man.
3: it. <laughs> um, Pang's.
4: They're Glenn all Pang, Pang. Yeah, he's the man. The best shaper. His kid's charging now,
0: right? Makana or? No, that's, uh, no. that's um, that's Glenn Pang. Not
4: Glenn, no, Glenn Pang's the um, shaper. She's yeah. on the blank right now will come to me right. it's a pain dennis. Though, right? dennis Pank. dennis pain dennis pain yeah, yeah. No. okay mcconnell yeah he's he yeah. charges okay yeah town yeah. and
3: country it's just funny because we do business with them obviously we do all the you know the majority of the private labeling board shorts and all that but talk about full circle yeah. it's just incredible <laughs> i can call them and
1: hey,
0: I
3: can, you know i want this i want that and you know it's still like we go back to like when you receive things in the mail and you just yeah. open it up and that you get that sort of you know box of boards it's just an incredible feeling still yeah. you know it never gets old ever yeah ever. So and i you it's know the coolest we, thing new freshie, fresh I, when you work
2: for a brand whether you know whatever brand you're working for you you're know. still like have that little kid in you and you're oh, fans yeah. of like so many of the yeah. other brands and then of course like tnc it's oh, like yeah. fuck yeah you know hic local
3: HIC, Ocean. Yeah. I mean, yeah these Blue are, Blue these are iconic day. iconic brands yeah. you know that we have so
4: much respect for
3: it's
0: yeah coolest thing what about you potch what are you riding
4: uh, still riding a lot of Bushmans and uh, actually started riding some uh, Will Scoville surfboards. He's a really good shaper on Kauai. Nice. It's um, always Louisiana. good to have a
2: local shaper and support the Yeah, local and they know what's best too for that area. Yeah, yeah.
4: He's he's a great surfer, super humble, individual family man. He built, you know, put everything, he, his heart and soul into this uh, surfboard factory that he built yeah. and um, shapes boards for a lot of young up-and-coming groms and... You know, living on Kauai, I just wanted to support a local guy as well. Yeah. Are they called Scoville surfboards? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bill Scoville. And he's got some really great models. Um, You know, the the Moon Whip, which I've been riding a lot. Um, Moon Whip, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, really, really good boards. So, so so, So tell
2: our listeners your dimensions. Mine? Yeah. What, you, what, you, what kind of volume? <laughs> my shortboard. It's
3: kind of funny. I ride. I ride some of his shortboards. It's kind of funny, it doesn't?
4: My shortest board is, is usually like six four, um, 19 and three quarters, yeah. two and almost two and three quarters these days. Yeah. Yeah. Foam's. I, I like a lot of foam. Yeah, me too. Days. I ride a pretty bigger. Board. I ride a lot of.
0: Yeah. A lot of foam. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Foam, foam is your now. friend. Foam is
4: your friend. <laughs> I was never the strongest paddler. You know yeah. my. Um, I've got like a heavy bone structure, weight wise, and and so it's not that easy to pull you in had, all that you through the times? water. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. No, but but uh, yeah, I, and then I like a longer rail line as well. Like you know, I'm not I'm not a vertical surfer. And, uh, you, kind of more and you still work closely with like
2: futures. Meaning you had like your own like yep. model fin
4: and everything, and yep. you've been good. Those guys have been great to you, huh? They've been amazing. Yeah, yeah they're, they're you know I love the system. Um, you know, they just keep evolving as well, adding you know different. Construction, yeah. um, you know, bringing on shapers, amazing shapers, and new templates, and you know, really uh, always fine tuning, tweaking things. They're yeah. passionate. You, you know, you, you got to go Vince back and is, listen to some of her stories because, yeah, sure.
2: like the, the fu- Vince. Vince, like the Futures story, yeah. mm-hmm. epic. He's, he's in the middle of nowhere. Like I think it might have been he's a, L- Lombok a or somewhere. Yeah. And this is like in the '90s, and he sees these Australians show up with the first like FCS. He happened to be coming from a family of like engineers, and they mm-hmm. like his his grandpa had like a, a fabrication company, and then him and his brother were doing like plastic molding for shit. Wow! So yep. they already had that, and he shows up this Australian, and he looks at it, and he's
4: like, "Hmm, mm-hmm. I can make that. I can make, <laughs> make that. that better." And <laughs> yeah. when in a week, yeah. he had a prototype. Yeah. Came home, yeah. or not in a week, but after love it. he
2: went back, he came back and and you know came up with his own deal. You're like exactly. visionary. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and they're mm-hmm. like. It's just
4: fucking rad. It's like their science lab. It's just meant to be. Like, you know, here
2: you get this guy that specializes in fucking molds and plastic and shit. And then he sees that (laughs) and be like, I'm a surfer. Yeah, he loves to surf. Oh, dude, he's
4: epic. You know, and and always like, you know, evolve and try new stuff. And yeah. Always looking to improve how to make it better. The foil and that
3: spirit of entrepreneurship. Yeah. It's it's so cool to see. Mixing business
2: with
0: pleasure. Yep. (laughs) All day. Dude, we're coming up four hours dude <laughs> it feels yeah. like two
2: i know it does right <laughs> okay. yeah i can talk to y'all day. Right. yeah you guys and, and again to to, we'll by the way. you know in the future we'll come back and have like yeah. separate podcasts and dive sure. deeper and stuff yeah. i mean yeah. you know people eat up the the surf and you know the surfing the contest aspect and traveling yeah. and you know yeah that thank
3: you guys for having us yeah, yeah. it's been, a lot of fun. been
0: amazing yeah
3: we want to thank you guys also for the support dude, with the Island Days and yeah. coming on board and having you two here and with, with us and no, you we're know, pumped. Moving Craig back as our you know new hire, dude. Craig, uh, Craig's awesome too. Manager. I knew
2: who he was. Started yeah. you know, like you yeah. know Craig as you know an industry dude. I'm like I know who he is. I've yeah. seen him. I know his name. He's a but legend, he's fucking epic. Yeah, like yeah. we're stoked that you know he's part of the team. Yeah, moving him to we're our part of your guys' team because he was there. yeah. But, well, having well, him well,
3: now team. as our sales manager yeah. is going to be pivotal for us and. You know, helping us get to that next chapter. And And he needs his own podcast with all the shit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Or his
2: episode on our podcast because, like, the shit he went through. Like we we said, we should have been recording the other night on the table because that gave me too much gold. You got to bring him in, though, and just have (laughs) a one-on-one. He's just
1: a character. He's
3: got a lot of interesting stories. He's a good guy. Yeah. Congratulations.
0: Thank you. You know, on creating an amazing brand that's servicing a need that every surf shop and any business really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So shop would,
2: local, shop your local yes. surf shop because most likely yeah, they're so, buying yeah. island days was is gonna be supporting all of us yeah, and yeah. it's a premium yeah. product. Yeah, support
3: surf shops. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, buy buy local. That's, That's for
0: it. sure. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Woo! Let's go surfing. Yes, Let's go. Okay. eat. Ew.
2: Peace. Peace. Yeah. Hey. Bonsai Bowls, hands down, the best bowls, period. Seven locations, two in Hawaii five in Southern California, bonsai
0: bowls. Go get some. Caliente Southwest Grill, clean, healthy Mexican food. Everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house. So almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family owned, showing local love for 22 years.
2: Check out their website caliente southwest.com for all your party pack and catering needs. You could also call them at 949-515-0909. calientesouthwest.com. Ashland Hard Seltzer, made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard
0: Seltzer. Shade sunscreen. ickiest stickiest wax in the game. Foo wax. Late night with chalky is supported by inherent bummer. surf entertainment, thoughtful writing, surf videos, music and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at inherentbummer.com.
2: Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five star rating and spread
0: the word.